I'm not the biggest Jane's Addiction fan, but I had to play that song, Been Caught Stealing, because someone this week was caught stealing. Someone on this site, someone who's actually hosted this show before. Not Brandon Drexel Gerson, don't worry, and not Vowels. She might even come back at some point soon, by the way. But neither of them was caught stealing, but I'll tell you who was. You guys remember Jacep, Johnny Sepulveda, Johnny Sepp, whatever you know him as. Uh, one of the owners of VegasPokerRadio.com, which was also owned by our very own Brandon Drexel Gerson and China Maniac, who has done co-hosting with me as well recently. Now, those two, Brandon and China Maniac, are innocent here. They were not caught stealing. But Jacep definitely was. Uh, pretty much his whole existence in our community has been stealing. And uh, last week I made some cryptic references to this, but we weren't quite ready to drop the formal accusation on him because you don't want to attack a respected member in the community with very serious allegations unless you're really, really sure that the allegations are correct. But indeed, they were not only correct, uh, they were 100% correct, and it went a lot deeper than we had initially pictured. So we're going to talk about that tonight. I know there's been some other radio shows, kind of emergency-type shows, done. One on low-limit poker radio, which has... uh, We actually took a copy of that show and put it in the archives here for the user shows. And, in fact, you can find it on iTunes in the user user shows section for Poker Fraud Alert. So uh, there was that show, which I appeared on, and so did Brandon. And then Brandon and China Maniac did their own show last night, a special emergency show last night, which will also appear in the same section, though I haven't gotten it up there yet. So if you're looking for a continuation of those shows, 
uh, you might be a bit disappointed because we have to start from the beginning of the story in this show because a lot of people who listen to this show only listen to the radio and don't, don't follow the drama on the forum. And if you haven't been following the forum, then you probably don't know about those two shows that were done in the last few days. So I want all of the listeners to get up to speed, not the, just the ones that follow the community really closely. But uh, we will be talking about the whole thing from beginning to end. We will be giving a good deal of time to that tonight. This show is not going to have all that much comedy to it. In fact, it may not have any. Um, there, there's one little segment I had planned. I don't know if we'll get to it. But uh, other than that, it's not going to really be a comedy show. So if that's why you're tuned in, you're probably going to be disappointed. You may even want to turn it off and wait till next week. But tonight we have various serious topics to discuss. The biggest one being the JSIP story. Why is it the biggest one? Because it involves this community. It involves a lot of listeners to this show. It involves a lot of people who've called into this show. It involves a lot of people who've co-hosted this show. Speaking of co-hosts, you might wonder, what about your co-host, Brandon Drexel Gerson, who has not been on Poker Fraud Alert Radio, unless you count the emergency show last night, in the year 2013? What about him? Is he gone? Is he never coming back to the Druff and Drexel show? Which is the name of this show. Still the name of this show even uh, with his absence. Well, guess what? He is coming back tonight. He's not here just yet, but he told me he's running a little bit late and will definitely be here tonight. He may not be here for the whole show, but he will definitely be here for a good part of it and maybe the whole show. So he's back. And for those of you that thought he was gone from this show for good, you were incorrect. And a lot of the reason he was gone from this show was over the stress of this situation, which, as every week passed, became more and more clear to him. And only very recently did he discover just how bad it was, but uh, he got very stressed by this whole thing, and that's a lot of the reason that he kind of took a break. And uh, he wasn't really taking a break, he was investigating Jacep and uh, trying to get as much information as possible, but that's why he kind of took a public break from this show and uh, from Vegas Poker Radio. Now, if you go to VegasPokerRadio.com, you will now be redirected to Poker Fraud Alert. In fact, to the thread that's discussing this whole thing. How big is this thread now? It's amazing. I never thought we would have a thread like this on this site. I really didn't. But we have right now a 104-page thread about this whole thing, and a little of it at the beginning is just uh, the mundane discussion back and forth of uh, him talking about the poker playing he was doing. Because this this thread is, it started out as him running a 5K BAP, which is, stands for buy a piece, and people buying into it. But then it uh, progressed into people questioning whether this whole thing was legitimate, and whether he was legitimate, and then eventually bombshells were dropped, and we got to 104 pages. And it's still going, and in fact it's going to keep going because Jacep himself, rather than completely running away like most scammers do, has been occasionally posting in the thread. And we'll talk about that too. Um, I would love to have him on the show tonight, but I don't think we will. I doubt he will come on. If he does, I have a lot of questions for him. But I doubt he will come on. And if he does come on, by some odd chance, you never know what happens on this show, 
I will not hold back. I'm not going to be polite. I'm not going to be afraid to ask the tough questions. I'm not going to be afraid to call him out on BS. But it probably won't happen. He probably won't come on. Uh, Tonight we will also try to get Greg Pearson. Try to find him. And in fact, uh, I'm a little bit happy we missed him last week. You know, Remember last week I called him up and then hung up when he answered the phone. I wasn't sure if we should say anything. I wasn't sure what to do yet. And then when we tried to call him back, when when we decided that we'll go through with the call, then he wasn't answering. Well, if I do get a hold of him, I actually now have some tapes of him from, I believe, 2008, discussing the whole UB scandal. We'll be talking about that tonight and trying to reach Greg Pearson. Um, some other things tonight. Before I get to them, I want to tell you about the usual free roll we have, but the prize pool is a little bit more than usual. We have a $70 free roll this week. Usually it's 50 but this week, 70 Thanks to Lou Father, who donated $5, Mr. Green Thumb, who donated 20 Dirty Ernie, who donated 25 and Detroit, who was one of the figures in helping break open the Jacob scandal, or at least publicly. He, did, he donated 20 bucks, and I appreciate that. The way the prizes go, first place, 25 bucks, second place, 15 bucks, third place, 10 bucks, fourth place, 8 bucks, fifth place, 7 and sixth place gets $5. So it'll be held in the No Fraud Online Poker Room. Unlike Jacep's little poker room, I actually will pay people. And I'm not going to steal the money. You find the No Fraud Online Poker Room at the very top of the page, kind of the top center. And you have to make an account there, a separate account, than what you have in Poker Fraud Alert. You don't even have to put a real email. Just put whatever you want for the email. And... Uh, you just have to have had a registered account on PokerFraudAlert.com. Not the Poker Room, but the main site by May 21st, 2012 if you want to qualify for the free money, which I will send you by PayPal, bank transfer, check, or even cash if I see you in person. I'll even send you a cash in the envelope. But you have to have been registered on this site by May 21st, 2012 if you do not have a registered account by that date. Enter up at PokerFraudAlert.com. And uh, tell me how long you've been here. Tell me the things you've heard on this show that you've enjoyed. Tell me anything you remember about me being on other shows in the past and things you've enjoyed from there. And if I determine that you're not just here for the free roll, then I will give you an exception that you are still allowed to win the money. But you have to do this before you win. If you do it after you win, you're now eligible. And we did have someone win first prize once and not get the money for that reason. If you want to call in tonight... Here are the phone numbers. And by the way, that tournament starts at 7.40 Pacific Time, just 20 minutes from now. So get in there. There is no late registration. If you want to call in tonight, phone numbers are the usual phone numbers. 775-FRAUD-55. That's 775-372-8355. Make sure to show your caller ID by dialing star 82 or putting whatever setting there is on your phone to show your caller ID. If you don't, you'll probably get a busy signal and will not get through. If you want to call a different number, if either that 775 is not working for you, or you just want to call a different number because you want some variety, you can call our Mount Charleston number. I really do have a number on Mount Charleston. Mount Charleston is a mountain that hangs over Las Vegas, has snow on it right now, you can ski on it. I have an old 70s phone sitting on top of Mount Charleston that forwards over here after ringing in the old 70s ring style. Forwards over here. Phone number is 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808 is our Mount Charleston number. That will reach me as well. But you do have to show your caller ID, which in the 70s you didn't have to do. 
but you do know. So, uh, those are the formalities. As soon as I see Brandon appear on Skype, I will put him on, and it'll be just like old times. I would like to thank Brown 83 who volunteered to co-host tonight, and I was going to take him up on it if Brandon did not show up, but he will be showing up tonight. And maybe if Brandon leaves before the show's over, then uh, Brown, if he's still around, can take over as the second co-host. So, that's the story for this evening. Let me run down the agenda really quickly. As I mentioned, we're going to spend a good deal of time discussing the JSIP scandal and all the crazy details surrounding that. Very bad situation and something I'm not pleased about. A lot of people think, oh, you know, Druff's got to be happy. Look at all the traffic his site is getting. No, I don't want that type of traffic. I don't want a 104-page thread about one of our most active users and uh, sometimes co-hosts here turning out to be a scammer. I don't want a 104-page thread about a charity getting ripped off. I don't want a 104-page thread about our users getting ripped off out of 5K. Actually, even more than that. I I don't want those things to bring traffic here. Uh, We have a call here. You know what? I'm I'm just going to answer the call. What the hell? Call you around the air. Hey, it's uh, it's Handicap Me. Handicap Me, hello. So for those of you that don't know, Handicap Me is one of the investors to the 5K buy a piece uh, staking program that Jacep did. He called it Project SEP. And it was even a stupid name, Project with a K colon SEP. And uh, he even made a little graphic for it, which always kind of tilted me. It's a graphic with, like, chips and an, and an arrow pointing upwards, like his bankroll's moving up. And it, it's, like, even that more offensive now because the, the arrow should have been pointed straight down into a toilet because that's where your money was really going. Because he, he wasn't even playing, as far as I could tell. But to handicap me was one of the original defenders of JSEP when people were uh, questioning this, but without any real proof yet, but with just some users and you know, some trolls and some people who... Uh, who weren't trolls but just wanted to get some answers to some questions of things that just weren't adding up in their eyes. Uh, Handicap Me was one of the people who at first was backing Jacep, but then later turned not only against Jacep, but now is one of the people angriest at him. So, uh, Handicap Me, welcome to the show. Uh, what would you like to say? Yeah, um, so basically I already spoke to China that, um, about like an hour or two ago. And, uh, you know, just want to apologize to the community. Um, I kind of screwed up trying to defend him. And, uh, yeah, people like Ano, which every time I say that, my head just sounds so fucking weird. But, uh, yeah, people like him just coming out, calling us all out, saying, you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You really should look into this. And, uh, you know, even up until around the 28th, I, I was still a jazz supporter. You know, I even contacted you saying, hey, dude, you need to take down this thread. People are, um, they're following him around and et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, it just turned out to just be total bullshit. Um, it turns out that chances are I won't actually end up losing any cash out of the bat just because I sent it as PayPal and I sent it as services. And um, he was kind enough to, I guess, I don't know why he did this, but he was kind enough to reply to PayPal saying, Henry, uh, handicapped me is due for full refund. Yeah, and, and to give people some background here, I'm sorry, but since you kind of, I took your call before I was going to explain the whole thing to the audience, the people who don't know the story. Um, a number of people sent JSEP money for this uh, BAP, which is known as Buy a Piece. Uh, handicapped me is one of them, but he protected himself 
by instead of sending it as a gift, which uh, you don't have to pay any fees, but you don't really have any recourse, he sent it as a, quote, service. You know, you can pick different categories of why you're sending the money on PayPal. He sent it as a service, just in case, and sure enough, since Jacep has rolled him, he then put a claim that he didn't get the service he paid for, and uh, Jacep surprisingly, actually gave an answer that uh, he agrees that Handicap Me is deserving of a refund. Now, before you think Jacep was being generous there, I guarantee it's not going to come out of his money. Jacep is broke, so it's just, PayPal's just oh, going to no, cough wait. it up. Wait, yeah, I have no doubt. What's going to happen exactly is that uh, PayPal, hopefully, they rule my favor. I don't see how they won't now that he he responded on the 29th. But what's going to happen to his account is it's basically going to go into the negative. So after that, you know, his account's going to say minus 400 or whatever amount he owes, but I hopefully will be made whole. Um, I mean, what I can really say to everyone is that, you know, I'm sorry I defended him, and uh, I'm going to try my hardest now. Um, I just spoke with China. I'm going to reach out to a few people tomorrow, um, and uh, we're going to go from there, but I won't rest until he gets charges pressed against him. Like, I, I swear to God, that he's not going to fucking get away from this. Like, I refuse to let him get away with this. Yeah, so Handicap Me... he not only stole from me and everyone else in the community, but he also stole from children. Yeah, like, we're, we're going to explain that tonight. I don't care about 400 bucks. Right, we're going to explain this tonight to everybody who is not familiar with the story, but yeah, he, he it was pretty heinous, the whole story, including stealing from a children's charity, and uh, I, I will get into all that. But, uh, you know, we have a, a very determined person here in, in Handicap Me who's... Even though he's going to personally get his money back, most likely from PayPal, not from Jacob, it'll probably come from PayPal, and and he'll just never make good on the on PayPal side. But he is, uh, he he's saying here that he's going to go after him, and he's going to make sure that he doesn't get away with it. And it's good to have people like that out there that are are not going to let Jacob uh, get away from this and get away scot free. So uh, you know, handicap me. I don't mean to cut you off here, but I want to uh, start from the beginning, kind of, and and get everybody up oh, to wait. speed. He- yeah, that's fine. The only reason why I called it now rather than later is that I, I actually like to turn off the radio and hear it at work. So I called it now just to say my piece, say, you obviously know I love the show. And, uh, yeah, so um, hopefully it's a great show and I get to enjoy myself tomorrow. All right. Thank you, Handicap Me. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you. So that's uh, Handicap Me, one of the Jason's victims, one of the few who's going to get his money back, most likely. Let me explain what happened here, but let me – Quickly again, just uh, go through the rest of our agenda for the night, and then we'll jump right into the Jacep issue. Um, everybody else calling in, please wait. I, I don't want to keep taking calls. We'll, we'll ha- if I keep taking calls right now, everyone's going to discuss the issue as if everyone listening knows and everyone listening doesn't know. So I want to try to do this in order so it makes good radio. Uh, also tonight we will discuss a very interesting situation. We've talked about this before, but new information has come out about telemarketing scammer Jeremy Johnson, who also was processing payments for Full Tilt and PokerStars through the SunFirst Bank. You know, if you cashed out of PokerStars or Full Tilt from 2009 through 2011, there's a good chance that Jeremy Johnson, the telemarketing scammer, helped process your payments. Anyway, he has been alleging that he bribed Harry Reid to uh, get a uh, basically get the feds off his back. From investigating him, not about the poker stuff, but about the uh, telemarketing scamming he was doing. Well, now he has a new accusation that uh, a million dollar bribe was made to Harry Reid 
also involving PPA director John Pappas, and that he met with the two of them and Ray Batar. Forgot about Ray Batar. I can't forget about him. But he met with the three of them, and that it resulted in a million dollar bribe to Harry Reid to put through that online poker bill that ended up failing. So we'll talk about that tonight, and I have some audio I want you guys to listen to with Jeremy Johnson talking about that with the Utah Attorney General, John Swallow. So uh, that, that'll be an interesting thing to listen to, and uh, I'll give my comments on that. Uh, Bellagio poker director Doug Dalton has been fired. He has been screwing up the Bellagio room for a long time. It's also been screwing up for a long time at Skype. I just put Brandon on, and now it's uh, Skype has failed. So uh, I'll try to get Brandon back. I was just about to welcome Brandon here. He'll have to call back himself. Just about to welcome him, and then it said uh, Skype is failing. I think we have Skype problems on his end. I'm going to blame it on him. Brandon, hello. Yeah, hi. It's saying on my end, internet connection problem on Skype. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, you're back, and uh, welcome back to the Druff and Drexel show. It's been... The Druff and Drexel show the whole time, even when you've been absent, and uh, this I've is your first. That. I appreciate that. Your first appearance on the show since 2012, and uh, very happy to have you back. And I know everybody's been asking me, "When's Brandon coming back? Is Brandon coming back?" Everybody wanted to have you back, and I'm sure everybody's happy to hear your voice on this show, even though this is not a an upbeat show where we're going to have a lot of fun and laugh. Uh, everybody's still happy to hear you back, and hopefully, when this whole issue. Um, I shouldn't say is behind us, but as we hopefully make some progress on this issue and get some good results, uh, that uh, then we can uh, have you here in a, in a happier mood. I can understand why you're not very happy right now. But welcome back to the show, Brandon. Thank very you. Glad and I appreciate, you. of course, the uh, the sentiment from everybody. It's very, very uh, grateful. Yes. So um, a few other topics we'll talk about tonight. Poker Stars is now on Facebook. You don't even have to just play Zynga Poker anymore if you want to play free money poker on Facebook. You can play PokerStars.net on Facebook. I'll make a few comments about that and get Brandon's opinion as well. Travis McCarr. He has released some more tapes of Greg Pearson, Russ Hamilton, and a few other people discussing all the UB cheating. It's a very incriminating stuff more than ever. I, I heard some of this before, but now I, I hear a lot more. And I'll give you my comments, and I'll give you a few comments about what we're not hearing. And I'll play these tapes for you. I do want to note that these tapes came through Donkdown, the former site we were part of. That's who Travis has given the information to. That's who's posting them first. We are replaying them. I have gotten permission from uh, Mikeon, the owner of Donkdown, to, uh, to do what I want with this material for, quote, the good of the community. So uh, it appears there first. I am giving credit where it's due, where it appears first, but uh, we are going to talk about it here tonight. Uh, 888.com. Remember we had a Russian guy on here talking about how 888 ripped him off with his uh, false cheating accusation? Well, we're not going to have any Russians on tonight, but someone else got ripped off by 888 with an unfair tournament chop. We'll talk a bit about that. And uh, maybe some other stuff tonight. I have a really funny app that that Benjamin uses to learn about animals and the alphabet that I really wanted to play on here because the thing's hilarious, but uh, I don't know if we'll get to that tonight. Anyway, uh, let's get right to the JSIP situation. And by the way, if you want to play the free roll, it starts in 8 minutes, 7.40 Pacific time. JSIP, a.k.a. John Sepulveda, a.k.a. Johnny Sepp, 
a.k.a. Juan Sepulveda. That was his uh, birth name, I guess. But uh, that wasn't really revealed until recently. But he posts on here as J-Step. He's done some co-hosting here, sometimes as a guest third co-host. And I think he did a show a few weeks ago with me when Brandon was absent. Either at the end of December or beginning of January. I think the beginning of January. Uh, He was the business partner of Brandon and China Maniac, another respected person in our community, uh, for VegasPokerRadio.com. And uh, Vegas Poker Radio was not a competing site to Poker Fraud Alert. It was kind of like a a sister site. Uh, We didn't have any formal partnership, but uh, we were very friendly with one another. In fact, their uh, 22Q charity broadcast, which we'll talk about a lot tonight, was physically done through this site because this site had the better radio server, which is pretty hard to believe given all the fail we have, but we were actually the, the, the least bad of all the radio servers. 495. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least our servers didn't cost $4 and 95 cents. So, uh, anyway, we, we had that, uh, we, we've had a close relationship with Jacep in, in a lot of ways. Now he was not my best friend, I know there's been some articles by some bitter people, or a particular bitter person, trying to portray Jacep as a very close friend of mine, and that uh, I'm still defending him, blah, blah, blah. That's all BS. He, I actually never had a telephone conversation with Jacep in my life. I, I had a few texts with him. I, I've had him as a co-host a few times, and, and we cooperated with our two sites, and, and that's about it. Uh, he was never a close friend of mine. He was kind of like what I'd call an internet friend. So someone I liked, someone that uh, uh, I thought was a friendly party, but not someone who I, I would call like a real friend. Uh, he was a little bit closer with Brandon and, and with China Maniac uh, because they were running Vegas Poker Radio together, which he approached them about. And uh, unfortunately, Jacep's entire presence in this community was a scam. Everything he did here it was basically to rip people off. I don't know how premeditated everything was or, and how much was him just noticing opportunities to scam people and taking them. But I will say these weren't like isolated incidents where occasionally he couldn't help himself and scammed people. He definitely was a career scammer while he was here and I'm sure a long time before that with other people that we don't even know about. Uh we started to discover, when I say we, I shouldn't take credit for this. Brandon and China Maniac started to discover uh, a little while back, towards the end of 2012, that some things with him were not adding up, but not enough, not nearly enough to come out and make a grave accusation, hey, we think Jacob is a scammer. You can, you can say in hindsight that uh, you could do this, but let me tell you the thing that uh, caused the whole mess to unravel and uh, and then we'll talk about all the different things that Jacob has done uh, we'll talk about the evidence that he's done it we'll talk about his ludicrous statements but let me tell you what was pretty much the catalyst to all this being discovered even though it took a little bit of time on December 7th 2012 he started a thread which is now 104 pages Whenever you have a thread that's 104 pages, you know something big is happening. But he started a thread on December 7, 2012, called Project SEP, P-R-O-J-E-K-T, colon, S-E-P, Project SEP, 
which was supposed to be his sort of last-ditch attempt to build a bankroll. The pitch he was putting out there was that he's been a professional poker player for 12 years. This is what he said. In, in 1998, I decided I wanted to be a professional poker player. In 2001, I took the first steps to making that happen. And for the last 12 years, I've been on a roller coaster ride through one of the most emotionally dra- draining professions in the history of mankind. Now, I have to say, I, this should have been a... Uh, I guess he was talking about 2001. I was going to say, how's 1998 to 2013... Or 2012, 12 years. But I guess he's talking about when he uh, became a professional poker player. He claims it was in 2001. And so for the last 12 years, he's been on a roller coaster ride through one of the most emotionally draining professions in the history of mankind. It is no surprise that the game has such a high rate of failure, he wrote, and such a large percentage of players who develop crippling addictions to drugs, gambling, and alcohol. I have been lucky up to this point and only had flirtations with those things, which is so ironic that he's writing this now that we know the truth. Uh, from 2005 to 2009, I felt like I was the king of the world. It's kind of like he kind of felt like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in the front of the Titanic. I played in big games and gigantic sums of money passed through my hands regularly. I felt like I made it. He felt like he was a winner. Uh, so then he then he goes on to talk about the problems he's having. This is back on December 7th, before, way before he was outed as a scammer. For those of you that listen to my radio show, Filthy Limper Radio, you may have heard me speak recently about my finances being depleted over the last eight months. I always speak honestly and openly about everything on the radio, even if it's embarrassing and painful to talk about. The, the December 6th episode of the show, which was the day before this post, I talked about my fears and thoughts about having to possibly enter the job market with no formal education or experience, or it turns out a, fe- a felony identity theft conviction on his record. I am actually a winning player this year. I've given my investors a positive return on every BAP, that stands for buy a piece, package that I ran this year with the exception of one. The problem has been volume and a lack of dedication to playing and improving. So I, I won't read the rest of this, but he, he goes on to explain that uh, basically he's, uh, he's broke. He didn't say he's flat broke, but he, he's, he's basically between this and that radio show the day before was saying, hey, I have no money anymore. I, I'm pretty broke, but... Uh, Rather than just give up on poker and get a job, I'm a winning player. I've just made some bad decisions that have uh, cost me a lot of money, and I, I have no bankroll anymore. So I'm asking everybody here to give me a 5K bankroll and basically stake me. And uh, and let me tell you what the plans were. That he was going to play 510 stud, 1020 stud, 12 no limit, 25 no limit, and 12 PLO. And uh, it says, I'll play tournaments only when I have accumulated enough profit to allow for it. And he'll be paying out the profit weekly. And he said he'll be paying the profit every Thursday after Filthy Limper Radio. So uh, not only will he be investing in a winning player, but that you will get the profits immediately every week. Anything he makes, he's going to ship you the profit. He'll be keeping 40%. The investors are getting 60 So, for example, if you invested $1,000 in him, uh, that means you own 20% of him in this. And uh, if he made uh, $100 this week, you get $20 every, you know, at the end of the, that Thursday. The weekend's at the end of Thursday. That was the plan. Now, keep in mind that this is a live cash stake. This is not him posting anymore. This is me commenting. This is a live cash stake, which is already a little bit strange. Because you're trusting a guy on the internet to go play live come home and tell you how he did and pay you accordingly. 
And that obviously requires a very, very high level of trust. You have to know you're dealing with a really, really honest person when you invest in a live stake, especially one that you can't go watch. It's not like you're investing in a live stake of a guy at the table next to you in the poker room where you can stroll over there every so often and look at his stack. He can still kind of shave it and grab chips off and put it in his pocket when you're not looking, but at least he can't get you on a major scale. Here, you don't even know if he played. You don't know anything. He's just coming and telling you. He said he's going to do a a vlog every day, a, a video blog about how each day went. No video from the casino or anything. He's just going to, at the end of the day, uh, do a little video saying how the day went. So already some people were saying, whoa, this is a little bit odd. What, what's going on with this? <laughs> but uh, people liked him enough, to, and, and he had always done nice things for the community. For example, when the Templar scammed, uh, Jacep donated 150 bucks towards paying out other scam victims of the Templar's uh, scam. And Jacep did other nice little things over time. Nothing huge, but just uh, seemed like a nice, dedicated guy to the community. And uh, a lot of people believed in this. A lot of people felt this is a guy who just didn't manage his bank real well, is broke, and now is trying to play his way out of it and just needs a starting bankroll to do it. And yeah, you got to trust he's going to re- report the way he wins and loses properly, but he seems like such a nice and good guy. And why shouldn't he seem like a nice and good guy? He ran through VegasPokerRadio.com and with the uh, the very capable assistance of Brandon and uh, China Maniac and, and Kevin Wright, the 50-hour, I think it was 50-hour, was it, was it Brandon? 50-hour, 54-hour, uh, uh, 50-plus 50, 50 hours. 50-plus hour, 22Q Ironman podcast. Basically, they were going out to set a record for the longest internet radio show ever. And Well, that that's that's slightly incorrect. I mean, I just want to clarify that. That was actually something that uh, started in the beginning, and that was, that was uh, Jacob's idea. And then... We felt, uh, and when I say we, it, myself, Mar- or myself, Kevin, and Jacep, that doing that made attract. Although our attention, our, our intention was never to make some record or do anything like that. I mean, if I wanted to do, you know, I could do forty with my hands up if I really, you know, with my if I really wanted. I could, I could, could probably do seventy two, you know, all alone. But that that wasn't the point, and we felt that it was detracting. From uh, what we were really trying to do, that that would just leave the wrong impression. Okay, okay, so, so after no, no, it's it's fine. A lot of people, it's a common misconception. Jacep actually went as far as because uh, I, I received an email, wrote to the Guinness Book of World Records and inquired and got an application form. But uh, this was maybe when when Twenty Two Q was first announced. And again, I just want all this to be accurate. When Twenty Two Q was first announced that we'd be doing this. Within about a week to ten days after. Okay, so I think we are back. And and just uh, I'm not sure where we got cut off, but just to clarify it for those that actually are interested or care, and I knew nothing about it, and I guess you know, I'd probably say 99 percent of the forms didn't either. The actual name of the disease it's called the 22Q deletion syndrome. Um, and the foundations is called 22Q, and of course that I guess is partially to abbreviate it and make it easier for people to remember. But the actual ailment is 
called 22Q deletion syndrome. And the reason why all this was brought about was one of our very loyal listeners uh, that was actually uh, a part of Filthy Limper Radio before I ever was a part of it, before Vegas Poker Radio. His name is Joe Yu. Uh, that is his name on online. And of course, as many of you that have been following this online have noticed, he's, he's been posting uh, frequently, but he's not a poster, but he, but he is a lurker. He, he does read this site religiously. Um, but he had somehow, through his friendship with Kevin and and uh, other means, started listening and actively participating weekly uh, in Filthy Limper Radio when it was just on blog talk. And just to give people a uh, frame of reference, this is like the, don- the donk down days. Um, you know, the, this is how far back this went. And uh, that's how all this started um, because of, of his association with uh, – Filthy Limper Radio, him then building a friendship with Kevin and Jacep, and then just in private, off-air conversations, um, you know, he had mentioned the ailment of his three-year-old daughter, Julia, and uh, one day, and this is when we were Vegas Poker Radio, and I was a part of it, uh, and you know, it's funny because, you know, we normally don't do a serious kind of infomercial type thing, but we just called him and had him come on for about 15, 20 minutes and do a segment, uh, and, or not even, I wouldn't even call it a segment, but just kind of a infomercial or, or just explaining what this disease was. Um, you know, even though we only had, you know, a, I don't know, a small amount of people that, that listened, just the fact, even if a few people might have, you know, got just the name remembered in their head and went and Googled it and, you know, just anything, you know, just to help. And he spent about 20 minutes on the air and talked about it. And that's what led to the podcast. Uh, I was not privy to it, nor did I suggest it or make, or make it, although I fully endorsed it. A little while after Joe Yu came on the air, uh, Jacep approached him privately with the idea of this podcast and charity event to raise money uh, for 22Q deletion syndrome. And uh, as I've, again, I don't mean to be repetitive, uh, but as Druff pointed out, and again, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to come on this evening, uh, mainly because I'm very physically drained. My voice is just, uh, sore. I've, I've just been doing a lot of talking and, uh, also I, I just feel like everything, you know, was said, I did this last night, a, a radio show, um, you know, so I, I just felt like enough has been addressed in regards to all this, but Druff pointed out to me that, you know, there are a lot of people that probably, only listen uh, to, to the show that don't participate in the forums, and he felt it was important. And uh, you know, he is my partner, and and I didn't, uh, you know, he felt that I that, that you know I was needed, and I thought about it and agreed that since I am part of this, that it's my responsibility to be here. So anyhow, I just say that. But uh, continuing on, so what ended up happening is Jacep approached Joe Yu off the air with the idea of doing this Iron Man podcast. Uh, with all the the hundred uh, percent of everything that we received in donations going to it, uh, and Joe inquired, just in total disbelief, um, you know why? Why like like just shockingly? Why would you do that? I mean, you don't. You just heard about this condition. You really don't know anything about it. You've never met met a child that's that's afflicted with this illness. You know that. I mean, he was just dumbfounded and just in disbelief that somebody would be so kind as to do that. I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to 
you know, make it, this is a sad story and drama, but this is literally the way Joe explained it to me. And I'm just relaying it to all of you. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, basically, and, right. He, he, uh, Joe could not believe that somebody who had nothing to do with the 22Q deletion syndrome that uh, would be so passionate about putting together this podcast to raise money and awareness. He's thinking, you know, you have nothing to do with this and you're putting so much time and effort and you get nothing out of it. Uh, Why would you do this for me? And that was the exact question that he asked. And again, you know, this was relayed to me by Joe on the phone. And, uh, you know, Jacep's response was that he had hoped that if something like this happened to him and in the context he was using, meaning like an illness to himself or even, you know, his, his family, that people would do something like this for him, meaning just kind of like a karma thing. If, if God forbid he ever had some rare illness that other people would, would go about spreading information. And uh, although, you know, Jacob did put in work in the site, uh, you know, I, I don't want there to be a misconception. There are a lot of other people that, that, did a lot of work that received nothing that asked for nothing that, that most of them did it behind the scenes. Some of them even did it without even asking us or, or, you know, for, for, if they could, which was fine. And when I mean that, I mean like booking guests and such, uh, I, I know there's some talk, you know, about him and it's mainly cause he feels, feels so passionate, but short bus poker is a perfect example. He got us a ton of guests he got us a ton of huge name guests by relentlessly twittering, emailing, contacting managers. Um, I know Crow Diddley helped. Uh, Sir Bob helped. I mean, countless others that received nothing and, and again, asked for nothing. And in, in, in some cases, they weren't even approached to ask to help. They just started doing it. And, uh, you know, I, I know, that, you know, the main thing that, that I believe, and again, you know, I question a lot now, uh, that that Jason handled was the the graphics aspect of of the setting up the website, you know, meaning just putting up pictures of the guests that were going to be on, and you know, just having a big Iron Man, uh, you know, podcast logo. I, and, I be- you know what? I believe he did the graphics because he actually had one of these failed businesses that he had advertised on the web about, uh, you know, web graphic design okay. and things. So I, 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 like and again, I'm not saying you know, I he he didn't. I just. You know, the only reason why I inferred that is just at this point, um, you know, it, it's hard just to everything that that has been said or done or that I believe to be true. You have, you know, you question. You know what I mean at this point? Like you just don't know. Like you can't take anything at face value. You know, in regards to to what's been brought to light. So I'm just saying that in a sense that that's what I was told because you know there were obviously a lot of things I was told that that were just not accurate. Semi-accurate or just, you know, blatantly, uh, but anyhow, um, so he handled that, the, the graphics aspect of it, as well as setting up the poker room, uh, which that came in the later stages, and uh, I thought it was a great idea when he told myself and, and, and Kevin, um, you know, just in terms of raising money, also keeping everyone, you know, the, the way I kind of looked at it was, wow, you know, what better way to, to do this, but, you know, than to also have a charity poker room. If people start getting tired, you know, there's poker tournaments every two hours to keep, you know, or three hours to keep people awake and, and people really enjoyed playing in it. And, you know, it, it was great. It was a great idea. Yeah, you know, and, and so I to, thought uh, in, in, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Just, just to clarify uh, for the people who don't know what he's talking about with the poker room uh, during their long podcast, uh, Jacob set up a poker room very similar to the no fraud online poker room we have there, 
but not similar to the no fraud online poker room. You would actually buy into it with real money and play there as if it's a real poker room, uh, except the rake that would come from the poker room would go instead of into Jacob's pocket. It was supposed to go to the 22Q Foundation, and then a lot of the users afterwards, uh, even though they they were allowed to ask for a cash out of whatever they had, uh, most of the people chose to generously have that money sent over to the 22Q Foundation, where they said to Jacob, just keep the money and uh, send it to the 22Q. I don't want to cash out. Yes. So, uh, anyhow, uh, you know, this has already been stated a lot, but Everything in regards to the poker room, the rake, I, you know, I can't, can't even tell you now. Uh, although there weren't a lot of cash games that were played. Uh, in fact, I think it was Kevin, myself, and PLOL, PLOL that played the majority of the cash games three-handed. Uh, and Gene Riders jumped in for a little bit and uh, hit and ran, but, you know, it was fine. It all went to the charity. Uh, besides that, you know, I don't, like I guess I don't even know what, what was raked out of the cash games. I don't remember. Um, and, and I never knew anything you know in terms of the tournaments what was taken out again i guess it was posted but the, the point i'm making is you know jacep handled all this to the best of my knowledge unless there was another party that assisted that uh, i was never informed of that that you know he ran it completely uh he funded the accounts people you know sent him money um whether it was paypal or, or various poker sites and i think even in a few cases bank deposits and then he put he credited the account with real money chips so that uh I guess that leads us to to 22Q, and I guess, Jeff, uh, you can go ahead from here if you want to talk. Yeah, okay. So, um, and by the way, for those of you confused, since we, uh, I started with the $5,000 buy a piece thing he did on December 7th, this was before that. This was in uh, late August, I I believe. It was the first, it was the first week of September. Sorry, first week of September. So, so, uh, a little bit more than three months before that appeal for the 5K uh, buy a piece thing that he was doing on Poker Fraud Alert. So... Everyone believed that when they sent money to JSIP to donate to 22Q, whether it was money they sent directly to him or money that uh, they deposited into that little temporary poker room that uh, was both raked and a lot of people said, hey, you know, I don't want to cash out, just send the money to 22Q. They believed that that was going to 22Q and they had just done a wonderful thing and donated to charity, to a worthy cause that uh, helps uh, children with uh, this affliction. Um, now, there was also a link on the Vegas Poker Radio website to donate to 22Q directly, where Jacep was not a middleman. Uh, $2,021 was donated through that link. That money got there because there was no way for it not to get there. You're donating directly to the PayPal, I believe, of the uh, 22Q Foundation. So they received that money. Unfortunately, and this was spe- suspected, but... Very recently, it was verified by the 22Q Foundation itself. They are going to issue an official statement, but it has been verified that they did not receive anything from JSIP. He sent them nothing. Absolutely nothing. So all the money through that poker room, all the money people sent to JSIP, I even had people send me money and have me then forward that money to JSIP. An example is Pooh who didn't want Jacep having his full name because you want know, to send money on PayPal, people see your name. He didn't want Jacep having that because they had some personal issues. But he said, look, I still want to help 22Q. I just don't want Jacep having my info, so can you send this 125 over to Jacep? And I did. Well, guess what? Did Jacep donate that to 22Q? Of 
course not. He kept it himself. He kept that. He kept all the money out of the poker room. Uh, we don't know how much he kept yet, but uh, Jacep is now already taking credit for twenty-five fifty of it that he claims is quote owed to twenty-two Q. It could be as much as forty-six hundred dollars, because that, Brandon was it sixty-five hundred or sixty-six hundred that he claimed at the end of the podcast was. Raised. It was. It was. Uh... You know what? I don't want to say anything definitive that that I I don't know for it to be a fact, but it was one or the other. It was between sixty five and sixty six hundred. Yeah, so we're I, looking at if I had to say, I think it was actually I remember it being like sixty six and change, like sixty six eleven, right over sixty six hundred. Okay. But I, I I couldn't swear to it. So with with sixty six whatever that uh, was supposedly raised, and with only two thousand twenty one making it over to twenty two Q, and don't think Jacob sent two thousand twenty one to twenty two Q. That was. He had no choice. That had to be sent to them because it went directly to them and he couldn't touch it. But the money he could touch, zero of that money, made it over to 22Q. So, uh, you know, as far as Jacob was concerned, uh, he could have been sent... One million dollars. And he still probably would have sent them nothing. But he really did send them absolutely nothing. And before we were kind of hinting at that on the forum and speculating, you know, some of these, uh, some of these uh, emergency shows were and speculating. Now it's been verified. The, the other thing uh, to mention is that you know now looking back as well and, and remembering, um, there were certain instances on the show throughout the fifty-something hours where he gave people options on the air of how to donate, and, and by saying. You can click on the link directly on our site, or you can send money to myself. And, and he gave uh, his email address, you know, the, his PayPal address as well. And uh, I know that there are several people that I know of. And again, I, I nothing's been audited. You know, I've had no access, obviously, to his PayPal account. But uh, there are several instances of people that just directly donated to him. Uh, one specific instance being Victor Ramden, who sent the money. Uh, we're actually through Victor to Bobby Orr, then it got to China, and then China sent it directly to Jacob's PayPal. And I know there are other instances of this, of, of this as well. Um, but uh, you know, at this point, uh, without access to you know PayPal and and seeing what came in around those dates, you know, there's no there's and you know, and the other the other the other factor I wanted to mention, Jeff, that really uh, hasn't been addressed is that there are a lot of people that. Are just long gone. That never will even know this happened. There are people that just came uh, for this that had heard about it, whether it was because of the attention uh, from articles, you know, such as Steve Ruddick that he posted, or the the attention it garnered on Two Plus Two, or Kev Math retweeting that participated that aren't that that didn't stick around that that re- really weren't here before. And uh, you know, after this was over, they left as well. They enjoyed the show. They enjoyed the commentary. They enjoyed the guests. And they enjoyed the poker. And they donated. And uh, they're gone. And there's no way to track who these people are. They, the way the software was set up, people were able to just create screen names that you know that they whatever they wished it to be. That didn't you know they didn't have to register with with the site. So you know, in essence, what I'm saying is somebody could have created a name called Donald Duck and you know and sent money to Jason to play and then now that he's long gone and he hasn't checked the site and he thought he was doing something worthwhile but we have you know he's never going to come yeah forward. like like people who are not really part of this community people that just heard about and the there, podcast there was a good like. there was a good deal of that there really truly was a good deal of people that I had never met 
that had never heard of us before that that came because of the publicity that that you know surrounded what we were doing. Yeah, so um, so he definitely took that money, and we of course did not know that at that time. Nobody knew. Everyone assumed that he sent it over. He seemed like such a good guy. You know why wouldn't he? So. That went unchecked for a long time, and you can say in hindsight, why didn't someone check on it? Uh, but you know, when this is someone you trust, it's easy to say, "Oh, I'm sure he sent it." Well, you, you didn't have any reason to believe he wouldn't have sent it. Um, now, at the same time, he was running Vegas Poker Radio along with Brandon and China Maniac, and they did a show called Filthy Limper every Thursday night. And uh, China Maniac did his own show. Even Brandon occasionally did his own show, and this show. The Druff and Drexel show, and at one point the Druff, Drexel, and Vowel show, was syndicated over there to where basically uh, they had the right to broadcast this show live as it was on and put it in their archives. And and Poker Fraud Alert got nothing out of that. That was just something that uh, I said is, okay, that's fine, especially since Brandon, who is uh, half of this show, was one of the owners over there. Uh, the problem was, when they set this whole thing up, and, and again, keep in mind that uh, Jacep approached Brandon and China Maniac to do this with him, to this site. Uh, when they set this up, one thing that they had agreed would be that China Maniac would handle the finances. Because China Maniac has been around a long time, and uh, you know, Brandon trusted him. It, it just seemed like a trustworthy person to have handled the finances. Well, somehow that never happened. Somehow, uh, whenever since Jason was doing all the technical work and the and the web work on on the site, uh, he had the most access to everything, and it, it just never happened. Every time they said, "Hey, you know, where's China Maniac's visibility? Where is his control? Where you know shouldn't he be handling this?" Jason would say, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay, sure, you know, we'll, we'll we'll do that soon," but it just they just never got around to it, and because the site was not making huge money. And because Brandon and China Maniac never thought that it was going to make huge money, uh, they basically had one sponsor called uh, Blind Squirrel Apparel. Uh, they just said, all right, whatever. You know, yes, we want China Maniac to have control, but uh, it's just maybe Jacep just doesn't feel like doing it at the moment. Or, you know, it, it didn't, it seemed like a small red flag, but, but not that bad. Because, you know, in truth, Jacep was doing the technical work, he was doing the web design. Well, the, the reason. And I'll even go a step further. The reason why it really didn't, people are going to be like, why didn't this really severely, you know, alert red flags? But the reason why is we were under the impression that the server money, the server cost each month was basically equivalent to what the blind squirrel money was. And it was basically a push. So, you know, we were, in fact, it was, it was funny that, you know, we were just happy that we thought we were, breaking even each month, um, you know, or maybe making a little bit, maybe losing a little bit, whatever it was. But th- that's why there really weren't any red flags. We were, you know, we thought we were paying, a, you know, X amount for a server, you know, a hundred and something dollars a month for the server, which is, you know, uh, roughly what we also thought we were getting from Blind Squirrel. So that's how it was explained to us. So that's, and, and as Jeff mentioned, besides some Google ads and some other affiliate stuff that brought in just, you know, a small amount of money each month, uh, it wasn't a concern, and you know, also as as you know, Mark has stated, and I've stated, when we went into this, it wasn't it wasn't about money. You know, Mark and I were totally content from the start, and as well as being realistic, knowing that you know, if we're going into this, you know, putting all our eggs in one basket, and you know, thinking this is going to be some money making scheme. I mean, come on, you know, I've, I've 
been around enough, you know, to, 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 to learn how these things work and that, that at least in this climate and probably for the very, very, very foreseeable future that there's no money to be made in this. We just wanted to have fun. And we made that clear, you know, many, many, many times, uh, you know, even as recently as, as November when we had, uh, you know, our last, uh, I guess, company email, you know, or meeting or whatever you want to call it. But uh, that wasn't our intent. You know, I, I just liked uh, what I was doing. Mark liked, Mark had a great show. And Okay, I, th- I think we're back again. I apologize for the uh, issues tonight. Not sure why we're uh, having occasional cutouts here, but uh, g- go on, Brandon. Yeah. So, you know, that was the original agreement that, you know, I wanted China to uh, – controlled any money and it wasn't because I didn't trust Jason you know I, I didn't know him enough to but it was because I trusted China and I, I've known China for for you know geez seven years now and uh you know that that was the agreement we had in place and for some reason it just didn't work out like that and uh you know a lot of it I, I take full blame because I you know my I concentrated on radio and I never really inquired or cared to to you know see papers or uh, you know, documents or, you know, bills or things that were paid, you know, I just trusted it and I did my, my part and I never asked. I mean, I just never asked. Yeah. So, um, it, so it turned out what was really going on here was that, uh, Jacep had switched the, he started out with some really slow fail server, but, uh, at some point he switched the server. Uh, we're not sure when, I think around July, uh, it got switched to a server called Bluehost. Now he did not tell Brandon or uh, or China Maniac that he switched to Bluehost. How much is uh, is Bluehost? Bluehost is a whopping four dollars and ninety five cents per month. That was how much Jacob was paying for the Vegas Poker Radio server. And he, what was weird is he also started a new site called Podcast Vegas. So when you went to VegasPokerRadio.com which was the agreed name that they had all agreed to have for that uh, site, it would just forward over to podcastvegas.com, and Podcast Vegas was run on a $4.95 server on Bluehost. Uh, so that's what Jason was spending every month to keep the server up, less than 5 bucks. Uh, he was telling Brandon and China Maniac that it was costing around 120 per month and, and collecting that money from them, or, or actually... Uh, just saying that uh, you know what's coming in from Blind Squirrel is basically breaking even, so uh, there's nothing to send them. When in reality, he was keeping all the Blind Squirrel money and and sending a whopping five dollars out for the. Again, that was a lot of the reason why we never press pressed the issue of Mark controlling the finances because we were under the impression that everything was a push from day one. Um, you know, that's how we kind of went into it. Oh, we have this much coming in our cars costs are this much and since nothing ever really changed uh although we did a couple times say hey you know this is the agreement we had why aren't we doing this and then you know just there wouldn't be a response or an excuse and we did um, you know and then time would go by and it just you know we the issue would be pressed again but that that's that was at least my logic and i think suffice to say i can speak on mark's behalf as saying that that that's that was his logic as well and not really just vigorously pursuing it because it wasn't, in our opinion, like there was, you know, even hundreds and hundreds of dollars each month, uh, you know, being generated that it just, just, just didn't seem like a pressing issue. Yeah. So, so what happened here was, uh, he, you know, of course, he couldn't run the radio off a four ninety five a month server. So uh, he actually had Pikachar, who owned uh, Low Limit Poker Radio, 
Uh, he had him and twenty percent of Filthy Lumper. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, yeah, he he had him run the radio on his server and then kind of hid it through. Uh, but you can where you actually run the radio from uh, isn't all that apparent unless you really pay attention. I mean, it's not something you can hide. But on the other hand, it's not obvious. You could you can be broadcasting from another server and uh, put the player on your website, and no one will be able to tell unless they look really closely. So uh, Filthy Limper Radio, Vegas Poker Radio, was never vo- broadcasting from there. It was always broadcasting from uh, Pikachar's server. And uh, now what about Pikachar? Who is he? Pikachar is another member of this community. Uh, posted somewhat here. Uh, posted more on Vegas Poker Radio. and uh, but But he got to know... Jason through this community. He is someone else that originates from the pre-VPR Filthy Limper Donkdown days. Although he didn't post on Donkdown, he was somebody that just somehow caught a grab of Filthy Limper and, and became part of that community. Um, and that, that, that is how the relationship began. Yeah, so so Pikachar, somehow Jason talked him into buying 20% of uh, Filthy Limper, and this is before Filthy Limper became Vegas Poker Radio. This is just when uh, there was only Filthy Limper, because at first Jason had started a site by himself called FilthyLimper.com that he he made some. I guess I hate to keep using the term, but just as a good frame of reference for everyone to understand, these are still the donk down days. Yeah. Just I mean, just you know, because people, you know what I mean. So yeah. Just people have a reference of time of how long ago this actually was. Yeah. So he, uh, yeah, this was before. This is probably in 2011. But but anyway, Jacep then uh, he sold 20 percent of Filthy Limper, which was not yet Vegas Poker Radio, just his own site, to Pikachar. Uh, at first, he was asking for an exorbitant sum of money. He said the whole site was worth. One million dollars. Well, you may laugh at that, but that's not even that far of an exaggeration. He actually told Pikachar that the site was worth 125000 and wanted 20% of that. Now, Pikachar said, you got to be kidding me. There's no way the site's worth 125000 This is a little site that, that makes Poker Fraud Alert look, look like gigantic. It makes Poker Fraud Alert like it's, look like it's as big as Facebook. Uh, but he somehow uh, convinced him between the Blind Squirrel sponsorship and uh, what he claimed were his grandiose plans and where it was going to all go. He kept insisting that it was 125000 value for that site. Uh, Pikachar wasn't going for that, but uh, he did agree to $6,000 for 20%, which makes the site worth 30000 uh, provided that he could pay over a period of time. So that agreement was struck uh, based upon a lot of lies. I mean... Uh, uh, this wasn't. You know, just a... I, 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 I'm not going to make. I'm never going to make light of this, uh, or maybe I will, but just it's too a little too soon. But one thing I will say that that really made me chuckle, and I'm trying to find the email that was sent to me. But uh, in an email before this sale, he had said that Mycon had sold Donkdown for a million dollars. Oh, that's right. He did say that. Did I, did I share that with you? Uh, yes, you did. Yeah, he actually. Yeah, right. He, he did. He did say in an email to Brandon at one point that Mike. No, I don't it wasn't want, an email to Brandon. Oh, it wasn't it was an to email Brandon. Trying to solicit people to buy, uh, yeah, to buy, invest in uh, his website. You know, before VPR, invest in Filthy Limper Radio. That uh, 
my kind of soul donk down for a million dollars is like giving incentive like look you know wait just let it grow and you know this is an investment and you'll have how much money like my consult is for oh sorry i didn't have it ready that's it's fine how could you have known one million dollars yeah and here's actually jacep uh talking about how uh how the site's going to grow That seems like a huge deal to me. <laughs> That's really his voice. But uh, anyway, um, so he, he really did sell 20% of the site, filthylimper.com, to Pikachar. Told no one about it except for Pikachar. Well, then what happens to that 20% when Filthy Limper goes and becomes Vegas Poker Radio? See, basically what happened was... Uh, Jacob's idea was let's merge together filthylimper.com and venompoker.com. Venompoker.com was trying to maniac site. Let's merge these together and then let's bring Brandon aboard because Brandon's so good on the radio and uh, and and make vegaspokerradio.com and we'll split it three ways. Well, great, but <laughs> what happens to Pikachu? He didn't say anything about Pikachu being a 20% owner and um he told nothing to to Brandon about Pikachar, about that sale, about owning any part of it. Oddly enough, he did claim that somebody owned half of Filthy Limper. He claimed that his friend Tim Bird owned half of Filthy Limper, but he claimed that when they made that uh, partnership, that three-way partnership, that what uh, Jason would be doing is splitting up his part 50-50 with Tim, and that uh, any money it made, he would just pay Tim himself, so they wouldn't have to worry about Tim. Up, and, and up that- until uh, I resigned, I... St- I, I... I had suspicions, but I never had any proof, and you know, I never even asked him. But up until I resigned, uh, I had been led, as Mark had, uh, the whole entire time to believe that Jacep actually only owned one sixth of uh, Vegas Poker Radio, and uh, you know, Mark and I, in essence, the whole time, and uh, you know, who cares? This is a, a forum. This is radio. It's for fun. So it's not like we ever touted we're the majority owners. We're, but that's what that's what our understanding was. Um, and this, you know, wasn't misconstrued. It was on, you know, we knew this on no uncertain terms because it had been talked about, uh, you know, actively throughout the partnership um, because we just didn't understand why Jacep was so motivated, you know, he, you know, just with anything in terms of making money when we thought, like, we just thought it was odd, you know, he's only getting one-sixth of anything. And Jacep had very big visions of, of thinking that, you know, within a year, the site was going to be making ten thousand dollars. You know, a month, and that was that. That's what his goal was. You know, he said yeah. he, he thought realistically. And then Mark and I just had a lot of talks, and we're like, wow, you know, it just really doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, if you know, I'm getting, you know, a third of hypothetically, you know, ten thousand. That's three thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars, and you know, Jacob's getting you know half of that so it'd be i mean you know and of course we knew those numbers were never going to be accurate but it just is very odd to us and um again just you know so there's no transparency here uh the reason that was given to uh, mark and i about uh tim bird's participation was that uh he claimed that when uh Tim Bird left Filthy Limper Radio and, and Vegas Poker Radio began. Jason attempted to buy him out um, of of his shares. Uh, I don't know. He never said what the value was. And that Tim declined and did not want to be bought out and rather just wanted to uh, maintain a silent one-sixth interest in 
Vegas Poker Radio. And again, yeah, this was yeah, told and, us before we, we ever start, started. And, and basically what, what Jacob said to him was, um, can we get a freebie? I talked to Tim Bird, uh, who I've talked to on radio uh, many times, but over the last uh, 10 days, I, I've been in, in you know tons of communication with him, and there no deal uh, ever existed. And again, just to give people background, Tim Bird was someone that Jason referred to as his best friend, his brother, um, and someone that Tim Bird... They both knew each other since they were three years old, and you know Tim did verify this. They've known each; they've been had been lifelong friends. Um, I only say had because now there's obviously great strain on, on the friendship. But besides finding out that uh, Tim had no idea uh, what I was talking about, there was never any agreement uh, in terms of a one sixth, and Tim had no ownership or even any knowledge or of of any business with Vegas Poker Radio. When Low Limit Radio was first set up, uh, and I think the costs were minimal. I think it was like a thousand dollars, or maybe a little more. I mean, I, I don't know. Tim told me the number, but I don't. I don't remember. Tim put up the money one hundred percent, completely of his own. Um, so, in essence, Tim. You, you you don't mean Low Limit Radio. You mean uh, Filthy? Limit. I mean, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm just I'm mentally drained. Thank you. I, I meant Filthy Limper Radio. Uh, Tim put up all the startup costs that were associated with it. So when you look at it, uh, Tim put up the site. He ended up leaving uh, just because he didn't want, you know, at first it was like a novelty and he enjoyed it. But, you know, just having to do radio every week. I mean, you know, Druff, you know this more than anybody. Yet, yet you, you know, you're one of the few that are able to do it, you know, to show up every week, the same time, the same place, schedule life around knowing that, you know, that certain night from a certain block, you, you know, can't go out to dinner with your family, friends, can't, you know, attend a, a concert or a sporting event, you know, and, and Tim just, you know, and part of it was it just wasn't for him, so he did a first season or two and uh, enjoyed it and then just gave it to Jason, you know, just gave it to him, didn't ask anything in return. Jason never paid for anything, and then ironically enough, with the gift that his friend gave him, and I, I, you know, I just, it, it's just amazing, uh, he ended up selling 20% of that for $6,000, yeah, it's crazy. So, 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 um, uh, so and if any of you are wondering about the Tim thing, I, we don't know why he even disclosed that and did not disclose the Picatar situation, but it didn't matter because he claimed he would be paying Tim for his part and, of course, didn't pay him anything. So, Jason, The other thing is, yeah, and, and, and just to ex- just briefly expand on what you're saying, one thing I've never been able to understand or even come up with a theory is is everything now seems to have had an angle whether it was to hide something, protect something, or gain something, or achieve something. But the one thing we could, Mark and I could never figure out was what was the angle and him telling us that there was a silent partner, you know, and repeatedly telling us this, that would in no way interfere or make decisions or had even decision power that would just, in the event the site made money and the blind squirrel money, you know, he would just be paying him off. Out of his, I, I still think I, I my theory on that one was that uh, he was worried at some point that Tim might come forward, especially if the site becomes successful, and, and talk about uh, you know how he paid for setting it up. Or I, I think he wanted to cover himself that uh, that uh, he, he didn't. He may have been afraid Tim was going to say something. That's the only thing I can guess. Even though but, Tim but, didn't but, know. But, it, but if 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 what Tim told me is true, and I have every reason in the world to believe it to be, he paid for the cost. But when he decided he wasn't going to do radio anymore, he just gave it to his friend. 
So that doesn't that really kind yeah, of that, that doesn't make much sense. Okay, I understand what I'm saying. Yeah, was, yeah. He said, "Buddy, you know, you know, go ahead. This is your your baby. You love it. You know, I can't do it. It's not for me. I don't have the time. You want to devote the time. You know, Tim is someone who's married, who owns a business besides also being a, a poker player, has children. It just, you know, that was why he that, did that it. That is strange. Yeah, that, that's one of him uh, to his friend. So it wasn't under the pretense of if it blows up, I want this. No." He, he and, and 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 again, it's not a he said she said. Even if all things were equal, because Kevin, uh, another uh, you know, our, our, the other third host and friend of mine, also collaborated what Tim said, in which yeah, he just gave it to him, and he he just said go. So I, I guess this is one of the unsolved mysteries of this. Much like uh, we'll get to a little bit later about the weird Thursday uh, non-payment uh, weird thing he did. Which, uh, but anyway, let me. Uh, so so basically, what was happening there? Uh, the short story of this whole Vegas poker radio thing is that he was collecting this filthy, uh, not the filthy, the uh, the blind yes. squirrel, the, the blind squirrel sponsorship money every month, which um, we've gotten different numbers for. We're trying to verify, but uh, it, we, we think was somewhere between one hundred fifty dollars and three hundred dollars a month that he was getting from Blind Squirrel, and just pocketing it and, and not paying anyone and claiming that it was all going to server expenses. Which, uh, in reality, were five dollars a month. So uh, that was a, an ongoing scam that was occurring both before and after the Twenty Two Q Foundation money was stolen. We're just we're we're listing a bunch of different things he was doing, and in addition, the six thousand that Pikachar spent. Uh, you can say, oh, Pikachar made a bad business decision here, but. Jacob told him all kinds of lies, all all kinds of stories about uh, how it's going to make money, including this million dollar uh, valuation of Donk Down. That uh, that that's what the site was sold to for Tony G when it be, you know for whenever when poker was sold, he wasn't really Donk Down. It was actually Never Win Poker. He got confused, but uh, you know when Mike on and Never Win sold Never Win Poker, Jacob was one of the selling points. Was Jacob was saying that sold for a million. So if we become at least as big as Neverwin Poker was, we'll sell for a million too. And look how much money you'll make. These are all lies. They never sell anywhere close to a million. No, not even the neighborhood of a million. So uh, he told a lot of lies to get Pikachar to invest the 6000 Essentially, it was scammed. Uh, it wasn't directly stolen, but it was scammed. Uh, but uh, th- that's not as much of a direct scam as uh, lying to your business partners about the business's expenses and just pocketing the money. And uh, stealing money directly that was donated for a charity that you're supposed to forward on to the charity, you just pocket it. That's a terrible scam. And uh, now let's get to the BAP, the Buy a Peace scam. Uh, now, there's some other odd things about this uh, Buy a Peace. I already described how this was basically, uh, this is sold as his attempt to get off the floor to uh, a winning player who just doesn't have a bankroll, to have a bankroll and to pay out winnings every week. While he plays at Foxwoods, uh, he claimed he would make a video log of describing what happened each day when he plays, and pay out every Thursday. Um, now, some people were a little skeptical, both about uh, the live situation—how you there's no way to tell whether he's being honest about it. The fact that nobody could find any poker results for him—he claimed to be an, have been a pro since 2001. Well. 
Where are his poker results? Where is his online screen names where you can look up on uh, poker table ratings or uh, or Shark Scope and see that he was a big winner? Or or take a look at his handed mob results and see if, about his live tournament results. You look up all this stuff, you don't see a winning player. You don't see a guy who's been supporting himself since 2001 on poker. And uh, th- this is all a big red flag. And as far as cash games, you know, what what if he was beating the cash games? Well, uh, where are the people that he got to know in the cash game, in the live cash game community? That would vouch for him being a winning player None of those came forward So there was no proof That he was a winning player at all And so that was already very questionable And uh, So then uh, There was some other red flags That that weren't known yet Publicly in the throw There's one more I, I I haven't discussed yet He was collecting the money to start playing almost a month from then He was posting this on December 7th And said I'm going to start playing January 2nd He didn't say I'm going to Collect the money and maybe I'll get it all by January 2nd and I can start around then It didn't matter if he got all the money in one day He would wait all the way till January 2nd to start playing Which is really really odd That that does not happen in the staking community Unless unless it's staking for a particular Tournament like, like, hey, stake me for the $1,500 limit World Series event. That makes sense to collect in advance because you know the date that event goes and you can't play it sooner. But this is just cash. You, you can go play cash anytime. I've never, ever seen a cash game stake where the person reaches their goal of, of what they need for the stake and then just sit there for no good reason. It's not like he's going out of the country for a while or whatever. He just sits there for no good reason until January 2nd before he starts playing. And he disclosed that at the beginning. It wasn't like something came up and he couldn't play till it, it was weird. Like why why wait? So that was another red flag. Uh, now, despite this, he got everyone. He, it sold out. He sold the entire five k. Some of it was money rolled over from other BAPs he's run. Some of it was money rolled over from uh, money he owed Brandon. But he probably collected. Uh, There's a good chance he collected over three thousand dollars, maybe even as much. As a thirty-seven hundred dollars of that five thousand, and the rest was money that. Well, you uh, know, I, I can actually tell you, uh, and I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've been so consumed with everything else. I guess I could go back and look and contact, but I know for a fact that out of and again, he oversold shares, but not accounting for any oversold shares. That out of the five thousand, at most, at most, he collected in cash was thirty-seven hundred. Uh, I just from talking with other people that I did not know. Had also whether it was that he owed them money, or I'm sorry that that, that yeah that he owed them money, or they were rolling it over. Uh, Thirty-seven is the absolute most, assuming everyone else that I've not spoken to sent him cash. That's the most it could possibly be. And then uh, towards the middle of January, I guess, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, other people bought shares because he claimed there were shares that had opened up. When uh, in actuality he was overselling shares. Yeah. So so what happened here was that uh, um, yes, yeah, so some people did roll over money that was owed to them in some way, either from previous BAPs or from uh, just money otherwise owed to Jason. But but yeah, as much as thirty seven hundred cash was actually sent to him, uh, probably mostly through PayPal, and uh, he was supposed to start January second. Start playing, do his little vlogs every day when he played, record, reporting what he won or lost, and if he's ahead at the end of the week, the week ending Thursday night, to ship that money out on a 60% basis uh, per share to each person. Uh, so the first real red flag that occurred from his actual play occurred 
on January 10th. He started playing January 2nd. Uh, technically, on the 3rd, he should have been paying out because, uh, you know, that was the first Thursday. But you could say, well, he's only been doing it for one day, so it doesn't really count. But the first full week on a Thursday was January 10th. Uh, he claimed he was sick that day. He claimed he was too sick to both play or do radio. And the whole day passed. He was supposedly up $360, or $363, something like that, uh, coming into January 10th, meaning everybody had money coming. And if he didn't play, you say, okay, well, you still are up 363 Chop up that money for each of the shares and send it out. But that's not what he did. He did not pay that Thursday night. That Friday, he went and played again, supposedly lost $360, and was up only $3 now on the whole thing. $5 according to your math. And and actually, he did the math wrong. It should have been $5. He was actually up 365 and uh, lost 360 So yeah, should have been up 5 He claimed it was 3 but whatever. But the, the big red flag here was, you said you're going to pay Thursday. So even if he lost Friday, that's supposed to be towards next week. You're supposed to pay out for this week's winnings, which was actually like 9 days. So why not pay that out? Why Why play on Friday when you said you weren't going to do that? Why not pay the, even if you were too sick to pay out on Thursday, okay, then pay out on Friday before you go out. He claimed Friday was a, quote, makeup day. There was nothing in the terms of this BAP about any makeup days. It's just every Thursday, if I've been up the past week, I pay you. That was the way it was written, but he threw in this thing of the makeup day. Now, what was eerie was that by this point, Brandon and China Maniac were suspicious of Jacep. They didn't have hard proof to where they could come out and make such a grave accusation that this might be a rolling, that he's not very trustworthy. But through the, the problems they had on VPR, through some other weird things they noticed about lies about his phone being disconnected and, and why, uh, through the fact that he, he abruptly moved out of his place and moved in with his girlfriend, so he said, a lot of things seem to be indicating things were wrong here with him. And and all of it very circumstantial and could never be proven. And in fact, they would look like assholes if they came out and accused him of being a scammer at that point. But uh, uh, they were, Brandon said to China Maniac, you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid that this whole bap, this whole thing's a scam. I can't prove it. I have no evidence I can present for it. But I, I really think the way this is going to go is he's going to start off claiming he's winning. And then when it comes time to pay everyone at the end of the week, He's going to have a losing day right at the end that eats up all the profit. Well, uh, Brandon, I, I think you should uh, assume that the Psychic Friends Network's not up anymore. Because I think I think you should go work for it. That's exactly what happened. Maybe, maybe uh, Dion Warwick can give me a reference. <laughs> so, that's exactly what happened. And the reason that's exactly what happened is because that's not really what happened. Just like Brandon predicted, the whole thing was phony and that he probably wasn't even there playing. The whole thing was just made up. He was just recording from his hallway saying, I went out and played and uh, and knew the whole way that he was going to say he won at the beginning and then lost at the end and then not pay anyone. Now, he, now, this brings us to great mystery number two. Given that we believe that he wasn't really playing and this whole thing was made up and that he just basically stole the money that was sent to him, uh, why did he have to do that whole ruse about being sick on Thursday? Why not claim he played on Thursday and then just say he lost Instead of this whole makeup day thing, which made him look shady, if he was already making it up, why not just say it happened Thursday, and then people wouldn't have had anything to say. So, but but we don't know why he didn't do that. My only guess, and maybe Brandon, you can take a guess here. My only guess about why he did that lie is maybe he really was sick that Thursday and was afraid that if he went on radio that night sounding sick as a dog, 
that people would question why he went out and played when he felt like that and then lost. So maybe maybe he was afraid to be heard like that. And then uh, I, that's my only guess. What, what do you think? Uh, my my opinion is the fact that uh, I, you're, you're, anyway, you're asking why there was no radio that night? I'm asking why he didn't have to do this weird thing where he, quote, didn't play Thursday and then played a makeup day on Friday and then... Uh, couldn't pay people because uh, he lost all the profits on Friday, which he wasn't supposed to be doing. Like he was supposed to pay every Thursday. So instead of this whole convoluted thing about the makeup, why not just say he played Thursday and lost the money, then he couldn't pay anyone? Um, I, I think part of it was that he didn't play that day at all, and then I became. Uh, and this was afterwards, found out he didn't have transportation at that point. He had either sold his car or it just wasn't drivable. I'm not sure, but I, I know he didn't have transportation. But I think a lot of it was he had been posting every day up until that point, leaving now, you know, heading the Mohegan Sun or whatever, you know, and giving time frames. And that day there was just absolute silence. He never indicated anything all day long. No one uh, – do you follow what I'm saying? That he had every day – before that, that preceded that, made a post on uh, at least VPR indicating what time he was heading out and what he was doing, and then he didn't, he didn't, he did not do so that day. Um, but again, you know what? I, I I'm going to be honest. I, you know, there's so much on my mind. So many people I've been talking to, just so much information that I've intaked. It, 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 it it's not accurate for me. To even remember the time dates and the excuses and, and things of that nature. Right. So well, we'll, I know we'll move on here. the only thing I do remember very, very accurately is that when he did not pay on Thursday as he said he was going to uh, when when he proposed the BAP and again why a lot of people found it attractive just knowing you know that that a I'm going to get paid on Thursday you know every week or you know if assuming we're up and b the people that loved him and or loved radio. You know, it would be like, hey, you know, Thursday night, you know, filth, filthy limper radio, and, and then you know, everyone's in the chat, and then right afterwards we get paid, and it just seemed like you know, like a bowling league, like Thursday night was a night. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it 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 it, it didn't make sense. Uh, the only thing I could possibly think of, um, you know, also I was not around, uh, you know, because that was actually when I had already started messaging. I'd have to look at the dates in terms of when I formally resigned. I think I'd already resigned by then. But even before that, I had given indications I was unhappy with just things that were unrelated to the BAP. And I did, I made it very clear I didn't want to stick around. Yeah. And uh, he knew that I wasn't going to be available for radio. And uh, he, you know, that m might have also played a role in it as well. But again, you know, I'm just speculating. Uh, but I knew right then and there when uh, he announced. That that Thursday he'd be paying everybody on Friday. I knew there was, there would be no shot. Yeah. I knew no one was getting paid. I knew there'd be a loss. And like I said, I, I might have texted you this. I don't remember if I did, but I definitely talked to Mark about it and, and predicted it. But you know, again, uh, for all the, the the inadvertent mistakes I've made, and the two that that I will fully acknowledge that I made a mistake is not uh, again falling in a situation where I trusted somebody. Uh, in, in regards to 22Q and not uh, following through with anybody, uh, whether it was just asking Joe Yu who had you know access or even my whatever, just even Jason or just somebody, 
because you know just asking the questions and not getting an answer back in itself would have been a red flag and as well as uh, and again this is just totally inadvertent i never even thought about it till i was called out on it not making it uh or, or just the appearance of it being uh not clear that the money that was in the bap was money he owed me and the fact that that may have given other people or given his bap uh just you know credence and and other people yeah i, I don't i don't think that's well. a, i don't think that's and, a big deal but and the- you know again the other thing was that the fact that you know i I, I, you know, it was stated to me and, and to his friend Kevin, you know, because this is when we all had this conversation that he was going to put the money in and that's that he preferred to do that. You know, he had an option. It wasn't as if I said, you know, no, I don't, you know, I don't want cash. I want the BAP. And he said, well, this will help me out. I'll put it in the BAP. You know, I'll put the money in myself. And again, as much as I talk with him, I want people to realize I never knew the extent of, of his financial difficulties. Um, at one point, maybe in August, even maybe maybe even early September, he had told me that he had a bankroll of forty thousand dollars, and it was very odd at the time because I remember thinking this was over the phone. Uh, you know, why did he tell me that? Um, you know, as, as much as I've talked with Druff for you know tons of hours, and even China and, and a lot of my other closest friends, I don't know what they're worth. I've never asked them what they're worth assets liquid they've never asked me and it was something odd like along the lines of maybe we were just talking about poker games and and you know that we saw stakes that we play in or what we do and, and that's when when he just told me i remember thinking it's this odd why did he just tell me what his net worth was you know so that you know so i said all right well you know it's, it's not like a lot of money but you know a guy with a daughter you know it's not like you're really working a lot he said claims his expenses well that's you know it's forty thousand forty thousand it's a lot more money than a lot of people have um so again i didn't know you know that now thinking back at it like when he was broke you know and wrote this post like he was probably dead broke like meaning maybe he had uh, you know well he was last In fact, I, I wanted to point out that yeah. uh, that China Maniac that same day uh, had been asked to send $16 to him so he could pay the server bills, which which ironically enough uh, would actually cover three months of the server at that... Uh... You know, and, and, but, and it's funny that, that you bring that up and his excuse was that the email for the payment had gone into a spam box and he didn't see it. And the only reason why, why I kind of believed that uh, that wasn't a warning sign of someone being dead broke is because I remember another partner that I had that there were certain times when whether it, it was Skype or a server bill that wasn't paid and that person did have the funds to pay it and just had forgotten. So, I mean, so it, it, it didn't, it didn't, it just didn't click in me that, wow, maybe he doesn't even have $16. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, I never, and when you talk on the phone and that, then that's, that's the other thing. When we talked on the phone, you know, before radio or, or during the week, he never was oppressed. You know, if I was down to, you know, my last limited amount of money, I wouldn't be motivated to do radio. I wouldn't be happy. But he was cheerful and joking and coming yeah, up yeah, with It's new, amazing. It's, it's funny you, you know, mention that because I've known other people like this in poker who who act like everything's wonderful when when everything is crashing down, when they're they're broke, they're, yeah. they owe tons of people money, that everything's a complete mess, and you meet them and they seem they're they're so happy. And the funniest thing is like they'll ask me how are you doing, and I go ah crap, I just lost three thousand dollars today, and I'm you know it's a, I took all these bad beats, and like a, and they're like oh that's too bad, and like it, 
I'm acting all frustrated, and then they're acting like happy and chipper, and in reality, uh, their whole world is crashing down on them, and I, I don't know how they maintain it. I guess they, they feel they have to if they're, uh, if they're borrowing from people and scamming people, if they, they can't ever show emotion. I guess the best way to state it is, for the most part, with one exception, and I guess I can expand on that in a second, from the beginning up until the end... Uh, when when I left and I knew that something wasn't right, his demeanor never changed. He was the same person in terms of like you know wanting radio to be good, you know talking to me about ideas, running things past me. Uh, none of that ever changed. Like it just he was steadfast and st- you know the, the whole entire time, except for one instance where I don't I don't know you know <laughs> really ironic in which uh, you know he had chided Mark and myself. Uh, this was during a uh, a Skype, uh, an actual Skype conference, a three-way like Skype November, conference. Right? I'm sorry? Like November, right? Yes, about uh, neither one of us selling ads or, 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 you know, sponsorship to make money for the radio. And not directly saying it, but, yeah, but basically saying that he has been in the red, you know, the last few months in terms of how much money he's spending each month. Uh, to how much he's earning because of us, because of how much time he spent on the website, and uh, again now looking back, it's you know it's it's laughable because you know he was taking he was stealing money from us while at the same time yelling at us to make more money. <laughs> so, but uh, again, like I said, besides that, there's never an indication that there's any trouble. Yeah, and, and he, never, he never he never asked to borrow money from me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, but but then again, I think he got the impression just from comments that I made and, and other situations that I've been in that I that I, I, I wasn't going to go that but, route. You know, he, he wasn't doing this with anyone in the community. He did this with his friend Tim Bird, but he didn't do this uh, to my knowledge. He wasn't borrowing from people. He was just well, scamming. He had, he had at one point, Mark had relayed right before we started, asked Mark, he had asked Mark to borrow $1,500 and promised to pay like three or four hundred dollars in interest. I don't. Know. Oh, I didn't even know about that. So, yeah. so uh, but for the Other most part, that, so, I don't know of any of, of any uh, uh, instances in which he attempted to borrow money yeah, from that, people. That, it, 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 it didn't seem to be his main mo. It seemed to be he liked to scam people for the money, not borrow and not pay back. He 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 wasn't uh, that. That was more of a Chino Reem move, just keep borrowing from everyone and not pay. Uh, with uh, Jacob, he was uh, just scamming people. But uh, in the thread, this 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 what's now a hundred five page thread, this Project Sep thread, it first started to unravel. When C Money, the ruler of the wormhole, who uh, eighteen one and one in his last uh, twenty football picks, he wrote on January twenty fifth, two thousand thirteen. I have read through this whole thread. I admit I have no idea who Jacep is and know zero about him. He could be a saint and the best guy in the world. However, reading through this thread, I can't help but think this steak is going to be the subject of a PFA radio show many months from now. Well, it was pretty close. Just. Not many months from now, <laughs> and not in a positive way. This all smells wrong. Now, like many scammers do, uh, he was very indignant in his response, Jacep, to this. Uh, th- this is what scammers and cheaters and liars do. If you ever call them out, they get so angry, they get really pissed off when you accuse them of not telling the truth. This is a a great indication that someone's lying. If if you think your spouse is cheating on you and you accuse them, if if their first reaction is to be super outraged by it. Uh, they probably are. They're probably doing it. You know, like if they're innocent, they'll kind of more act like with shock and not be pissed. 
and then try to explain to you all the you know, reasons that they couldn't be or wouldn't be. Um, somebody who acts really pissed and defensive, that they're usually guilty. That that's very common among uh, liars and scammers. Uh, this Jason was not. Uh, he he didn't get super angry, but uh, um, listen to this. He wrote back to see money. No shot. This is my fourth stake in a year. Everyone is up money on me, and I make a blog every day that I play. I I may I am way more active in the VPR thread, and so far everyone's gotten about a six percent return, even though he hasn't paid anyone. I don't mind you saying your opinion, but when it's all said and done, it would be nice if you gave. A quote, I guess I was wrong post So he's already telling C-Money That uh, he better apologize, basically So uh, then C-Money said back I'll be the first to say I was wrong And do a big free roll in your honor If I'm wrong, I hope I am So uh, Jacep uh, Still gets uh, Still gets angry And and, and, uh, and I, I don't have the post in front of me But he, he says uh, yeah, he, does, he doesn't like the attitude here It's like, you know, it's like saying uh, um, you know, Saying Saying like he'll do a free roll if, if 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 he's wrong, but otherwise he thinks he's a scammer. Like he he was acting very insulted by it. Now, um, the next post that was critical, and this one was more detailed, came from a user named Cokehead. Now, Cokehead, uh, he's he's been around on the site since near when it began, since March 2012, but uh, not a really active poster. Only a hundred and something posts. And, and never really said anything. I, no offense, Cokehead, but really of interest. I never really noticed the guy very much. Uh, so, but Cokehead finally just broke the silence here. He said, "I don't know Jacep very well, but uh, I agree with C Money here. I've read this thread and it's gone on and been kind of dumbfounded about the whole thing, but kept my mouth shut because I know Jacep is well liked here and didn't want to get in a big flame fest over it. Well, now that Legend C Money has spoken up, I feel I might as well too." I have nothing against you, Jacep, and in fact, I've liked your radio show the few times I've listened. But some stuff feels wrong here. One, this is a live number one. This is a live a live cash stake, which is already very weird to begin with. There is no way to verify your results. You could finish up six hundred and say you finished up three hundred. None of us would be the wiser. That alone scared me from investing. Two, that weirdness about not paying anyone that first Thursday, but then waiting until Friday was a big red flag to me. It was even a bigger red flag because you lost on that Friday. You only had to pay out three dollars instead of two hundred. Uh, three, I hate to bring up bring this up, and I'll talk about this in a second, by the way. Six-toed Pete dug up and found that eviction and identity theft, th- theft stuff on you. I hate Pete like everyone else, but he didn't just pull that shit out of thin air. I know you say there's a good explanation for it, but so does everyone who has been arrested. Like Morgan Freeman said in Shawshank Redemption, everyone behind bars says he is, he's innocent. You know what's really funny about that? I just, you know, because I was looking up some of that information recently, and I'm really surprised, especially... Uh, you know, you, you've been a part of this. I have any, you know, anyone that's full, first and last name or out there has that it took that long until someone just Google because the simple for I me, mean, I'm not discrediting Pete's role in this, you know, but anyone that would have at any point Googled his name and just scrolled down far enough would have found you know, the only John Sepavolda in Rhode Island and, and found this. Yeah, and, and what I he's mean, what it wasn't referring if, to. No offense, I mean, I'm not, again, saying that, that what he did, you know, didn't help serve a purpose, but it's not as if he got into some database and did some mind-boggling research to come up with this. And, again, it just surprises me nobody had, had done this prior. Yeah, and uh, what he's referring to was Six-Toed Pete, who had a vendetta against both me and Jacep uh, after he was banned from Poker Fraud Alert, actually made a blog... Uh, which was supposed to make me look bad for being friends with Jacep or something, but uh, he wrote a uh, a post all about Jacep's identity theft conviction. 
He actually was arrested and convicted for identity theft, and the identity theft was not just against some random person. It was against the mother of Jacep's daughter that he uh, basically took her identity and uh, applied for a $1,000 loan in her name and, and had the paperwork sent to a vacant place right next door. And, uh, and Jacep, uh, I believe he pled guilty on it, and, and he was on probation for this as of September 2012. So uh, Six Toad P found this, so that's, that's what Cokehead's referring to here. Uh, number four, there seems to be a lot of reasons you aren't playing lately, where, where Jacep suddenly started making excuses that uh, he couldn't play on a bunch of days. Uh, we're theorizing that he was afraid that if he kept pretending to be going to the casino and playing, someone would eventually catch on. So he was trying to cut down how often he was there. Number five, you collected the money way in advance of playing, which I've never seen done before in a stake. I, I mentioned that earlier. Uh, so anyway, Cokehead wrote, When I see read all of this, it just seems we're already seeing the early signs of something bad coming. Before you guys call me crazy and a faggot and whatever else, remember how much everyone liked Templar and Peter DC, who of course are two previous scammers in our community. Jason, you have seen I've never trolled you before, so you know this is from the heart. I have no dog in this fight. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, no one... So then Anal Hershiser, a.k.a. Ass Clown, jumped in on this, and you know he, he joined the whole side of uh, questioning it, as did some other accounts, Roper71, who I've never seen before. Some of these may have been dupes, but uh, a number of people were questioning Jason. Um, what was uh, very annoying for me to read, and keep in mind, at this point, I knew there was something wrong, but we still didn't, at that point, have enough evidence to come out about, you know, against Jason. And second, the other problem was, I figured that if this is a scam, the money's gone. And, and I was right. The money was gone. And this is January 26th I'm reading now. January 26th, the money was gone. Uh, even if the scam was caught at that point, and we came out at that point, it, the result would have been identical, or at least almost identical. Uh, the money was, was long gone. Because remember, he collected this in early, early to mid-December. So, uh, um so so what happens is uh you lost uh, yeah sorry no we didn't lose i i just stopped i had to, got distracted no i'm saying that. i don't know if you lost your train of thought no 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 I, okay uh so i what i was going to say here is that uh jacep uh, we we didn't want to come out till we were totally sure and at this point, we didn't feel. Like, did you say we didn't want to come out? No, unless we were totally sure. Jeff, come on. We didn't wanna. Want? Okay, forget it. Playing words, Juan. Juan. Okay, we didn't want to come sorry. out. I'm sorry. I'm no. distracted by too many. I'm things. reading all these tags in, in the, <laughs> the thread. So, I, so if I if I had to pick one, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to make myself smile a little bit. What do you? What would? I still, even though it's the oldest one and it's a Boris tagline, Jason smoked Val's weed still <laughs> makes me laugh. Okay, so um, let, let me. Uh, so, so, so the 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 thing is here that a lot of people were questioning it, but there was no one that had come out yet, other than C Money, who just posted you know early on about it, and then kind of abandoned the thread for a while, and he didn't you know present any evidence. Everybody else was either a troll or kind of a. a, a not very well-known user. No one's going to trust the opinion of Cokehead or Roger71 or, or uh, you know, Anal Hershiser, even though people like him. They, they, he's known as a big-time troll, so people are thinking he's just trolling. So the people who actually invested in this were getting very angry. They, they were getting pissed that, uh, that Jacep was totally legitimate and that this was just trolling him and distracting him. I had a lot of people 
demanding that I put a stop to this immediately. That uh, that that this is breaking Jacob's concentration on playing poker. That he shouldn't be questioned like this. That they haven't had any problems with him. That he's been a great guy so far. I he even called you out angrily. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, so so yeah, and even Jacob himself uh, came came out against me, saying that I'm not doing enough to stop this. That I I have to put a stop to this discussion. Well, look, not only did I have some inside information that uh, Jacob had been acting very shady recently. But even if I hadn't had that, these were all good questions. All these points that were brought up by people, uh, these are things that I don't care who's running it. These are questions that need to be answered. How do you prove that what you're really winning live is really what you're winning? Uh, Why didn't you pay the Thursday you said you would pay? Uh, What about your identity theft conviction? You know, you can claim, Jacob claimed at the time that uh, he accepted the conviction so the family could move on. What the hell does that mean? I mean, I'm your friend, Ruff, and, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to start any kind of controversy, but somebody started a thread about uh, some molded cheese and accused me of stealing their time, and it went 57 pages, and, you know, you didn't <laughs> cut it off. So That's true. Definitely not, dude, no one's ever going to accuse you of playing the favorite card, Ralph. I can attest to that. <laughs> so, uh, so the, you know, what about the thing Six-Toed Pete found you know, about the identity theft? You know, you're, you're here you're backing a guy who stole his uh, the mother of his child's identity and got a loan in her name. You're trusting this guy. That, that's that's a reasonable thing to bring up in the thread. Uh, why hasn't he been playing much? Or why, why did he collect the money so far in advance? These are great questions, and you can't just say, oh, this is trolling. No, trolling is saying, hey, Jacep, you're ugly, I hate your beard, uh, and make fun of that type of stuff. That has nothing to do with what he's playing. You know, to, to make fun of him for unrelated stuff is trolling. Or, or to keep hammering him over stupidity that has nothing to do with it or, or has already been sufficiently answered is trolling. But these are questions that we're not getting answers, and, and Jacob's response was, was basically this. Th- this is uh, one of the things he wrote, and he kept writing a various form of this. Uh, let me find the... Uh, if any of my investors are uncomfortable with the arrangement, they are more than welcome to contact me about it. I'm very accessible and never want anyone to feel uncomfortable with me having their money. Well, that I was what, uncomfortable. Yeah, that's exactly what Brandon did. But what he's trying to say here is contact me privately so that this way I can stall you and this way I can uh, try to snow you in the background without anyone scrutinizing it. I, I don't like Anal Hershiser and Cokehead and Roper 71 uh, questioning what, you know, bringing up the very good questions that I'm not answering. So I, I want my investors to contact me privately so I, I don't have the public scrutinizing all of my lies. That's what he was saying. So I, I hated seeing all the people trying to censor this discussion. This this bothered me because this is called Poker Fraud Alert because we call out scams and scandals in poker. And when one might be occurring on my own site, I definitely want everyone to be able to be open and transparent and honest with how they feel. If they think someone is scamming someone else and they have good reason to think that and aren't just being assholes for the sake of it, and they're bringing up legitimate points, then this, this is worthy of discussion. No, nobody is protected from having to explain themselves when, when points like this are brought up, even me. If I ever bring up a shady sort of stake or situation and you want to question me about it, I'm never going to shut down the discussion of it. I, I will that's, answer that your question. that never going to happen either. So Yeah, it's not going to happen. But that's, it, And then that's and unicorns are on Las Vegas Boulevard. I mean, <laughs> Maybe they know. are. So what would, be the, what would ever be a situation in which you're a part of a shady stake? 
Well, I will say that last last year when I did the the World Series stake and people had some questions about uh, you know n- not, nothing that was shady, but they they were trying to understand things and they were trying to see you know why is such and such a good deal. Like I explained everything honestly. Why why is this price this way? Why is, and I, I explained everything honestly. The the pros and the cons. I, I didn't want to hide anything. I I, I didn't right. say tough luck. This is my site. You don't get to question me. Everybody should be able to be questioned about any kind of financial transaction that's being done here, and it should be able to happen in public. Especially if it's a public stake like this, so I was so annoyed that some people were actually insisting that that these good questions could not continue. But uh, I, I didn't want to fight with people publicly about it. I just refused to shut it down. I just let it go on. I told everybody, "You're welcome to you know keep these questions up." Well, these questions kept up for quite some time. We got some people who were getting angrier and angrier at me for allowing it to continue. Finally, we had a break. Uh, I'm trying to find what page this occurred. It's in the thirties. Uh, I, I thought so, but uh it was in the thirties because I posted it. Was it? Okay. Let's see. Uh I'm pretty sure it's like thirty four between thirty four and thirty eight, maybe. I'll tell you. I'll tell you before you uh No, I'm I'm seeing okay, I, I see it here. It it is on page thirty two of the thread. Uh China Maniac on January thirty first quoted all these things that Joseph wrote. And we were in, and then I posted right after. Yeah, we were in, and, uh, and, and we were in unison, and and, and so and, and pretty much posted response responses to everything Jacob wrote, and, and called him out, and then Brandon made a long post calling him out. And this is not a coincidence that they posted within uh, you know like an hour of each other, or less than an hour, a few minutes of each other. Uh, they had coordinated this that they were both going to. Spilled the beans about Jacep that it was time. I knew about. The, I knew this was going to happen as well. I knew that this was going to happen very soon when we did last week's radio show. But it wasn't quite ready. It was very close to ready, but it wasn't quite ready at that time. So that's why I, I was very cryptic with what I was saying and, and was telling everybody kind of in code to stay tuned. You're going to understand soon, but that I'm not going to. I'm not going to stop. So uh, anyway. Uh, once that happened, all hell broke loose because this, this is what everyone was waiting for. This is, you know, no longer was it Anal Hershiser and Cokehead calling out Jacep, who could be dismissed as trolls. Uh, here were China Maniac and Brandon, not only two very respected members of the community, but his two business partners. If they're calling him out, you know something's got to be to it. So, of course, from that point, everything collapsed. And uh, Jacep actually. Uh, he, so from that point, there's been about uh, 70 pages since, more than 70 pages. This is on page 32 since uh, uh, January 31st. We're now on page like 105, but 2,093 posts in this thread. 2,093 posts. <laughs> and uh, and seriously, serious can break it all down for you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a lot's come out, but what's what's most interesting to me are the appearances that JSEP has made. Now I'm going to read. I'm going to use my little search yeah, tool. I'm going to give you about five minutes of air time alone, so I'll, I will be right back. Okay. okay. So, so Brandon's going to take a little break, and I'm going to I'm going to search right now. Sorry, I didn't have this prepared earlier. I'm going to search right now for Joseph's posts, and you're not going to believe. I guess you'll believe it if you've read them already. But uh, even if you have, it's just unbelievable the stuff he wrote. You would think after this all breaks loose uh, that they, he will come up with. A very good excuse, even if it's bullshit, something that at least sounds reasonable. So, um, 
Let me uh, let me read this here. Here is his first appearance, which was on uh, finding it here. This was February fourth. He appeared after a long absence from the threat. He he, he napped it out for a while. Finally, on page eighty-eight yesterday, after over fifty pages, we're talking about how he scammed everyone. And it was speculated and then pretty much assumed that he also ripped off 22Q in addition to ripping off that entire BAP. He wrote the following. Hello. I'm writing everyone to come clean about some of the things you have read online about me and attempt to rectify the situation. First, let me say this. I do not feel like I'm a bad person, but then that's not important as I've done some bad things in my life and now I want to rectify those things and right my wrongs if possible. For years, I've had a crippling gambling addiction that I've hidden from everyone in my life. I've become very good at hiding my actions and being dishonest and deceitful to people who love and trust me. I thought I had my addiction under control and hadn't gambled a lot in recent years, including when he was running this BAP. He wasn't gambling, he was just stealing the money. But my exposure to the internet poker community, recreational gambling, and access to money triggered my problem, and as I began gambling again, I found myself in holes that I continued to press and try to get out of. I never intended to hurt anyone, and my intentions were always to write everything, but I realized that that my mind was being clouded by my addiction. I want to first apologize to everyone affected. I took advantage of people's trust that was used to enable my own disgusting habit. I hate the person that I became, and I want to make sure that I provide the proper restitution and move on in my life and seek the treatment that I need to make sure I become the person that I want to be instead of the person that cannot lose himself in the mirror or sleep at night. I thought I had explanation for some of the things that had been said about me, but now I realize that it is most likely me justifying my poor decisions and convincing myself that I wasn't in the wrong, while in the back of my mind I always knew I was doing wrong all along. The email I am sending this from is one that will be checked at least once a day. I guess he was copying what he sent to everybody. Uh, I guess he sent this out to everybody who invested with him and then posted it to the board. And I will provide a new phone number to everyone as soon as I get one. By the way, he disconnected his phone number when this whole thing broke. Uh, I will respond to everyone through those channels. I don't want to hide and run from anything. I would rather take responsibility for the things I've done and provide a solution. Yeah, sounds bullshitty, but sort of good so far, right? I will pay everything that I owe them plus interest. I will be entering a... Okay, so uh, continuing here, I think we had a disconnect, but uh, I will continue reading his his little uh, manifesto here, his apology letter. Uh, I'm willing to pay 10% interest to everyone who I have wronged. That leaves a total debt of $13,420. I am happy to be in regular contact with anyone that I owe money to and work to make things right. The only thing that I ask is that you leave my family and friends alone and deal with me directly. I promise to make return contact with anyone within 24 hours of contacting me. I do not currently have constant internet access, but will have daily access to the internet, as well as a phone that will be available to anyone 24-7 within a week. So, very conveniently, very conveniently, he lost access to the internet right when this broke. Isn't that convenient? He's had constant internet access ever since he showed up in this community. When all this broke, that's, that's when he lost his internet access. I will make equal shared payments to everyone I owe money to on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, depending on my pay schedule, until everyone's made whole. Please do not take my absence from internet forums as a sign that I'm not taking ownership of my mistakes. 
I just feel that it would be helpful by correcting everything to spend hours focusing on radio, or I think it would not be helpful in correcting everything to spend hours focusing on radio shows and forums instead of working to get everything squared away. I truly apologize for my actions and hope that everyone and, and hope that even though everyone hates me right now, that my actions moving forward will speak to the kind person I am trying to become. Johnny Sepp. Well, um, people were noticing right away there was something that was very much missing in this post. And by the way, this only came out after people posted the name of his uh, probation officer, because he's on probation for the identity theft as of September 2012. So he was very afraid. Don't let me, uh, before I go, forget to uh, comment on that. Yeah. Because I uh, spoke with her today. Yes, yes. We're going to reveal that on this show, uh, what, what he heard from the probation officer. So... Uh, as soon as that probation officer information was posted and people were saying they're going to call this woman and let her know everything that's been happening, um, he made this post. But one thing was very much missing in that whole post. He, he was admitting fault. He was saying he owes uh, everybody 12200 He'll pay it with 10% interest, blah, 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 blah. One, one thing's missing. Well, what didn't he cover here? The 22Q Foundation. Where the hell is it? He didn't mention a damn word about 22Q anywhere in that post. So, of course, uh, the users of this board said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where is the 22Q uh, situation? Why haven't you mentioned that? Uh, This whole long, ambiguous post that said nothing about 22Q. How how could you be overlooking the most major point, the thing that everyone's been up in arms about, the thing that's bothered people the most? Because I'll tell you, this community, uh, something that speaks very well for this community is they were more bothered about the theft from the charity than the theft from themselves. A lot of people were saying, I don't care if I get my money back from the BAP. I care if the charity gets paid. I want that money that was going to the charity to really get to them. So everyone was making a huge deal about the charity. And, um, and and people were also insisting that uh, you know he read every word here in this thread, and that after 88 pages, with uh, most of it discussing the charity, how could he not respond to that? So he wrote back the following, just a few minutes later. I have not read anything in this thread. <laughs> he actually said he hasn't read anything in this thread, which is a joke. Everyone wants to know about 22Q, I guess. He guesses. Yeah, why wouldn't they want to know? Yeah, he's just guessing. Yeah, maybe you want to know about that. Okay. I did not roll them. What I did do was allow someone else to make a donation to receive the tax benefits. However, I have tried and failed to acquire the proof so the 22Q debt is included in the money owed because I realize how much how me saying that points how me saying that points to me being guilty and I accept that people will assume that I did horrible things. I'm not sure what else to say. I made mistakes. I want to fix them. I did not steal from a charity. But I cannot prove the money was donated with hard proof, so I will make good on that as well. What a sweet guy. So so basically, he gave the the money to someone else who wanted the tax break from donating to a charity, so he says. And then the person has, has flown the coop and, and won't provide proof or can't provide proof that they ever gave the money to the charity. So nice guy, Jacep, even though he doesn't know if the charity got the money or not, he will take responsibility and he will make good on that as well. What a sweetheart. What a nice guy. What a generous individual. Um, now, this was absolutely ludicrous. This is the, the worst explanation I've ever heard for, for where the money went. That first he completely ignores the 22Q thing and then says, I didn't steal from a charity. It's, it's like Bill Clinton saying, I did not have sex with that woman. That's how dishonest the statement was. That's how ludicrous the statement was. That he gave it to someone else 
to get the tax benefits. <laughs> and and that you know they they must have rolled the charity. But but he'll he'll take responsibility for it because he's such a sweet guy. And uh, I, I guess you guys want to know tw- about twenty two Q. I guess yeah. I guess uh, I guess uh, maybe you're curious about it. All right, I'll tell you. I, I gave the money to someone else uh, to get the tax benefits, and they screwed me. Sorry. He really expected people to believe that. He really thought that was an explanation people would buy. So of course the questions, everyone knew he was lying about it. But then the question was brought up to him: Why don't you name the person if they did this? Why don't you uh, pass the blame onto them? They scammed you, so why don't you let them take the blame? So um, someone else brought up that this is a small charity, the 22Q Foundation. They don't get 3K checks very often. They, they hardly ever get donations like that. They get donations like $25, $50, $100. They don't get checks for thousands of dollars. And they had no record at the time. They, they hadn't uh, given proof of this yet. They, haven't, they hadn't uh, made the official statement yet. But... Um, they they said that they had no recollection of such a check coming in over the last few months. And then they verified it later. So people were saying, hey, look, they said they don't get checks like that every day. So obviously it didn't come in. So uh, come forward. Obviously the person rolled you and the charity. So tell the truth. Well, uh, JSIP did not tell us who that person was. But uh, we actually got uh, a secret recording of of us, someone else questioning him, and uh, this is actually who Jacep identified as the person who was supposed to submit the thousands of dollars to the Twenty Two Q Foundation in exchange for tax benefits, and never did it. This is what he told. Uh, he actually told this to Joe Yu, who was the one behind, uh, you know, organizing the whole Twenty Two Q thing. Uh, that you know, the one who actually has the daughter, who has that Twenty uh, Two Q deletion syndrome. Uh, this was Jacep's explanation to him that he's innocent. No, it wasn't me. It was the one-armed man. Wish <laughs> <So> that... <laughs> you could make me laugh. So uh, that was his first story, but there's more. That wasn't Jacob's only story. Um, let me get get to the uh, the next one here. Uh, he dropped that one when people didn't want to buy it. Um, but uh, well, actually, seven minutes later, he posted this. Before I get to his next story, um, when Bubbles said he's not sorry for the rolling, he's f- sorry he finally got caught. He said this isn't true at all. I've emailed everyone affected, and will talk to Joe Yu and Twenty Two Q as soon as possible. Everyone affected has my email address. I have to go now. You know he's so busy, but everything I said is sincere and honest. I'm happy to answer anyone via email. They're welcome to repost my responses here, but I can't consistently post here at the moment. And the entire situation is something I would like to rectify and need to make the proper steps doing that. He didn't say why he's so busy and why, you know, what's taking up his time right now to where he can't uh, explain all this, but uh, he had to run off. Uh, next thing he did was, uh, was post this. Um, he posted... Um, a little bit later, about ten minutes after that, uh, Kevin Wright, uh, Johnny's friend, who who did the uh, podcast with him and Brandon for a while, and he was also, uh, I mean, yeah, he he was on, he's, on the he was Iron on Man every podcast. season, yeah, he was on every pretty much every, every episode. episode of Filthy Limper Radio as well as uh, 
the Iron Man podcast. Yeah. He said, Johnny, don't compound this anymore. I'm sure you do not want to self-incriminate, but everyone deserved a breakdown of what you owe and to whom. So this is Jacob's list. Project SEP Investors, 5200 22 q 2550 Brandon, 900 Mark, 550 Pikachar, $3,000, not including Project SEP money. He claims it's 3000 for a reason we'll explain shortly, not 6000 I also owe small debts to Kevin and Tim that are not included in these numbers. They are collectively less than 500 I'm done here for now. My actions will be what makes the determination on how I am viewed. That is, isn't that true? But uh, um, so we well, don't not know. that it matters, but I know for a fact that collectively the debts uh, owed to Kevin and Tim far exceed five hundred. Far far exceed five hundred. So so uh, that, that was what he said. That was the breakdown. No, no reason why twenty two Q is only twenty five fifty. Where if you add that to the 2021 that they received that's only yeah, 47 something so where where the other almost two thousand dollars go we, we don't have an answer to that one uh 5200 for project sept instead of five thousand that's because he double showed sold shares which i'll explain shortly uh and and the Pikachar thing why is it three thousand instead of six thousand well because when Pikachar was kind of panicking that uh something may be going very wrong here uh he reluctantly agreed with jacep to do a buyout where he gives away his part of Vegas Poker Radio back to Jacep in exchange for three thousand dollars to get three thousand of his six thousand back, and and of course uh, now now uh, he never got this money back he never got anything back, but so Jacep is now absolving himself of the other three thousand he scammed uh, <laughs> that that he scammed uh, Pikachu out of because Pikachu you know, wanted the buyout because Jacep was so shady. Talking talk about shitty. So I, as far as I'm concerned, he owes Pikachu back the whole 6000 since he, he lied to him in the first place to get him to pay 6000 But uh, anyway, uh, that, let me tell you the, show you the next Whopper that, uh, that, that he posted here. Um, this was, uh, or actually, before we get to that, that Whopper, let me tell you the final post he made yesterday. The final post he made yesterday, Druff can probably verify that I have not viewed this site or a thread in days. I was unaware of my probation officer's information being posted. What would you like me to say, Brandon? I've told the absolute truth here. There isn't much more I can do or say. Everything I said is the God's honest truth. I want to make things right. Now, has he viewed the site? Well, of course I looked at the server logs, and I haven't seen him viewing the uh, this thread prior to the, for these posts he made yesterday. But, 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 but. He's very aware that I look in server logs when a scammer disappears to see if that scammer is lurking because I did that to Templar and announced it on radio and posted about it. Jason was very aware of that. So Jason thought he's going to be clever and he'll browse the site from his phone or, or from somebody, some other computer or from some other internet connection and then claim he wasn't browsing it. There's no chance he didn't read this. He read every word. And, and uh, I'll tell you what I did see. That on January first, sorry, January thirty first, when this was all breaking out, he did appear very briefly on the site. Didn't open any threads, but almost like he accidentally opened it under his regular IP and thought, "Oh shit, I better close it. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not supposed to be here." So that's what I did see. So uh, I like how he wants me to verify that. But here comes the next whopper. He told. Here, here comes a uh, whopper number three. 
I guess number three in the uh, explanations, not uh, Whopper. It, it, as far as total lies he's told, it's, it's more than that. It's probably more like 3,000 as far as total lies he's told. This was posted today at 1.30. First, let me apologize to Kevin, Brandon, and Mark. I put them in bad spots with all of this, and it was never my intention. Those guys worked very hard and should be commended for their efforts. I'm truly sorry to all of them for the way this turned out, and I hope one day to show them that my words are sincere. Also, I'd like to apologize to Joe Ucello, that's Joe U, and his family. Joe, his wife, and children have always shown me to be good people with big hearts. I'm ashamed that I've caused any embarrassment to them, and I want them to know how dearly, deeply sorry I am. I would also like to apologize to the 22Q Foundation. My intention from the onset was to reflect the organization in a positive light and drive exposure to the cause. Through my action, I've given a negative press to the foundation, and I apologize to them. I would like an opportunity to make amends with the foundation above and beyond financial responsibility. I would like to do volunteer work as well as help the charity in any capacity uh, to both benefit the cause and rebuild any damage that I may have done. There's no way. Can you imagine Can you imagine them hiring the guy who scammed them to go do volunteer work for them? I would like to do volunteer work as well as help the charity in any capacity to help benefit the cause and rebuild any damage that I may have done and also maybe scam them a little bit more. All personal donations during the podcast went directly from donor to charity. I had no access to that at all. I was updated on donations that coupled with personal pledges people gave is what reflected in the donation tally. The money I was responsible for breaks down as follows. There was 2600 deposited total through various methods, some cash, some PayPal, some green dot, and some based on, based on good faith or credit, if you will. After it was said and done, I sent out $700 in cash outs. This is from that little poker room we talked about earlier. This left a balance of 1900 Over the course of the podcast, I lost 300 in various donation gains for me personally. I have no idea how the, uh, the, the amount that my co-host lost during those games. I kept a pad and pen next to me during the show and kept notes on my personal losses. A relative also pledged 350 to the charity that was given to me in cash. This creates a total of 2550 that I'm personally responsible to handle. People have been pressuring me to say things that simply are not true. I did not take this money to Atlantic City and lose it. And what he's referring to here is that during the entire 22Q podcast, he kept talking about how he's going to be going to Atlantic City after he sleeps off the 50 hours that he stayed up. He's going to go to Atlantic City. He has this whole trip planned. Well, you know what money he was using for that trip. I mean, he he sounded so excited about this Atlantic City trip, and you know why, because he finally had money to gamble with. He's like, oh, boy, these suckers. Oh, another donation. Oh, Atlantic City's going to be a good time for me. Uh, so so uh, he's saying that he didn't gamble to win Atlantic City. And I did not pay personal bills with this money. I did make poor decisions all throughout the process, however. Now, here comes the, the dumbest lie he's told yet, even dumber than the tax one. A friend of mine needed money, and I loaned it to her with the, uh, uh, with the expectation that she had money coming in. She was supposed to receive the money, get a cashier's check, and donate the money all within 30 days. So he's, he's saying here he gave money to some woman that, you know, that was supposed to go to 22Q instead of sending it to them that uh, he gave it to some woman he knew. The total I gave her was $2,000 and it was to be paid back 2400 So, uh, you know, she's supposed to be paying $400 interest and, and then send this, I guess, all over to the foundation. She showed me a copy of a cashier check about a month later. It was also around this time that we were no longer in a physical relationship together and we're seeing other people. I was not very diligent in this process, and that is my responsibility. So he claims he did see a cashier's check, 
Uh, he didn't say he was made out to be. He saw a cashier's check for that amount, but it, but he just saw it, but he didn't check what happened to it. It was part of a series of poor decisions that I made all in the second half of 2012. I have reached out to her several times with ultimatums and dates, etc. This is the only reason why I have not provided her name. She is still inside the window that I gave her to come up with the money, and she promises me full compensation upon receiving her income tax return by the end of this month. This is the absolute truth, and there's nothing more to it. I understand if people do not believe me, but at this point, I don't have a reason to be dishonest. <laughs> he doesn't have a reason to be dishonest. He's he's been dishonest uh, for years. And never told a, a, a never made a true statement in the past few years, but he has no reason to be dishonest. Not at all. So, um, I take personal responsibility for the debt owed to the charity. I have no one to blame but myself. The charity has twenty five fifty in outstanding debt that is owed to them. I will make a monthly payment of two fifty five on the first of each month for eleven months. Proof of payment will be emailed directly to Joe Yu, and he can decide if he posts that information. The eleventh month will represent interest on that money. Now, now, before I continue here, Brandon, do you think the first of this month is convenient since we're only on February fifth? Yeah, it, it gives them a lot of time here to stall us. I mean, it's like it, it can't be uh, the tenth of this month. It's got to be the first. It's uh, Druff, uh How many? Uh... I mean, I, we lost track, but roughly how many Kobe burgers do you owe me? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, 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 just, I, we went down one last time, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, but it's still up there. But just I don't. It doesn't matter. Two. Really, you know. Oh, Jeff, don't Jimmy. I think it's a little higher. I, I, I'll, 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 say, I'll, I'll say three, but I'll give you, I'll give you a chance. I'll give you three. Uh, you know, I'll give you four to one. Meaning, I'll actually, you'll be unstuck, and I'll owe you a Kobe burger. If you can guess what I am simultaneously doing right now while we're on radio. Uh, wow. I mean, I, I don't lose anything if I get it wrong, right? No, I'll just okay. give you a free it's roll. It's a freebie. Wow, it's a free roll. So it's kind of like a Jason free roll. Okay. Yes. Um, what you're doing is we're on radio here. I, I'll give you one hint. I mean, it's a very vague uh, question. Um, it's something... That I've only done a handful of times, a, a few, well, yeah, I'll say a handful of times in the last five years. You know, I was going to guess masturbating, but I guess that wouldn't qualify anymore. The, you know, the correct answer is I am, as we speak, replying to a comment made by the great almighty Mason Malmuth oh. on 2 Plus 2, <laughs> in which he wrote, <clears throat> and I'm taking exception with this, and I encourage others to do so as well. Just because of the wording and that self-loathing man just sitting there gloating, thinking that uh, you know he is just the almighty. Uh... <clears throat> Anyhow, he wrote uh, earlier. To, and this is a part I'm quoting, but there's 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 other parts. Earlier today, Tuesday, we had an approximate 30-minute conversation, phone conversation with Steve Ruddick concerning his original article, which we took strong exception to, and the events surrounding the exposure of the charity event which now appears to be a scam. Now, what I'm taking exception to, and you can please, as I always tell you, if if you disagree, tell me, uh, is the fact that him referencing the charity event as a scam. Yeah, of course. The the charity event was not a scam. It was one person that committed a a despicable act, okay, notwithstanding the, the dozens of other people that donated their time and their energy and their resources in doing something positive, and that's how he phrases it, a charity event which now appears to be a scam. 
And uh, that just, I, uh, I want to thank, uh, I have to see, someone tweeted at me uh, notifying, it's not like I sit and browse 2 plus 2. Sean is money. He actually tweeted at both of us that uh, Malamuth had just made a response about it, and I'm, I'm posting a response. And, uh, you know, I don't ever tell anyone, do, how, do what you want to do and how you honestly feel, but if you agree with me that that is just him spinning words and just a, an awful way to phrase something, uh, that just uh, just is. Uh, I don't even know if I, adding salt to the uh, to a wound is a correct term. It's just. Well, I, I have a feeling a, you won't be you won't be there any longer because he's already banned two people in that thread simply well, for uh, not. Steve actually him. was unbanned for uh, apologizing to. Yeah, him. he he banned Steve O and said he has to apologize to be unbanned, and then yeah, also banned Pikachar too. For so, no good anyway, reason. I don't I don't encourage people to do something just because uh, of your feelings towards me personally. But if you feel as if. Uh, the way he's phrasing this and the way he's trying to spin this is 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 incorrect and and just demeaning what we tried to accomplish. Uh, please just make your feelings known to him, like I'm about to. But yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. So the rest of this Jacob thing was, I re- if I receive the money, then it will be paid immediately. As is referring to that woman that he gave it to, supposedly. I'm holding out hope for this, but I'm not going to continue to wait without giving the charity a definitive plan for them to receive funds. So the payments listed above are what I personally guarantee to the charity. Oh, he personally guarantees it. Well, that's, that's got to be ironclad. If I have the ability to pay it off faster, I will absolutely do so. I have spoken to some people and still need to speak to others, but between this post and the post that I made last night, the entire truth is out there and there's nothing more. You know, as opposed to the other truth about uh, the absolute truth, uh, the God's honest truth that he gave this to someone for tax purposes. He, he forgot about that. That just that just kind of falls off. When he tells a new lie, the previous one falls off. You know, the, the previous lie that's the absolute God's honest truth just doesn't exist anymore. You're, just for, you're supposed to forget that, even though it was just yesterday. You're supposed to forget that he wrote that and has moved on to a new lie that he thinks is more believable, even though it's less believable. Uh, I'm beginning the process of rebuilding and making things right starting today, and I'm hoping that over the coming weeks and months, everyone sees that I've done everything in my power to accomplish this. That's the last thing he's written. Well, he's changing his story over and over. He's basically, uh, he's doing what Absolute Poker and UB did when their scandal was going on. They, they kept floating out various ridiculous stories. Remember when they said that a hacker was testing the system to see uh, what he could get away with, but wasn't going to actually keep the money? Uh, it, it was uh, a few inside employees, that, that uh, low-level employees who did some bad things. They, they tried all these different stories, seeing what the public would buy. Uh, this is what Jacob's trying to do. He's, he's floating different lies and... and Terrible lies. I mean, he, you would think he could put more thought into this. You would think that, I guess he's not as good of a liar as, as he thinks he is. These are really, really poor lies. Like, uh, like he, he spends like a day in between each of these posts, so why not come up with something better? Why, why not better than I gave it to someone for tax purposes and, uh, and I can't verify it anymore, and, uh, or I gave it to a, a woman as a loan? Like, why is he giving the charity to a, money to a woman as a loan? But, but, the, but that he's given her, even though it's been five months, that she's still within the window to repay it, so he can't name her, nor can he name that other person who uh, who did it for tax purposes. Like uh, th- these are the lies he's floating out there, and I-, I don't know if he's dumb enough to believe that anyone would ever buy this. But uh, that's what he apparently thinks. So he's floating out these new lies every time, and and just these uh, lies these lies supersede the previous lie where you're not supposed to put them together and say, well, wait a minute, if this is the truth, what would happen to the truth yesterday that contradicts this? That doesn't matter with him. Uh, He also won't address whether he actually played or not on this 5K BAP or whether it was just direct stealing. 
Because direct stealing is even worse than a free roll. Uh, to free roll the community is to where you play, and uh, if you win, you pay them. Um, or sorry, if you win, you uh, you claim you broke even and just give them their money back. And, and if you lose, then then uh, then they lose. So there's no way they can win. They can either break even, or uh, or they can lose. Well, here you didn't even have a chance to break even. He just took it all. So it's even worse than a free roll. So anyway, uh, obviously the community did not fall for this and got really angry, and, and he's vanished again. Now, as you heard from the beginning of the show when Handicap Me called in, who was saying that he's going to make sure Jacob's brought to justice, and, and keep in mind, Jacob is on probation. Um, he is on probation for identity theft and committing a financial crime with the identity. you got to think that if he goes... To prison for this That you know It'll be a lot More of a stiff sentence Since he's on probation Since he already has Committed a financially Related crime In in recent times It'd be a lot more Stiff of a sentence Than it just if uh, Someone with no record Did this So he's, he's looking at Some real Potential Jail time here Prison time Not just county jail But real potential Prison time And he knows it And that's why he's Trying to talk his way Out of this Um all right, hold on. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Tell me, Jeff, uh, and I guess the chat. I'm, I'm even. I've never even done this before. I'm going to preview before I hit submit my post, just to see if uh, my point is made, and if you think anything or listeners think anything should be made or adjusted. As some, this is my response to Mason. As someone who stayed awake for 50 plus hours co-hosting the Iron Man podcast, benefiting. 22Q deletion syndrome and spending countless hours beforehand in preparation, it is unfair and misleading to label the charity event a scam. Out of the dozens of people that donated their time and efforts, one person sickeningly stole money that was intended for children with 22Q deletion syndrome. To apply that the event was a scam is inaccurate and and irresponsible. Warm regards, Brandon Gerson. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and submit it. I love saying warm regards, by yeah. the way. <laughs> That's like the only positive out of all this on two plus two. So, okay. uh, so let me let me tell you guys uh, about Jacep. What I feel he owes everybody. This is what I feel he owes everyone. First of all, he owes six k to Pikachar because he he sold him twenty percent based upon total false pretenses. It was a scam. He owes that to him. He owes everybody back the money for that 5k BAP, including the pieces he double sold. The double selling happened when people like Brandon and a few others pulled out, and then he sent private messages to people saying, well, these people pulled out, and I've refunded their money, so uh, who would like to buy their parts? And then some people did. So he owes that money, too, that was double sold. Of course, the reason it was double sold is because these people never got their money back. So he claimed he's giving those people a refund, claimed they got their refund, and then sold their pieces that hadn't actually been refunded yet. So uh, he owes all the sh- the money for all the shares he sold for that BAP. Uh, he owes the money for the 22Q Foundation that was stolen. Now, he says 2550 and he actually volunteered that uh, $350 was donated uh, from a relative, which we wouldn't have even known. So that that's included in the 2550 according to him. Uh, but let me tell you what we need to do to figure out the true amount. Is we need to see his PayPal account. And if Jacob wants to make this right, if he wants this, if he wants even the slightest bit 
of respect that he's attempting to do the right thing. He needs to give me or Brandon or somebody else trusted access to his PayPal account, the password, and you know, being able to freely look at everything. And this PayPal account will probably reveal both what he actually received from Blind Squirrel every month for Vegas Poker Radio and how much Brandon and uh, and China Maniac were cheated out of. And in addition, by the way, he collected another two fifty from China Maniac for. Okay, we're re- I don't know what our problem. Why we're having so many off the air? Yeah, we're back on the air. I don't know why we've okay. had so many connection problems tonight, but I apologize to people for that. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's really just uh, problems with with the internet where I am. That uh, you know what? I come back and this is what I get. That's what you get, Brandon. When you were gone, it was actually working pretty well. When you were gone, everything was fine. But uh, yeah, I think we're back now. Uh, I apologize, and people listening to the archives, this may be... Are you using of, the 495 site, Jeff, and you're just not telling us? I, I might switch to that. Maybe that's what I need. But uh, I want to apologize people listening to the archives. If it's a little bit jumpy, where it like, jumps from the middle of a sentence to this, that means that there was a cutout from the uh, radio. But uh, what I was saying before the cutoff was that in order to make things whole, uh, in addition to the paying back all the bat money, including the double sold shares... In addition to the, uh, we, we need access to his PayPal account, basically. We need to inspect his PayPal to figure out what was scammed, and especially what was deposited into that poker room, that little temporary poker room he ran to collect money for the charity that was never sent, that he kept for himself, or, or if you want to believe him, that he either gave to someone for t- a tax write-off or, uh, or gave to some, uh, some woman as a loan that she never actually submitted. That money, we need to figure out how much was actually went into that poker room and went out of that poker room, because presumably that all went through PayPal, or just about all of it did. So we'll get to see how much was deposited into his PayPal and how much was sent back out. He claims $700 was cashed out, but we don't know of $700 worth that was cashed out. We don't. We only know of about 100 something that went out of that room that was actually sent to people as a cash out. The, the, we don't thinks it's anywhere near 700 but we'll see from the PayPal. I need access to Jacep's PayPal so we can inspect this and we can see what he really scammed from the charity. I just got PM A. Brown's in his uh, PayPal right now. <laughs> <laughs> and and if Jacep doesn't want to provide us access to that PayPal, then uh, first of all, the, the police will probably see it anyway. I'm sure they'll be able to get a warrant to, to see this once the investigation gets rolling. But uh, if he doesn't want to voluntarily give it, then he, then he is not interested in making this right. He's only interested in making part of it right, if any. And keep in mind, these are all empty promises right now. Oh, I'll make this right. Oh, I'll get a job. Oh, I'll pay interest. That, that means nothing unless you actually pay. And that doesn't mean just pay the first month. That doesn't mean have us wait until the first of the month. He's made all these different promises to people. that he's gonna. He sent an e-check to Brandon last week. Uh, for his- two, of the, two of them bounced, but yeah. It, yeah, for a thousand dollars. The texts are in the official thread, but yes. Yeah, there for are a two th- that bounced. A thousand dollars that bounced. He's, he promised everybody they're going to be paid by February. I had one 6th. for thirty-six dollars and eighty cents. It bounced. When this all broke, when this whole thing, the story broke on January thirty-first, he calmed his investors or tried. To, he didn't calm them. He tried to calm them by saying, "By February sixth, you'll all be paid. Don't worry." Of course, they're not going to be paid. That's tomorrow. But I, I, I can see the future already. You're not going to be paid, and you guys all know that. Uh, so saying on the first he's going to start making monthly payments is BS. He just wants to buy another month here. Uh, but uh, if he really is serious about doing this, he will give us access to look what went into that 
PayPal and what went out and what he really owes, and maybe it'll expose some other people who were scammed for various things. So he needs to pay. The, let us have access to that, uh, whatever we determine, and of course we'll make it very public what we determined and what we found, and you know make the process very transparent. He has to pay that the six k to Pikachar, the uh, w- whatever he scammed from Brandon and China regarding Vegas Poker Radio, including the two fifty he took from China, and including the uh, all the money he claimed was spent on the server when he's actually only spending five bucks a month. You know the real profits. He needs to pay two thirds of that back out to uh, to his partners uh, who have since resigned. I don't know if we've said this already. They they both resigned, China Maniac and uh, Brandon. Uh, a little while ago, but uh, before all well, I actually resigned a while ago. Yeah. I just I was hoping that it wouldn't turn into what this became. I, again, I didn't have any inclination. I had hoped that to keep it as private and as peaceful as possible. Um, but then, obviously, these events occurred, and that was no longer uh, you know that 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 couldn't happen. So. Yeah, I do so, want to make that clear that, that this isn't something I did not resign before I did not resign when the BAP started. I resigned before the BAP, before day one of the BAP had even taken place. Uh it just I did not make it public, nor did China or uh Jacep. And for a while it was looking like Jacep and China were just gonna go at it together and that, that was fine. I, I I you know gave up equity uh, in the site, I never, I didn't ask for anything in return. I, I told them they both could split my shares. I just wanted to walk away peacefully. And then again, obviously, once uh, it became apparent to China what was going on uh, was was beyond just some questions that we had in regards to business ethics. China immediately resigned as well. Yeah, and the, so the my the point I'm trying to make here is that he needs to not only pay every bit he ever scammed from this community. But he also needs to prove that he didn't scam more. He needs to let us see things like his PayPal that will prove that there wasn't more that was scammed. And maybe there will still be a few things we can't find that he was able to do under the table in some way. But he needs to give us access to see everything if he really wants to make this right. We can't just take his word for it with these outrageous stories about uh, uh, cashing out 700 for the poker room, uh, giving money to some girl as a loan that was supposed to go to the charity. We can't believe any of these stories. The other thing I do want to address, uh, and I I don't have much more energy in me guys. And and I I know I don't, I'm not, I don't want to sound like, uh, uh, a, a hero and all this because I'm not, if anything, I feel a lot of responsibility, but literally for the last, uh, 10 days, my days have consisted of waking up and, uh, seeing tons of, text messages or voicemails left, whether it's from Joe, from, from Kevin, from Pikachu, from China, uh, from others and, and, and responding and talking and having conference calls and, and just exchanging emails and other things. And I, I've literally spent probably eight to 10 hours every day, uh, for the last week on this, whether it be on radio, whether it be on the phone, on Skype. So I, I'm physically drained. Uh, but what I do want to, uh, uh, share with everyone is I did speak with uh, and I, I'm sorry I don't want this to be a teaser but I just I have to, to say what I can say I did speak with uh, Jacob's parole officer today for about 20 minutes um, I also spoke with uh, a detective in the fraud and theft department at uh, I, don't know, I probably shouldn't say uh, this. well you know it doesn't matter in Johnson Rhode Island which is 
this was already posted, so that's fine. I'm going to go ahead and say it. In Johnson, Rhode Island, where uh, the this crime took place, where he was a resident of, and uh, other than that, what I can say is that uh, the, motion, the, the wheels are already in motion in terms of them being notified. Uh, the beginning steps have, have begun, and really, other than that, there's there's nothing that I can say. Um, and, and a lot of that is because I was advised by uh, the people that I spoke with in law enforcement that anything that I say uh, at this point, at least, uh, whether it be on radio or uh, whether it, it be in print, can only hurt uh, us going forward. But I just want everyone to know, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll even go in as far as to say, because I, I was, he told me that I could say this as well. China also spoke with uh, his probation officer as well today, this morning. And uh, another thing, I know from speaking with uh, the probation officer, the, the detective that I spoke with had not mentioned that uh, he had been contacted. Other people uh, besides myself in China ha- have called and spoke with her. In fact, one of the first things that she said to me is, who is this guy for bet? And why does he keep saying I so called it? Um, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but in all seriousness, um, you know, uh, it, it was brought up that she's received an, a number of calls. And as Druff pointed out, it, it, I, you know, it's not going to hurt the cause, but you know, the, let these people do their jobs inundating them with the same calls is, is, if anything, maybe going to piss them off. Maybe. I mean, who knows? I, you know, I got a good feeling from this woman. She was very polite and cooperative and understanding to and sympathetic to her cause, but just inundating with the same repetitive statements, uh, you know, may, may make somebody just want to work less, may frustrate them, may just add to their stress level. Who knows? But I just want everyone to be rest assured that, uh, the beginning stages in, in regards of that have already started. And again, not that there's really much I can say anyhow, um, because nothing, you know, obviously it just was uh, the beginning stages. I was told that it would jeopardize, you know, everything that, that, that we're working to achieve here. If I just make any public statements um, at all about what I, what, what I've been advised, what I was told, what, what's going on, especially because of forums, radio, other people involved that are hearing it, so on and so forth. Uh, you, you all can get the message, but um, again, I, and I know, you know, Druff, not that anyone would, would just believe me and not believe me or not believe Druff or not believe China, but Druff can validate the fact that I put a lot of energy and in, in this, in the last two weeks. And I, and as I stated in my post, I, you know, accept responsibility for things that, that I should have handled different. And, and a hundred percent, I swear to all of you, know, none of it was, none of it was, uh, done maliciously. Everything that just appears that, uh, you know, I could have handled differently. It was just inadvertently done. There was never any intent, uh, any malice. I never even thought things that I, for the life of me, I never thought I'd be back in this position again. And I know China, this is the last thing he wanted to be involved in. And, uh, you know, that's all I can really say. You know, I, I, I will do everything I can. I know China will, I know others are as well to make this right. And, uh, you know, whatever the uh, outcome is, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see, um, and let the legal system and other means just, play out and that's all we can really do but uh and and the other thing i do want to make uh everyone aware of there's some talk about that i really seriously encourage everyone uh not to harass his family i can tell you that uh members of his family are already aware of this 
the reason why, uh, and when I say we're, I mean they know what what has gone on, the, the extent of what has gone on. The reason why I know this is I know that Tim Bird has uh, who attempted to make contact with Jacob at first, and 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 Jacob would not reply. Uh, contacted members of his family and made them aware of what was going on. Um, so, uh, and 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 by all accounts from people that have known his family, uh, and I guess when I say family, I really mean uh, just again to be on- totally completely honest with everyone, his father and his brother. Uh, I know I don't know much about his mother. Uh, there hasn't been any information really said to me, but I know from what I've been told, both his father and his brother are decent, hardworking, good people. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't deserve to be harassed. They know this, the situation and, uh, just, you know, I ask everyone, please, you know, that's, it's just, that's not what we're about. It's not the right way to handle things at this point. And, uh, there's no need to harass or, 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 you know, just if, for those that felt maybe letting them know may, may help, uh, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna help the situation. And again, they're already aware. So just, uh, you know, at this point, uh, you know, we have to just let it play out. And again, everyone has to realize, you know, this isn't like law and order where, you know, in three weeks, this is resolved. I mean, anyone that's ever been a victim in, in, in litigation or you know, a defendant or even a plaintiff knows, you know, litigating the criminal justice system, these things take sometimes years to play out. So anyone even just thinking that it's as simple as, you know, call the police, show them a paper put him in jail. It's not that easy guys. That's, that's, that's not how it works. That um, seems like so. a huge deal to me. <laughs> Perfect timing as always. But, uh, so again, everyone just realized, you know, it's not like there's going to be an outcome tomorrow to this, uh, you know, at least from a, a legal perspective, uh, Jeff, anything you want to add? They always blame it on me. Jesus, where'd you find these? Where do you find the time, Druff? <laughs> but seriously, though, is there anything that, that you want to uh, add or, or just emphasize it that I might not have? Oh, God, here it comes. This is going to be a good one, I have a feeling. For some reason, this one's not loading. Damn Ugh, damn it. come on, we got to get that timing down better for 2013. Yeah, you know, it, it is actually funny though, and and you know, I know Todd would tell us you want a bracelet. You know, people do know you that that just in, in the real life. The one thing that struck me as odd when I was talking with the detective today, and he was asking me several questions. One of the questions he did ask me, and I guess I mean, if I'm blowing up spots here, you know, I'm just using my own intuition and and, and common sense and thinking I can say this. One of the questions that he asked me that I just didn't even know, understand, or think was relevant was he asked if I knew if it was true or false if Todd would tell us indeed was on a cruise with Lacey Jones back in 2010. And I I just, I just said, I I have no comment. To be honest with you, I'm not sure, but I know it sounds pretty cool. (laughs) At least I laughed a little bit. See, this is, this is what I want. You know, I hope, uh, after all this is resolved, I can la- come on and have fun and just laugh. You know, you know, Jason. Uh, a lot of people said that at first that he probably isn't that bad of a person and is just someone who uh, is is overly optimistic with with how he's going to do in poker and with with uh, how well his website's going to do. And uh, you know, one person said that uh, that he's just a kid with a dream. <laughs> And people said, said uh, Johnny, Johnny, uh, 
you you uh, you brought up you, you made this whole long apology post at first. You didn't bring up the Twenty Two Q Foundation at all. Like, how could you not address the biggest point, the biggest uh, thing we're concerned about? And his response was simply, "Oh, that's a good question." <laughs> and you uh, said, "Johnny, what, what's going on here? I, I just found the server is four ninety five a month. He said it costs uh, one twenty a month. That's what we've been uh, hearing for months now. So, uh, what have you done? You've been ripping me off." And I'll be honest with you, Brandon. <laughs> so, so uh, Johnny, um, are, are, uh, do, you, do you think now that uh, you think there's a good chance that uh, you're going to go to jail for all this? Johnny? Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> How did you do this? Did you do this before air? That's amazing. Where did you even find them? Uh, oh. Johnny, um, I, I think the only way you can get out of this one, me laugh. the only way you can get out of this is if you take all the money that I said you owe before, it probably adds up to like fifteen, seventeen thousand dollars I haven't added it all yet, but uh, um, you're going to have to send it to me and I will distribute it to the victimized parties. Uh, do you think that sounds like a good idea, Johnny? I put my faith in you. <laughs> and and Johnny, um, I, I know that you're still insisting you didn't roll the 22Q Foundation. You're you're, you're saying that uh, it was actually I'm not sure you, you've told a few different stories, but that it was uh, somebody who was taking credit for the taxes, the tax write-off, and that they ended up not actually sending the money and running off with it. And then some woman you gave it to as a loan. And uh, I, I mean, you've given good explanations for what's happened to this money. Uh, why is everyone being so tough on you? Why, why are they claiming it's your fault? They always blame it on me. Wow. So, so uh, Johnny, uh, what 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 do you think your parole officer said when Brandon called her today and told her all the details that you're involved in yet another scam? Oh man, it happened again. Where are you getting these? This is great. You're making me laugh, but it's the first time I've smiled in, in quite some time. <laughs> I mean, it's, again, it's not to make light of the situation, but how can you not? Those are great. Those are like the best songs you've ever put together. I mean, regardless of any any subject. So, so Brandon, uh, sorry, Brett, no, yeah. I, yeah, sorry, yeah, Johnny, Johnny. Um, I I need a complete and concise explanation for what happened with that entire 5k that you collected for the BAP actually 5200 like did, did you actually play or, or did you just take it all the way like like tell us very clearly what happened with that money I need to know I feel like you're I, I feel like uh... alright uh, and okay so uh, uh, but, but really um, Johnny you've done something really bad here and uh, really, really bad. And and you do have to pay the community back, and, and you, you probably have to spend some time in jail to uh, atone for your sins here. And uh, I, I think you agree you've done some really bad things, and that it's, it's kind of time to pay the piper. Will you at least admit that? Um, can we get a freebie? Oh, boy. So... And, and what did you say? I know you said you didn't really read the thread, but you you, you had to have opened it at some point because you responded to it. Uh, what what was your first reaction when uh, when you noticed that uh, Brandon and China Maniac came forward and uh, exposed all your scamming? What was your first reaction? 
That's not good. <laughs> okay, that's a. Uh, that, that's all the sound. Good fun. work. That's all the sound bites. Oh, sorry, I do. I do have one more. I have one more here. Um, this is uh, so. So Johnny, um, when you were thinking of understating the amount of money that was uh, donated to Twenty Two Q, I know you were a little bit concerned that maybe other people are adding up all the money at home and and, and figuring it out. Uh, I know there was one person in particular you were worried about that was actually tallying along with you and might be able to notice the discrepancy. Uh, what was it that you asked that person that night when uh, they told you that they were uh, interested in the amount that was being donated? Are you writing no? Are you taking notes right now? <laughs> okay, that, that's all the sound like. Pretty funny. So actually, these uh, I, I can't take credit for these. These uh, these actually were sent to me by. Can I take a guess? Yeah. For a burger, and I have no idea. Oh, I, I can't do it for a burger. But it, who who do you think it is? I'm gonna guess Crow Diddley. I'm glad I didn't bet you. It was Crow Diddley. Ah, damn it! Why can't you bet me? I, I, I swear to you, and he'll he'll even vouch in the chat. I, I no inside information. I just he I, I knew it had to be him. I oh well, I guess inside information because I knew he had thinking back short clips he had made. Uh, back in the day, but uh, damn, that, that's what I was afraid. That, that yeah. really was a guess. It, uh, it wasn't. I didn't. I, I actually. So, now, I, I did make up these questions on the spot. Yeah, but, it was uh, way but too these, these were his. Uh, these were his clips, and I thought they were uh, great. Yeah. And I, I did. And, you know, I think I might have mentioned, but he's somebody else that uh, that helped a lot with twenty two Q, and um, you know, I, and whether you know he he is PFA's greatest poster, but I know that he feels. I think I can safely say on his behalf, he feels sickened because he was someone that also liked Johnny and, and I, some degree or even maybe a strong degree trusted him as well. And I know uh, whether he says it publicly or not, I know he, he feels betrayed and disgusted because, uh, you know, he did a lot. He did a lot to help uh, VPR. He did a lot to help Johnny personally. He did a lot to help things that I was involved with. And uh, again, uh, you know, never asked for anything in return. You know, never wanted He's anything. A kid with never, a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that kid too. P L O L. I mean, he—that's uh, the He's real just kid. A kid with, with a dream. dream. Yeah, and he uh, donated time to Twenty Two Q, a ton of money, and uh, just always, you know. I mean, I, I don't know. What to wait, say. wait. I, I actually just... have one more question for Johnny here. Yeah. John, Johnny, uh, um, I know that you're annoyed that I'm not buying your uh, your explanation that you only owe the Twenty Two Q Foundation twenty five fifty. You had to have figured out that I was going to at some point uh, put the numbers together and, and, and realize this, isn't that right? Oh, you're good at math, very good. <laughs> well, Jeff, if nothing else, you guys are making me at least smile. That's pretty funny. <laughs> What is the one I did it again? Do the probation officer one more time. That was my favorite one. Johnny, you've already can, been convicted once of a felony, and, and now you're facing another one. Any comment? Oh, man, it happened again. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's great. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Druff, what am I doing wrong here? I just kind of wanted something of my own, something that just, you know, I had that just, I mean, you know, am, am I, I mean, were they warning signs? I mean, back then, should I have, something I should have seen? Yeah, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to say this in hindsight. I guess, you know, if I had to give advice to the, just the whole community in general, 
Um, and and this may seem obvious now, but uh, anytime anybody comes out asking for money for some sort of stake or something, you you've got to make sure that everything adds up. And if there's even like five percent that doesn't add up. Don't give them any money. Don't ever trust them. Oh, um, ESPN breaking news: Malmuth has responded. Oh, well, I, 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 I don't know what it is. Well, I got I to give. Uh, I got to put the, the sound effect. I'm just on. scrolling down to it. I'm not tell ready. Don't breaking news. You know, that's not how you do things here. When I guess it's... Okay. Now, now I screwed up the sound effect. You got me all nervous here. Let me try it again. Well, now it actually appears a post was put back up after Ahmad deleted it. But funny <laughs> enough, Ma- and this is Bootsy's comment, funny enough, Mason, I wrote Mason a very well-articulated, uh, polite statement, which I read before, and I'll read again. As someone who stayed awake, in fact, I'm sorry, let me even say what Mason wrote. Mason's comment was, that earlier today we we had approximately a 30-minute conversation, and when he says we, it was him and Matt Sklansky, with uh, Matt, I never leave the house, Sklansky, uh, conversation with Steve Ruddick concerning his original article we took strong exception to, and the events surrounding the exposure of the charity event, which now appears to be a scam, okay? And then I replied, as someone who stayed awake for 50-plus hours co-hosting the Iron Man podcast, benefiting 22Q delete. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's unfair and misleading. Hello? Yeah, we, we lost oh. you, Brandon. I, I think this is on your end this time. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. It is unfair and misleading to label the charity event a scam. Out of the dozens of people that donated their time and efforts, one person sickeningly stole money that was intended for children with 22Q deletion syndrome. To imply that the event was a scam and is inaccurate, uh, is inaccurate and irresponsible. Warm regards, Brandon Gerson. Now, this is what Bootsy writes. Mason, you miserable, stupid... You old, miserable, stupid prick. And then, you know, it's, it's the little colon, the, the little things to block out prick. The charity podcast was not a scam. John Sepulveda is the only scammer in this situation. I personally donated 22Q included, playing the... Uh-oh. Brandon, you're, you're cutting out here. Do not give a shit about. You're using someone who has very little credibility as the sole source of your information on this incident, which shows a lack of ethics of how you run this shithole of a site. How you can look yourself in the mirror and not realize that you're a miserable human being is behind, behind uh, excuse me, beyond me. Tight life, Bootsy Collins. Now, Mason responds, but instead of even quote, he mistakenly referenced it in that manner. That was a slight and a direct dig yeah, of at, at us. A hundred percent. He didn't mistakenly, when he says, I, I should have chosen my words better. He knew what he, you know, I, I, uh, I, I guess, Jeff, you know, besides this situation, uh. You, you haven't even gotten any of the other parts of the show, huh? No, I haven't. We've had a real connection issue tonight. I, we, we've we've had a yeah. number of cutouts here, um, and I don't know. You know, the last month or so, I I don't know. It's it's weird, Brandon, because uh, when you were gone, we were doing very well. Even my broadcast from a secret location with a crappy hotel internet somehow uh, did not get well, cut off. The only thing I can tell you is is I'm in Las Vegas. I'm using Cox at the highest the highest speed modem possible. And when I've done other shows, funny enough, Mason Malamuth, as with my previous post, my error is now fixed. MM. Mm. Yeah, no, we're we're having uh, okay, we're, we're having uh, problems Issues. again here. So we're we're back. I'm going to have to at the end of the show. I'm going to have to, as much as it's a pain in the ass to do, I'll have to go edit this. 
I apologize for this tonight. Uh, seemed to get better for a while with some changes I made here, but uh, it's unfortunate. I'm not sure what to do about this. So what could it really be? Because even Danzo just pointed out the zone blitz, which was on for many, many hours the other night, didn't you know, that was two hours of Mark followed by three, four hours of Jason Stoll radio didn't get cut off once. Or what, what do you think it could be? I, I think what it is, it's the internet on this end. I, I, my internet here has some uh, pretty much cutouts, some inconsistencies. Now, now Skype, you know, you notice you stay on the phone with me the whole time, but I think Skype is willing to not crash like the radio does. I think the radio service is more sensitive. And uh, I think when I have a quick cutout in the internet, Skype survives through it and the radio doesn't. And then it uh, it cuts and then has reconnected. So People uh, are asking me to repeat the Mason story since all of it cut off, but... Uh, unless it really is a, a point of going over it again, reading it, I just pasted the the uh, the thread in in the chat, and anyone that's listening in the archives or not in the chat, you can just go to uh, two plus two and go to news, views, and gossip, and go to a thread that uh, says the the thread is titled "Twenty Two Q Foundation Ripped Off." And again, I, I don't encourage anyone to ever do anything just because I'm asking you to, unless you feel the same way about it as I do, but if indeed you do, please, and you have an account on, on this site, uh, on 2 plus 2, that is, I encourage you to go on there and let Mason know your feelings about uh, the way he labeled it and, and, and just his just self-serving, pompous, uh, throw salt in a wound for no reason in regards to uh, a sick individual that stole from a children's charity, and he's using that to say, hey, I was right. Uh, and and just overlooking the grand, but what should be the main issue here is that that children were 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 stolen from money raised by our community. Children were stolen from, and the fact of of, of who the scammer is. The issue should not be on uh, Mason Malamuth. I predicted this. I called this. You know, look at me. This is what the attention is. I mean, that just just shows you what kind of person he is. Um, you know, you think with, with 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 you know the what is it? Is it Belinda, Melinda, Malaya? And and Mason Foundation, remember what was the name yeah, of the Yeah, he has some wife? charity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he could easily just have said, you know what, guys, whatever money was stolen or a certain amount, I'll go ahead. I'm just going to send the difference. You know how much? And I mean, he never would do that. You know, but you know how much goodwill that would cause. I mean, and, and even if people questioned it, you know, but he wouldn't do that. You know, and these yeah. are children we're talking about. But anyhow, I'm not going to go on a rant about him. But anyhow, that's a thread. If you guys feel as if I do, or, or, or even if you don't, express yourself. And uh, I don't know. That's it's just uh, that guy's just going to die just the way he's always lived. I, he, there's never going to be any change in him. No, he's the way he not. is, and nothing's going to change that. Drop. So, so uh, let's you know. So I, I guess we'll put an end to this discussion right now. It's been a very almost three hours. We talked about Jacep, and I think we've said all that can be said. Uh, we will give you updates next week if we have any updates to give. Uh, but we'll see. And I, I don't think he's going to be paying anyone anything. If, if he does make this right. If he does start to make this right and continues and doesn't make us wait four weeks to get the first paltry payment, then uh, you know we'll start giving him a little credit for uh, attempting to make up for this whole thing. But uh, right now it's all just words, and right now it's just lie after lie after lie, and it'll start with him being honest with what's happening not to, and giving me access to the PayPal account to see what's going on with that and how much he really scammed. And until then... The rest is just all garbage that should not be believed, and you should not feel sorry for him, and you should not say, okay, great, he's going to make it right, because anyone can write, I'm going to make it right, 
But someone who's lied so many times and is still lying as part of his apologies, uh, he's going to have to take some action if, if we're going to believe anything and continue with these actions. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, th- there will be investigations. Uh, the phone number is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355, uh, 702-430-1808 is the Mount Charleston number. We have a call here from the 505 area code. Hello. Caller, turn on your radio, please. Yes, hang on just a sec. In case you um, missed it the first time. Something uh, that Jeff said earlier kind of um, struck me, and um, that is, you know, you're talking about scammers getting really mad and that that's a, a kind of trait of what happens to scammers. Um, well, when you accuse them. Uh, I was accused of a big scam, and I was very mad when that happened. Well, and, who, who um, are you? My name is Jack Bates. I wanted to do that little introduction first. I was a software engineer for UltimateBet.com, and then I was also a software engineer for FullTiltPoker.com. Okay. And um, as you're aware, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, there was uh, – <laughs> I guess I'm really good at picking them because both of those sites ended up having some real trouble, didn't they? Yeah, well, at, at, least, um, at least Full Tilt was not uh... – um, thought of to be scamming through their software, they just stole all the money. Uh, I think that I can comfortably say, because my non-disclosure agreement with them has expired, that that was not the case for sure, and that ethic was presented as the way that we would do business from the very first day I worked there. So wait a minute, you're so, saying that there was super using going on at Full Tilt also? No, I'm saying exactly the opposite. Oh, sorry if you misunderstood that. I'm saying that... Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it sounded to me as well as that that's what you were implying. Okay, I'm I'm definitely implying that from day one, it was told to me that there's not going to be any bullshit at this site. And uh, I'm talking about full tail poker. And, and you're talking, and, of course, in terms of the integrity of, of the games itself. That's correct. One of the things on my resume is that I was in charge of game integrity. Okay, so uh, so, so I did now, that there. Now, now, who accused you of stealing or being a scammer? Well, I've had a lot of very rude phone calls and emails uh, starting in 2008 in regards to my involvement with Ultimate Bet. Okay, oh. so I. Uh, you know, I, I'm currently named not as a defendant, but as a possible future John Doe defendant in a, I think, $20 million lawsuit. And, okay. yeah, I, you know what? That made me pretty angry. Um, uh, so I, I can't really talk too much. But, you know, as soon as that lawsuit was filed, my ability to speak about what happened there has been severely curtailed. So... The people who filed that suit and got, you know, these these guys, you know, I, man, I just, I can't even believe. Well, uh, here, I'll, I'll ask you about you, this. I'm, I'm, like um, it, it was, uh, so you started working um, for Greg Pearson, who we're actually going to talk about very shortly in this show. It's interesting you called in. Um, we're going to talk. Uh, uh, there's been uh, there's been some recent activity in regards to information coming out of what happened at UB. Okay, so. A guy named Travis McCarr uh, has started dropping documents on Dockdown. 
Yes. Um, first off, I've never met that guy, and to my knowledge, I've never interacted with him in any way whatsoever. So I I don't know anything about him other than he was Russ Hamilton's uh, IT guy or something. Um, but I, Okay, so hold on a second here. I want to get in front of the uh, chat room. And, uh, let, let me ask, ask you real fast, and again, thank you for calling. This whole situation. So, um, oh, Druff Radio. No, no, it's, it's back, it's back. Not you guys, but some yes. other people, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think my name's ever been mentioned on your site no, before. No, it hasn't. I've, I've seen your name before, but I haven't really uh, um, taken much interest in you personally, to be honest. Most people haven't. There's one particular individual who thinks that A, I, I had something to do with it, and B, that his supposition is that I was involved in some sort of extortion scam against uh, the company as it existed when Joe Seabach was involved to keep my mouth shut. Okay, so, and I'm talking here about uh, Scott Bell who has sent me a private email that says he in his film he's working on or whatever, uh, that he's going to say that I was involved in some sort of extortion attempt. And that's just complete malarkey. That's just crap. So um, I, go ahead and ask me a few questions. I, you know, oh, yeah, I okay. so I'll, I'll, for a while. I'll, yeah, I'll ask you some questions. So uh, I guess the first question everybody wants to know, how much did you know about this audit monster tool? That allowed people to see whole cards, and and uh, so how much? Uh, question part one is how much did you know about the audit monster, and and two, did you have any knowledge of it ever being used by people like Russ Hamilton to uh, look at people's whole cards during actual real money play? Okay, first off, I want to make it super clear. Um, first off, it was not called Audit Monster. Um, I had nothing to do with it. I did not write any code in regards to it. Um, I was hired to fix security holes in their software and work on performance of their software. Okay, And so I fixed a lot of really stupid little security issues. For example, um, when you were connected to a game and you became disconnected, you could present a session ID to be reconnected to that game. And I'm going to speak in computer jargon a little bit here. Um, that session ID was only 16 bits long when I got there, which means that through a basic exhaustive search, you could hijack people's sessions and act as them in a game when I first arrived. That's, that's an example of a thing I found while I was there. I see. Um, Another thing I found, you know, the, the main reason I was hired is they had a huge bug in their SSL implementation, which caused, in certain conditions, um, the connection to fall one message behind. And so it could happen multiple times to the point where you're so many messages behind that it becomes your turn and you never actually are presented with your options in the handy with timeout. Yeah, I've actually so, seen a lot of sites that that act that way. But uh, yeah, that's uh, so. So you fixed that as well. So so, but you came that was on. One of the first things I did there. You, yeah. did, so um, I see on some site that profiles you here that you came on as senior software engineer for UB, 
in in or sorry, in uh, 2001, and you were and you were hired by Greg Pearson. That's right. It was not very long after 9/11 that I came on. And, and it was uh, you were hired by Greg Pearson. I was hired by Jason DeHaan. Uh, Greg, I don't think interviewed me at the time. Uh, it was Jason DeHaan and uh, Daniel Cunningham. And a couple other people who are kind of irrelevant. Okay, and, and me. so so getting back to my original question, though, how about the sure. tool that allowed uh, super use uh, the super user? Okay, to okay. The... I said it was not called Audit Monster internally. There was a feature added to the software called Stealth Observer. Okay, and I want to make it really freaking clear here. I didn't have anything to do with it. I did not write any code for it. When it was discussed, I said, that's a bad idea, okay? And at the time, I was a noob in the entire poker world. I didn't really, well, okay, I just thought it was a bad idea. I knew enough about poker to think, you know, hey, uh, this could really, 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 really be abused, okay? And so... Um, I want to the what happened there was and uh, Jason DeHaan I essentially reported to him uh, we had an engineering meeting every let's say Tuesday or whatever and uh, this feature popped up on the roadmap the and when Jason mentioned it he said it was a feature that Russ wanted. Yeah, and, so, and so was Jason. Who was the one who coded it? Do you know? I I don't want this person who did this work to be harassed. Um, it was another software engineer in the server group. And, and did they know yeah. when they when they did it that um, did they really think it was for innocent purposes, or did they uh, think that it could it be? It was sold to us as a fraud tool. Now let me put this into a little bit of context here. The uh, at the time, we were being eaten alive by credit card fraud and chip dumping. Okay, so we had just implemented IE Snare. We just pretty much systematically destroyed all of the not very smart credit card fraud chip dumping people. Um, and, but, uh, this is lore that people told me, okay, uh, meaning uh, it was it, Russ believed that there were still scammers out there, and he needed this feature to be able to try and root them out. This is what was told to the engineering group in a meeting on, let's say, a Tuesday afternoon in Portland, Oregon. Uh, in, in the big pink building in Portland, Oregon. Okay, so uh, at least two of the engineers on staff, I, I said it was a bad idea in the meeting. Another engineer in the hallway after, uh, I believe the exact words he used were, no good can come of this. And... Uh, you know, it, it, so there is definitely some feeling that this wasn't right, okay? Um, I didn't know Russ Hamilton from anybody at that time. I don't, 
I don't think that at that time I'd even met Russ Hamilton. Um, this was all, uh, the roadmap was being maintained by Jason DeHaan, who was the CTO of the company. Um, and just an observation about um, how these decisions came to be. Uh, I know that there are a lot of late-night poker and, and phone calls between Jason DeHaan, Russ Hamilton, and Greg. Okay. Are you, are you saying I don't think it's a big secret. I was never really, I was never really a big fan of Greg. Are, are you? <laughs> do you think that Jason DeHaan was involved in this, or do you think he was uh, duped along with everybody else? Well, I because I do not, I do not have any evidence, I or anything of the na- of the ma- of that nature. Okay. Uh, I don't know what happened. I can only react to some of the stuff that I've seen after and some conversations I've had with people that I worked with when I was at that company. Okay, so, um, so uh, please ask the question again. I kind of got lost there. I was just asking about if you think uh, DeHaan oh, okay. was I don't, involved. I don't have any reason to believe that Jason DeHaan was involved in actual cheating at cards. I don't... I, I, I don't have any reason to believe that. So, so the next question actually is uh, something that everybody's wanted to know, and everybody suspects. Uh, Greg Pearson, um, what do you know about his role in the whole thing? Well, I can tell you, and it's been made public by Travis McCarnell, the, the email from Todd Bartleson, that Greg was on the distribution list for the client portion of the software that was required in order for the cheat to work. And can you explain okay. how that how that works? It's been speculation by people on my site, and even back on on Donkdown about how that that whole thing works. Um, that that zip okay, file so that zip file that was speculation sense. on two plus two, and I haven't kept track of it super recently. Okay, but uh, there was a feature added to the server software that when you presented. Um, Okay, so on the client side, there were two things you needed to activate it. One was a registry key, which if you look at this email from Todd Bartleson, uh, who, by the way, I would be shocked beyond belief if Todd had anything to do with actual cheating, okay? He's a software engineer. Um, You had to have a registry key installed, and what that did is it allowed the client to... um, be able to read a certain new kind of message. Okay, and that new kind of message contained the whole cards. The other part was you had to be um, logged in as a particular username. And I can't, I, I saw usernames listed in the 2 plus 2 form. I didn't, know, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about that part of it while I was there at all. Everything I know about the actual usernames involved or things I've seen on the forums. So, but what, yeah, so what about Audit it. Monster? What is that? Is that have, is that the username, or is that uh, what is that? I have no idea what that is. Um, and I, I think I had a conversation with somebody that that was a username, but I, I, but I'm not sure about that. Um, it, that was not the name of the feature, and that that's basically all I remember. Yeah, because uh, I, I'm actually going to play something here. You'll hear it too. This is uh, this is actually I, I believe Greg Pearson. Maybe you can tell me if you. Uh, recognize his voice but um this is him talking i think with russ about uh, the audit monster here 
Okay. I stand for some more information about sessions. Because if I know, right now I only know either either just start date or just end date on these sessions. And, and some of them are close enough together that it might make a big difference. If I can absolutely know beginning and end date for some of these sessions, and I can say that absolutely not, there was no Automonster login during during that time, it has to be excluded, right? Um, there may be some that that have longer. And that, that cut, by the okay, way, yeah, is not, that, that's, that's, that's not the radio failing. Yeah, that's that's actually the uh, some cuts and these are tapes provided by Travis recently to Donk Down. It just yeah, cut, I haven't it, listened it, to those yet. Yeah, it cuts there and then it starts again. And so then the business needs to look at all these different ways to cut it and um, and decide you know which what what, what they feel is because this isn't this isn't an exact thing. You know, I'll just give you an example. We have for this for this uh, audit monster thing. Elevation knows that the second connected to the site don't know what table it watched and we don't know what it left. So now what does the business have to do? Well the business has to say every table. So, so you're saying that does sound like Greg to you? That does sound like Greg to me, yes. Yeah, and and uh, it sounds like what he's saying here is that the audit monster—that's uh, what he refers to as the the tool to see the whole cards—that uh, they they couldn't see what table it was watching, that they could only see was logged in, and then they were also saying that they can eliminate all the hands where the audit monster wasn't logged in and say those weren't cheating hands. That's that's what he was saying in this uh, in this discussion. But uh, but you you've, okay, you've never heard well, of the... then audit monster probably was the username. We of course logged all login, log out, and disconnect activity. Yeah. Uh, into the database. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, that's uh, so the hand histories. There, there was a big deal being made at the time where people were having right. trouble getting okay. hand histories. So let me go over that a little bit. The missing hand histories. So while I was there, um, when I when I first got there, the the database, the big machine that stored all the data was just a machine, right? It yeah. It was not really a super special piece of hardware. So while I was there, we upgraded uh, that machine to be connected to a Dell storage RAID array. And by the way, I didn't design this. Jason DeHaan designed all this stuff. Um, so that it would be, you know, it was a 16-disc uh, RAID 5 cabinet. And so while I was there, you know, I, I can't remember if I took one or two trips up to MIT, which is Mohawk Internet Technologies up near, uh, up near Montreal on the, uh, on the Kahnawake Reservation. I can't remember if I took one or two trips up there. But one of those trips, Jason and I, if there were two, one of them, uh, we took that. Uh, it was a terabyte. I'd never seen a terabyte before. That 16-disc uh, RAID 5 array, and shoved it in there, and um, started putting all of the centralized data and all of the archive onto it. Okay, so then at some point after I was gone, I was informed that they had moved everything over to an EMC system, which is a people who aren't in the business. It's a very large thing with even possibly even hundreds of disk drives in it uh, with a lot of redundancy so that when a disk drive dies, 
you know, an alarm, an alarm bell goes off at EMC World Headquarters. They send a guy out with a new drive. He shoves it in there, and then it automatically repairs itself. Well, that RAID cabinet uh, was not under, you know, that kind of service obligation from uh, an organization like EMC. So um, that RAID cabinet uh, was configured in such a manner that if two drives died, your data is gone, basically. Yeah, and that, so that's that's what I was wondering. So, uh, but they were claiming they only lost ten percent of the hand history. So, how how did wouldn't that kill all the data? Well, it would kill all that data that predated going to EMC. Okay, they, so, but, they, they, there were several architectural updates while I was there and after I left. But how did they only so, lose ten percent? How did, how did they not lose all of the data from some date forward or all the data from some date beforehand? How did they lose just ten percent? This is a really weird number to lose. It's to me, it looked like a big cover up. They, they did tell so this raid story, but I don't understand this, it. When when the story came out, this was two thousand eight. What if the what if that raid cabinet was replaced in two thousand six or five? You know. Uh, that's my guess. I'm just kind of guessing here on all that, but it seems to me to be somewhat plausible that hand histories that were back on that particular piece of hardware and were not moved forward onto the, onto an EMC or you know a nicer piece of hardware uh, could be gone irretrievably. But but that would be wouldn't that be a, a large uh, gap of time or something? Like it just seemed like it seemed like what they were trying to say that they did tell this a similar story about this raid drive, but it just seemed to me that that it was almost like ten percent of random hands disappeared, rather than from any kind of uh, stretch of time. That that this would make okay, sense. Okay, so another thing about raid is you only lose the the whole thing if uh, well. Let's say they lost two drives. Okay, you can still read what's on those other drives. I mean, the reason that you need all, you need to lose only one drive at a time in RAID five is that you can rebuild it completely if you lose only one drive. Okay, so there's a parity stripe across the drives. Now you can still read the contents of the on the on dead you know the drives that did not die. So all these hand histories are being stored in MySQL tables. This is before MySQL moved to their transactional model and a, a storage architecture called InnoDB. Okay, this is all stored in MyISAM, was the storage architecture behind MySQL at the time. Okay, and uh, so you got a you got a, a table that's spewing out hand history events. And these are going into each table, each poker table is spewing these into a MySQL table in database parlance. Okay, so uh, these files aren't necessarily so huge that they would span all 16 stripes. And so some of that data might be recoverable. I'm not an expert at that part of it. All I know is that with RAID 5, you do not want to lose more than one drive. And if that if that RAID 5 cabinet was sitting there uh, unattended for a long time and not even being looked at, it's very possible that drives went bad. So, I, I okay, I think I think I've explained all I can there. That, this is just a theory that I have. I and see. 
Okay, so so m- moving along here with uh, some other questions. Um, were you aware during any point when when you were how, how long did you work at UB until? When did you quit there? Uh, I'd have to look at my resume, but it, I think it was in December of two thousand three. Okay, so that was way before the scandal the came to light. And so so why why did you leave there? Well, uh, there's a confluence of several reasons, really. Um, first off, and kind of close to foremost, um, first off, I did not leave on good terms, <laughs> uh, to put it lightly. Um, but the, there was something that happened in, in, the, in the summer before the December that I left. And it was something big enough that I had to demand an explanation from Greg. And Greg told me a massive lie. And it, it just didn't, I didn't know at the time that it was a big, fat, massive lie, but it felt fishy to me. And it was at a point in time when there was a lot of money starting to be on the site, and that just didn't sit right with me. And... Um, there were other reasons for me leaving. Um, I had been sending my resume to New Mexico, where I live now, uh, for uh, by the by, at the point that I left. Okay, I started sending my resume to New Mexico to try and get a job in New Mexico and move. Um, you know, pretty much right after that weird situation where I just didn't feel right about what Greg well, told me. Well, what what is the situation you keep referring to? Uh, that I'd really rather not go into. Does it have to do with the... uh, I needed an explanation for something, and it it didn't come out as straight to me. Does it have to do with the ensuing scandal that occurred in in future years? Was it a precursor to that? Was it something that would have to do with it? I think it's something completely different. Uh, It didn't have anything to do with cheating at poker. Okay. Okay. Um, at least I don't think so. Um... (laughs) It had to do with uh, the operation of the company. I see, and uh, so and so you. It didn't have anything to do with. Uh, okay, let, let me just be clear. There was a period of time where Greg just kind of disappeared for a few weeks, and we were at a kind of a critical juncture with some features that I was working on, and I wasn't getting a straight answer from anybody on how I needed to proceed on a feature I was working on, and. Uh, when he came back, I was a little bit torqued that I was unable to get some answers, even though I'd emailed, even though I'd asked other people. And his re- his response as to why he was gone didn't seem right to me, is all. I see. So, and, and that's all. Now, now is is there... So, I'm sorry, go on. Go ahead, you can go on. No, I... Um, so... Regarding uh, Greg Pearson, do you you left there quite some time? I mean, I guess the cheating goes back uh, to 2003, but uh, uh, not that much further back, as far as I know. Uh, what, do you have you gotten any information since then, either from things you saw there and put together, or from people you knew there that told you things that that would indicate that Greg Pearson had any guilt in this uh, super user scandal, that uh, Mansoor Matlubi had guilt? Or, or that other people that haven't been named have guilt. You've, you've named you've named who who hasn't been guilty. Some of the programmers there, but uh, what about the people who are? I know everyone wants to say it's just Russ Hamilton, 
but there's many others well, that are saying that it's not. Well, now from Travis's email that um, Russ, Greg, and, and Monsieur were receiving, or at least one time received, the client side of the program that was required to cheat. Okay. Um, I don't have any... Okay, so I... Part of what is so frustrating about this for me is, you know, I don't know anything about actual cheating at all. And so when this all broke and I have people calling me on the phone and sending me hate mail and, I, you know, I basically lost a year of my life being angry about this whole fucking thing. And, um, and, and it, you could probably tell I'm still angry about it. Um, and so it took me a long time to, to get through all that. And finally, you know, um, I want to let you know that, uh, I gave a full brain dump of everything I know to Haley Hintz. And so when she writes her book, she'll at least have my knowledge about it. Um, I don't have any reason to believe that, for example, Phil Helmuth or Annie Duke was involved in this at all. I, I just, I don't have any reason to believe that. Um, and uh, the only people that I've been informed, either you know, you, you've seen it yourself in this public release of an email. Well, you know, I know Todd Bartleson. We've had a discussion about this, and that email I think reflects what was happening there as far as who was getting client updates. Okay, so, and, you know, I really, really, really hate that his name had to come into all this. He's just the guy who cut the release for these people. And he's not really much of a poker player or anything like that. He's a software engineer. You know, he was our junior engineer when I was there. Yeah, I, 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 I heard also that he was, as Todd Bartleson was probably not guilty of any of the cheating, that he was just told to, you know, send this over to, to Mansoor and, and uh, that it didn't have anything to do with cheating. So, uh, yeah, And I've discussed Todd at length with Haley, so she's kind of got the straight ticket on, on his involvement, and, 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 and his involvement doesn't really go any further than what we've just discussed right here, okay? There's no reason for anybody, you know, I went through hell for a little while about this. There's no reason for him to have that visited upon him. Yeah, so, so and, and what hell have you been going through? What, what have people have been accusing you of that, that's been bothering well, you? Well, being somehow involved in the cheating, okay, and that, that's just not what happened. So, unfortunately, I don't really have any way to prove that. Okay, I've also been accused of, at one point, having written the software to do this. That is also not true. And if someone were to be able to provide for me a, an unaltered copy of the CVS source code repository for UltimateDebt.com, I could prove that to you. I see. Well, I don't uh, have that. I went to work for a competitor after. I seriously... Um, <laughs> Got rid of everything. I, you know, I couldn't have any liability there for my new employer. I see. Well, um, do you have anything else you'd like you'd like to say here? If uh, we have, we have a long show tonight, I actually uh, 
Uh, I'm going to have to get to some other things, but uh, we, we can call you another time, maybe even next week, if you'd like to have uh, you know, further things to say here. I have your phone number here. And, well, uh, just look at the reaction to what I've just said here. And if I, if I feel like I want to talk about it some more, I will. Um, suffice it to say, uh, I'll kind of wrap up here. A lot of what I saw on 2 Plus 2, um, aside from the paranoid ranting that happened when this was going down in 2008, there were some people who actually narrowed it down and knew what happened. And so um, the actual, you know, the the admission from UB through the Kahnawake Gaming Commission uh, actually used the word stealth observer. Okay, and so that was the name of the feature. And um, okay, yeah, I'll I'll sign off now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you called. It. People I'm, just kind of left me alone. I really, you know. <laughs> no, I'm 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 happy that you called up and uh, explained your side of uh, when I started this site last year I, I always wanted anybody uh, either who had something to accuse someone else of that was uh, legitimate or someone who had been accused that felt that they were wrongfully accused uh, to come forth and defend themselves and even though even though your name I don't even think was mentioned on, on my site here uh, since it's been mentioned elsewhere, and since we do cover a lot of the the UB stuff, and you know, I personally was on TV talking about this stuff. Uh, I I feel that uh, I always like to give time to discussing this matter, and, and to have people like you come out of the woodwork and uh, want to tell their side of it. That's that's great, and uh, you know, you're, you're welcome to come on any time to discuss anything further or re- reveal anything further that you'd like to. Uh, Reveal in the future. I just, I just didn't want to be the first person throwing information out there, okay? And uh, I really wish Travis would. Sp- I mean, I don't know how much credibility Travis actually has. Well, you don't know him, right? It, you, you said you never met him. I don't know him at all. Okay. I, you know, seriously, never interacted with the guy before. Well, if if you I, if I'd you appreciate it, if he'd tell the world that hey, I don't know this guy either. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> well, we'll we'll see if he helpful. says it. He's he acts kind of strangely in, in his own ways, and in fact, when I'm going to play, I have seven little clips of him. I played you one of the seven. Uh, I'm going to play the other six before the show's over, and I will give my commentary. And it's not it's not not all entirely positive towards Travis, who I don't believe is doing this uh, just because he wants to do the right thing. I I think that uh, the Everything he's been doing has been for self-serving reasons. Even if it ends up as a good thing for the public, he—I he, I don't believe he's doing this to help the public. I don't think he's doing this to make the truth come out just for uh, everyone to know. I think he's doing this to benefit himself in in one of uh, various ways. So uh, while I'm happy he's releasing these things, it's it's hard to say what he's going to do next and what he'll say. And if he'll ever ever address matters like about you, whether he knew you or things like that. Well, he didn't. I hope he just releases everything he has. I mean, it's time, you know. And the fact of the matter, you know, part of why I didn't speak up before, um, I fully expected the U.S. attorney to come knock on my door about this. And it never happened. I'm just, I'm completely shocked that a fraud of this scale was perpetrated and nobody was put under any kind of criminal scrutiny. Well, yeah, that bothers me, too. That's bothered me for a long time, that Russ Hamilton never went to prison, that Greg Pearson, he he just skated away scot-free, and, in fact, most people don't even 
believe they don't even know his name. Everyone knows Russ Hamilton's name associated with this, but you say Greg Pearson, almost every poker player, even online players, don't know who that is. So, yeah. okay. Well, uh, um, thank I, you I for guess doing what you're doing. Yeah, and, and uh, I guess uh, before you, you go, onto your show. yeah, you said you're not a fan of Greg. Before you go, would um, would you think, from what you knew of him, it would be in his character to to have done something like this? Well, I'm, I would only be speculating. He was very driven to succeed. Let me put it that way. And and, and one other thing I should ask you: Did you hear about the problems his wife had in Portland? regarding something with a relationship with a student or something where there's some sort of lawsuit. Yeah, I heard that, about that. The, the, that was, um, and, and did you hear at the time you were there or you heard later? I The first that I heard was someone sent me the news clipping from the Oregonian when I was living in Los Angeles working for Full Tilt Poker. Okay, so that was after you were gone already. Because I, I mean, that yeah. I, I've heard speculation that uh, this is originally what uh, drove Greg to to start doing this was to raise money for the uh, legal defense for his wife involving that lawsuit. That is one of Haley's um, ideas about it. I don't know. Yeah. All right. I just wonder if you had heard anything since you were there in the in the early days. But okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, for this uh, appearance here and. Uh, like to uh, appear again in the future and say anything else, you're always welcome on the show. All right, you guys be well. Okay, thank you. thank you. Thank you. That was that was an unexpected call. You never know what's going to come in here. That was totally not on the schedule. Someone asked, "How did I have the the clip ready to play for him?" It's because I had the clips ready to play for a, a different segment in the show, and I I almost didn't take this call. I'm almost like I'm like, who's this 505 person? I was afraid it was like one step. Uh, Faking his number again, you know, shouting M bombs. But I said, you know, I'll, I'll take the damn call. Uh, Brandon, I, I need you to do me a favor. I'm going to be honest sure. right now. Yes. We've been going about uh, three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And, um, and by the way, we can call this guy again. I just, I just, uh, I want to get to everything tonight. I don't want to overwhelm the average listener with, with too much technical talk and everything, and have them tune out the show. So, um, you know, I have the guy's phone number. We can call him again next week. Okay. Or, uh, but uh, if we want to, but uh, look, the uh, uh, it's been going three and a half hours. I actually have to pee really badly, so I need you to uh, to carry the torch here for for a minute or so. <laughs> while while I go do this, okay. I, I could make up an I mean, excuse at something else, but it's not. I, no, it's, no, no. It's I've done this for uh, all two minutes. Yeah, yeah. So so go right but, ahead. The floor is yours. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to lie to anybody. I, I caught the beginning of that segment and I was actually listening. And, you know, this is Druff's thing. Uh, I've never been much of an online poker investigator. But while I was doing, while he was talking and that was going on, I decided to uh, catch up on a little bit of uh, some online banking. So while the interview was going on, I just randomly lost. Very, very, very odd. They told me that it was a charge that's pending for $1,000 from Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, which uh, I did stay this past weekend for Super Bowl Sunday. And, of course, I call Caesars Palace, and I uh, get connected to uh, guest services, and they have, you know, of course, a record of me staying there, and they have my exact balance when I departed. That was uh, on my credit card, but they have no record of authorizing $1,000 on my credit card. And uh, they don't know... They don't see it on their end. I, uh, Chase tells me that that's where it's from on their end. So making a long story short, or a short story short, actually, that they end up giving me their regional billing number in Las Vegas and tell me that I have to call tomorrow and, and, and hopefully they can help me. So that's actually what I was doing when uh, 
the uh, UB uh, gentleman was on, and I only caught about the first uh, five minutes of it. Yeah, Jason bet on the 49ers for one game. I apologize, people. I, I, I completely lost the internet there. I'm going to get Brandon back on the call. Brandon, hello. hello. I, I completely lost the internet. I mean, you ask me to hold service. I start telling a story of what I was doing while you're doing the, the great interview, and then I'm talking to myself. Brandon, I see you. Do you see me now? I actually see you, yes. I don't see you. I, I see a part That's of you. Right. Hi. I, I see a little part of you. Hold on. Well, if you really can see me, how many fingers do I have up? Actually, I can't see that, but I can see I can see like a brown carpet and... How can you see that? Because of the webcam, I'm looking at it. You need Skype premium? This is insane. Can you see? <laughs> oh, as soon as you left, I just got an error message. Can you can you see, still see me? Did you see? No, you now, it's, see now, me now, it's gone, now it's gone black. That is so odd. Okay. Well, anyhow, as soon as uh, you left, it, it cut me off. It just said there's been an error with Skype. A big red flashing message came on. Now it's also showing we're connected to another number. Yeah, we are connected. Uh, caller, hello. Yeah, hello. Yeah, who are you? This is Danzo from the chat. Yeah, Danzo, I know you were you were making some commentary about uh, uh, this caller here, and you you were critical of some things. What what would you like to say? Uh, nothing about that caller. I just want to say two things about the radio show in general. Yeah, go ahead. Oh well, one is. I hope that maybe you could probably start on time in the near future because you've been going on for like eight or nine months. Yeah, I hope that like too. 10, 15 or whatever, you know. Let's uh, let's get it started at 10. And uh, second, let's get you connected to a LAN, a landline there. Let, let's get you connected to the Internet. That way, uh, you know, we don't have to put up with these bumps. Um, I actually am. I, I'm not. This is not a wireless connection. Um, I don't believe you. Uh, this, 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 <laughs> he, just, he just said, "I don't believe you." <laughs> no, it is. Uh, the, the, I, I believe that. I the, believe I, you. I, the the problem is that I, I believe I'm getting some sort of hiccups actually um, from, uh, you know, from ISP itself that um, I think are very minor to where I don't notice them browsing the web. And in fact, it's. Uh, um, even Skype hangs onto the call, but I think that there's very little uh, tolerance on the part of the radio server that there's like the slightest disconnect, the the thing freaks out and, and, and cuts. Maybe there's a setting I can put on the radio server to have it not do that, but um, I think that's what's happening, and I think that's why when people like China Maniac broadcast on the server, uh, they don't have this problem because they, they have a different internet than I do. All right, Jeff. Have a good day. All right. Have a good day. I mean, I'm not making excuses here. I, uh, I, I want to solve this more than anybody. And uh, um, I, I actually thought I actually thought this was mostly solved because we haven't had much of this for the last uh, month or so, or maybe two months. But that's just uh, it's really been crappy tonight. I won't uh, deny that, and I apologize for that. I'm going to have to spend some time at the end of this show. And it's going to be a pain in the ass for me because we've this will be such a long show, and then I have to go and uh, do all this work to put it all together, which is always a pain in the ass. And, and try to cut out. Anyhow, Druff, while you were going to the bathroom, this is what I started saying. While you were on the phone, 
and, or I'm sorry, while you're using the restroom, I was on the phone. I just decided to, uh, and, and I mean, I was listening to what was going on, but I just wanted to multitask and I'm very, very tired and, uh, getting ready to go to sleep soon. And I did started doing a little bit of online banking. So I just, uh, went to one of my credit cards. It's a Chase Freedom card and I was going to just pay, uh, pay it. And I noticed that there was an authorization on there today for a thousand dollars. I just noticed this right now. And, uh, <laughs> very, very odd. It, it, it normally, you know, as you know, uh, when it says an authorization, it will commonly tell you, you know, the date, uh, the amount, and also it will give you an idea of what, what the transaction was. And, you know, while, you know, meaning, you know, what, who placed the on hold, but it said nothing on a transaction type. It was blank. So I, of course, panicked and, uh, you know, cause I've actually in the last year twice, uh, I've had some, some sort of credit card fraud. One was so random. One was somebody paid an AT&T phone bill out of like Texas on, on, that's on not very my... smart. It's easy to track down who that is. <laughs> yeah. And that, right. That was hilarious. When I called them, like when I, when I asked them what this was, what bill this was, you know, attributed to, they told me that it was for AT&T for a phone bill. But anyhow, so, you know, I'm, I'm not that I'm paranoid, but I'm pretty diligent about like checking all my credit cards like twice a week, even if I know I have a zero balance on it. And I'm and you know what? I'm going to make a safe bet and say you're probably the same way. Okay. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, well, cause I just, yeah. So even if I don't use it, I know I have a zero balance. I still just check to make sure nothing's, you know, uh, okay. So I call Chase. Chase tells me that, uh, it was an authorization made today from take a guess. Yeah. You know, Caesar's palace. <laughs> so I checked out, you know, I stayed at, I, I told, I was telling the chat before Skype cut me off. I stayed there. I checked it on Friday with my girlfriend for Super Bowl weekend. And I, I checked out, uh, Monday morning. So I call Caesars, and of course I ask them uh, about this, and they show nothing in their computers or records indicating why there'd be a thousand dollar hold placed on my account today. Now, of course, you know the room was complimentary. Uh, I used my RC points, and I think the only thing that that the actually I do know the only thing that I had at my balance was eight dollars and fifty six cents, and that was because there was gratuity. Uh, from room service that, you know, it, it doesn't cover and everything else. I just used my RC points. So again, they can't give me an answer. My credit card company says it, it's a pending charge from Caesars. Caesars looks in their computer and they have no, nothing, nothing, nothing. And again, this is only a pending authorization. So probably, I guess, I'd assume logic would dictate that in all likelihood it would fall off my account. Uh, but uh, it's amazing. They can't. They don't even see it. They can't even tell me. It wouldn't surprise so, me if next time you go check in there, you'll see an authorization for one million dollars. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. What would you do, Jeff, in the situation? Would you press the situation further and call? And and I just spoke with the front desk. Would you try to like speak with VIP services, or would you just wait and see? I, I would just wait. Actually, this is one case where I'd probably just wait and see what happens. They're they're so out of it over there. You'll never find out uh, why that got got put on there. They just won't and the other thing, it. someone else was asking me about you know because it is common for those that don't know, and I don't I don't know if it's just uh, that I've just noticed it that uh, it seems to me that 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 the authorization that that they put on credit cards seems it's gone up in recent years. Um, I know, like, for instance, and I still can't get it down, uh, but I know that 
at Caesars when I when I've been staying there, you know, there in the past, and I, even Cosmo is the most expensive I think I found. Cosmo is one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I day. saw that. I just stayed there recently. Yeah, one hundred fifty per day. If you stay in for five days, they they'll authorize you seven fifty. Caesars is weird. It's like two. If the times I've stayed there for two days, it's usually two fifty. If it's three days, it's three fifty. And then sometimes for four days, it's been as high as six hundred dollars. But it's always changing. It doesn't make sense. You know, it's never like a consistent figure. And I never, I never have understood that. And like I said, the other, not that I don't know how we got on. The, well, I know how we got on the subject, but is it me? Uh, you know, I've only recently, you know, I mean, I've stayed in hotels a lot in my life, but recently, I mean, I've stayed in a lot of hotels, you know, I've been in a ton of hotels, but you can tell me, have you noticed that in terms of authorizations of hotels in Vegas, especially, you know, like the mid higher end joints, like say Cosmo or a mid joint like Caesars that, that, that this has gone up or is I it can't answer that because the same? I didn't stay in any hotels in Vegas, uh, for about eight years. So oh, okay. I just started doing that again. So, well, I so hope this isn't a curse of Peter DC. Yeah, hopefully not. So uh, th- let me play the. Uh, the and Jeff, I gotta be honest. I don't got a left le- a lot left in me, buddy. You got a lot left in the tank. Okay. Much, yeah. Okay. Well, I, when, when, you know, whatever you want, drop off and whatever you can. So okay. uh, I mean, I, it's not. I I got your back. It's not like that. You have, you, know, you understand. Yeah, you know, I understand. It's a, it's okay. T- tough week for you here for sure. Uh, forever. So, so so here is the um, here's here's a clip and this is all sent by Travis and this uh, you know you got to listen to these and and hear how they they cut in some places you know you may think the radio is failing in some places and even though it probably is um it, you're you're actually going to hear cuts in these recordings and these were cut by Travis and it just makes me think why is he cutting these if he wants the whole truth to come out why is he cutting up these recordings so we only hear certain parts it's almost like when when I was playing our little Jacep interview there where I'm just taking clips of his and asking him questions I mean like it almost makes me think that some of these are not what they appear but let's let's play some of these this one is uh Russ Hamilton and, and presumably Greg Pearson discussing blaming the whole thing on Travis you know this is before Russ was named uh you know, before it completely came out what was going on It'll get louder, don't worry. Creating uh, doubt within the Jews and other people involved. Uh, they're just going to that stuff. That's Russ. That's the problem. He's in the measure going to fix that. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. It'll create doubt about who, who was really responsible. Maybe it wasn't Russ. Maybe it was Travis doing all this, since he had access to. It can create the sense of doubt. Uh, but then that's really what you do, is what we said, put in the blame on him. That's what you're about to say. Not directly. It's Russ saying, put the blame on him, putting the blame on him, and which is probably Greg in the background saying, exactly. I see. Okay, it's too hard. Let's do it directly. But if other people posting... So this is them saying, uh, you know, since Russ did not have computer knowledge, they say, oh, I know it's Russ Hamilton, he's a good gambler, but he's not a computer geek, so he couldn't have pulled this off. So this way it will be directed towards Travis, who is the computer geek. Yeah, uh, uh, okay. Smart 
So now, now they're saying they want to put the blame on him, but they, they've got to get him out of the office. They've got to get rid of him. He was apparently still working for them at this point. Now, I don't understand. I, I don't understand how he uh, got these recordings. I didn't listen to the Donk Down show. I'll admit that. But uh, I don't understand how those recordings, you know, how does how does Travis even have a recording of Russ and Greg discussing this? But somehow he does. So let me uh, continue playing here. So they were firing Travis. Right? That's Russ saying that you know, Travis took care of so many things in his life as basically like his personal assistant had access to his house, his email. That that you know, Russ will just say Travis did it. That that so that Travis released this obviously to show Russ trying to get him blamed. And you know, this is part of a theme. The reason Travis is releasing these things, I'm pretty sure, is he wants himself absolved of blame. And I don't know how much blame Travis really should have here. I don't know what he did and what he didn't do. But, uh, of course, people are, are very suspicious since he was Russ Hamilton's right-hand man. Uh, you heard how many things he did for Russ here. And um, while this discussion is them blaming it on Travis, it doesn't necessarily mean Travis didn't do it. It just means that they're, they're discussing a way to make him take all the blame or at least make it ambiguous enough to where you don't know who, do, who did it and Russ would have a reasonable uh, uh, ability to deny it, saying, look, I'm not the computer expert here. Who do you think did it? I'm so, oh, sorry, I, I played this one prematurely, this next one. This next one here is, um, yeah, them saying that no one could prove it was Russ. This is discussing firing Travis. Person's been in the play, and here it is. So, yeah, we'll see me post. Well, you know, and I think we need, we need some noise on that. Yeah, I have, you know, Travis's picture will probably be up there. It won't be good, but, so he should go away for a while. He should go away for a while, uh, according to Travis. And when he was terminated, Discussing that about a month ago that he was uh, um, terminated. Now, I want to warn you guys here: if you're listening with headphones, I think your ear might get blown out here. So you may turn the volume down. You're going to hear like a loud cell phone interrupt this. Travis, uh, claim. Right. But on the other hand, it's good 
So this, this is where a weird thing happened where it like repeated itself. That wasn't a radio failure. It was actually like if this is a, a just a straight recording. Why are we hearing like it repeating itself? That's, this is makes me a little bit skeptical of some of these recordings. trying to set up Travis here where they're saying this guy had access to the computer we got to explain why he had it all and so they're, they're already preparing a story here to release to the public and then they can start doing the refunds is what they were saying that's an important part no one can prove it was Russ not nobody can uh, can speculate it was Russ but nobody can prove it was Russ as if it really is hit Russ but nobody can prove it that's what they're discussing here that, that's one of the most damning parts of the tape So, so um, this really does sound like they were trying to set up Travis, but the question is, did, was Travis also guilty? We know Russ was guilty. There's no question about that. But the, but was it only Russ, or was it uh, was it both Travis and Russ, and they're just trying to put it all on Travis? They're definitely trying to put it all on Travis here, but the question is, how guilty was Travis in the first place? Now, now here is uh, the uh, another tape of about the same length. This is talking about Scott Tom at the beginning. That Tom guy walked away, they say, at the beginning. And then, then the, this is them talking about the money that was stolen from the site. Listen to this. Was that, you know, have the qualitative thing done that Tom is doing and then have the mathematical thing done. And, you know, best case, they both say, just, it's, it's, it's not clear. Worst case, they're conflicted, but at least you have an argument to say it's not clear and how can you pay back if it's not clear and move on. Uh, so that was the going in assumption. You need to make a note, Dan, that apparently this Tom guy is not engaged anymore and has walked away. No, I, I, I heard that. Okay. So, so, so this is them basically saying that they're going to claim that Scott Tom is gone, that he's walked away, which, which we know wasn't true. He didn't really walk away. He was part of it to the end. Uh, so they're continuing to look through all the stuff. And my perspective, based on that, the increase of information that's coming in, in, uh, from, from our business and our system, is that this is, this is taking a little bit of a different track now. Not, let's wait for the stuff to come back, but okay, we're making an assumption. You need to make a note, Dan, that apparently this Tom guy is not engaged anymore and has walked away. No, I, I, I heard that. Okay. 
So, uh, so they're continuing to look through all this stuff. And my perspective, based on that, the increase of information that's coming in, in, uh, from, from our business and our system, is that this is, this is taking a little bit of a different track now. Not, let's wait for the stuff to come back, but okay, we're, we're leaping to the conclusion that we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to pay you know, some percentage of this back. So. so that's the important part. We have to pay some percentage of this back. So it sounded like they were discussing that maybe they could kind of talk their way out of this and say that there's no proof. You, you never, you know, they can find a way to to get out of this and say that this that Scott Tom is gone, and and probably that you know maybe that the UB didn't really have a scandal. It was just AP, and uh, but now it's taking a different term, and, and they're going to have to pay some percentage of this, referring to the cheating money back. Now the question right. is how to bound it. That's my perspective on you know based on the kinds of questions that are coming. Um, which might have been a million dollars to you guys. But I feel. Then you went on and you cheated. It took $16 million from players. Now, I'm not sure whose voice that is. You and I took $16 million from players. Um, kind of like a whispery sounding voice. Uh, and, and something about the IPO. That presumably to fund the IPO. You took $40 million out of this thing. Here I was working for Greg, who took a couple million dollars off. So this guy, whoever this is talking, it's not Greg, but he's referring to Greg in the third person. Uh, here I was working for Greg, and uh, I took a couple million dollars out of it. And we took $40 million out of this thing. Basically, I mean, you want to steal just identified 14 accounts, essentially. Which... So this is where the, the tape breaks, and I, I hate these parts, because it's like, it's like Travis is cutting parts that incriminate him. It's so weird. Like, why cut it there? Like, they're starting to talk about what they took out of it and, and who who took millions of dollars, and then boom, cut. It's it's almost like being in a dream, and, and you just go from one scene to another with no explanation. It's so, a good analogy. Yeah, it's weird. What period of time are you talking about here? They're talking now about the accounts that they've identified that have gotten ripped off. They go back to, they haven't gone back too far, which is good. They've only gone back to a certain period prior to Oracle. Yeah, and they're, they're referring to, um, they haven't gone all the way back yet. They haven't realized how far the cheating goes back, is what they're trying to say. They've only gone a, a certain period prior to Oracle, referring to the uh, a switch in the, uh, the the database that they were they were they they had there. So when they, prior to when they switched to Oracle, is what he's referring to. So uh, we're talking 2005. They haven't gone so this is So Trampoline is a, uh, he's a poster on 2 plus 2, he's a high limit player from online. Uh, he was taken for 177000 they say on this tape. Linda Fosco. Don't know it. Linda Fosco, they, they, I've heard and, of that. And Druff, just so you know, Tilted, Placit, Placitin in the yeah, chat. Yeah, that, that's uh, Jack okay. Bates. Yeah, okay, yeah, he was a dad, I don't know if you saw Yeah, that. yeah, so Jack this Bates, he Dr- called in earlier. Oh, you're leaving, Brandon? Yeah, I, okay. I'm sorry, but I, I, I just I'm no, exhausted. no problem. Thank you for being. My here girlfriend has the... been home for a few hours. I haven't seen her yet. I need to just eat, and I'm actually going to lay down and watch a movie and get some get some sleep. But okay, uh, thank you for uh, continuing on without me. People, people do want the show to go on, and uh, of course, you know, you and I as always will be in touch, and I'll uh, keep everybody abreast and everything else. And thank you all for uh, the support on the forums, private messages, and uh, just everyone uh, bonding together to try to to try to, uh, you know, make this situation right. So I'll be in touch, and I will keep everyone up to date, okay? Okay, thank you, Brandon. We'll see you next week. Okay, all right. Have a good night, Todd. Bye. Good night.
So that's uh, flying solo now. Uh, so, yeah, Jack Bates, who was on earlier, the former UB programmer, uh, said that uh, he doesn't recognize that other voice, but that um, he did confirm they were on uh, MySQL and, and my ISAM before they switched to Oracle, and that was after he left. He left in December 2003. I think the Oracle switch occurred in 2005, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure of that. But you look at the list and the thing, I mean, it's just, uh, we see everybody that, uh, Fireworm is on here. Fireworm is way up here, actually. Uh, somebody died. So, uh, Robert Williamson, he's a big loser. So Robert Williamson III, remember him? He was a big loser on there, and, uh, it's, you know, it's implied that he was cheated. Yeah, it's like a who's who of poker. The people who got cheated is like a who's who of poker. I'm on that list, too. They may not have been talking about me, but uh, I was cheated on there, too, for sure. These guys, yeah, you look at their accounts, like half of them are closed, they're totally empty, right on the side, and part of them got ripped off and stopped playing. So he was saying of these accounts that the people who really got beat down there by the cheating, half are closed or, or they're empty, and they, they probably realized they were getting cheated and stopped playing. Frankly, it's just a tragedy. But each part is to try to compile and mitigate the potential damage. Uh, but, uh, Yuri, I think, knows. Now, Yuri knows, I would imagine. So, again, it cuts off in a weird spot here. I just really wish that Travis would be more forthcoming. It just seems like he wants to release the things that, the, the pieces that he wants us to see. And while I don't think he edited these recordings, I don't think he, he cut and pasted them so you know, they'd say things they didn't say. I, I believe that uh, Greg was talking about the audit monster and that they, they were talking about blaming it on Travis and, and finding ways to no one could prove it was Russ and how they took $40 million out of this thing. I, I believe all these statements, but why was it cut? Why isn't Travis just playing the whole tapes for us? It just ends in such a weird spot. Like, why cut a guy in the middle of the sentence? Anyway, uh, moving on, uh, here's, here's uh, tape number five. This is uh, talking about how much they're going to have to pay people back at UB and, and uh, if they can make that figure lower than it really needs to be. Probably the worst case, probably. I mean, the worst case is the 16. And it's uh, very, there's a possibility. They used to just let you get it down to five, is what you said. Now. So that, that was, I think, Greg saying... The worst case scenario is $16 million. And, uh, and then Russ says, oh, I thought you could get it down to 5 And then this is the response. Yeah. Depending how creative we get, I could go low. I, I think that 5 is a little optimistic. So he's saying it's a little optimistic to have to uh, only pay $5 million back to the people, but he uh, thinks the worst case is 16 They claim they paid 22 back, but I, I don't think I believe that. Personally, I think that the probably that can't be the between 5 and 10 but I think that that's 10 is a possibility. Yeah, 5 to 10 is a possibility. This is the early discussion of how much they'll pay back. Now, of course, this is before they knew the people uh, would realize that the cheating went back prior to 2005 or whenever that Oracle was installed. Uh, let's, uh, I'm going to play the last clip here. Even the statement earlier of, of you know, one, one five and others are, I mean, any number should be mentioned. And as a number mentioned, I think it should be more along the lines of, look, there, there are there are a couple of accounts that that you know that are going to get you know as much as fifty thousand or more, and there are accounts that have less than a dollar coming to them. But every penny's coming back. A statement like that, I can see. But but even hinting at the magnitude of this is, is, a, is a very bad thing. So saying not not at first the approach was 
don't give a figure how much we're paying back. Just just say that there's some accounts getting something like fifty thousand, some getting a few dollars, but but don't hint at the entire magnitude because it'll look really bad. So that's them discussing the strategy of uh, how to present it to the public. So the, these were clips presented by Travis, and yes, they're very incriminating towards uh, Russ Hamilton, especially Greg Pearson, who, who thus far has has not uh, really been named in anything official. But uh, why doesn't Russ just let us hear the whole thing? Not these clips. That's what he did when I saw him in person. He played some of this stuff to me. Like, I heard the stuff about Trampoline with 177 k and Robert Williamson. I heard about all this uh, back when Travis first appeared. I went over to Mike Hunt's house, and Travis played it for me in person. But it was the same thing. He had this, like, like cell phone he was playing it from, and he would only play parts for me and then snatch it back and then not let me uh, hear the whole thing. And, you know, I, I, I didn't call him out on it because he, he didn't have to play me anything. But uh, I, I'm calling out, I'm out on it now because uh, I have no reason to kiss his ass to get info anymore because he's not giving the info to me. So, uh, you know, I don't have to worry about offending him. And uh, something weird is going on here. I, I really would not be surprised if Travis was involved in either the cheating itself or the covering up the cheating or, or the or, or the cash outs, which, you know, I know for a long time it was alleged that Travis and his family were, were involved in, in, in the cash outs uh, and, and doing that to cover up Russ's cheating. I, I have a feeling that Travis is not as innocent as he portrays himself to be. He wasn't just the innocent computer guy who was following Russ's orders who didn't know what was going on. I just I just have a hard time believing that. I don't know for sure. I'm not accusing you of anything, Travis, but I just have a hard time believing, given your closeness with Russ, who's definitely guilty, uh, that you had you were completely innocent. I think you're playing things now that are probably true. You're you're playing clips that Russ wanted to blame the whole thing on you. And, and you know, absolve himself of guilt. I believe that. I believe that he wanted you to take the complete fall. I believe Russ is a piece of shit. I believe Greg is a piece of shit. I just don't think that you're presenting the whole story to us and, and, and your your appearances and disappearances are also strange. You appeared two years ago when I was on that other radio show on Donk Down, dropped a bunch of info on us, a lot of us was a lot of it was redacted, then you disappeared. You wouldn't answer anything for, for a long time, and then two years later you appear in two thousand thirteen and drop all this again. It's not a coincidence. It's not uh it's not just the mood strikes you to dump info every so often. There's a reason why you appeared, then you disappeared, then you reappeared. So I, I think this will all come out. And you know, thank you for giving the information to us. It's better than nothing. But I, I don't think you're doing this with a community in mind. I think you're doing this with yourself in mind. But whatever gets the truth out, you know, everybody has somewhat of a selfish reason for everything. So I don't want to sound too skeptical. Um. Actually, Travis, uh, he said he would only appear on Donk Down, but believe it or not, he actually uh, appeared on the Quad Jack show last week. He, he's appearing everywhere but here. This is what he said to, to, to Zach, who's now doing the show by himself since Marco left. <laughs> I had to get that out for uh, just for Asian Spa, who has to hear this every show. If Asian Spa's been with us for four hours, and he deserves to hear that. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving along to our next topic, I have another clip to play for you guys, but not of Travis and not about UB. But it is about payment processing. It's about another criminal named 
Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy Johnson is a telemarketing scammer who uh, is accused of uh, $750 million of uh, telemarketing scamming. Basically uh, charging people for services that they didn't want, not letting them return things, selling bogus products, you name it, he's accused of doing it. Uh, from all the evidence I've seen, I think it's highly likely that he's guilty. Um, he is now alleging that uh, when he was under investigation, which he claims was a, a witch hunt investigation, that he, that he wasn't really guilty, but he, that he knew that they were going to try to pin something on him. So he is admitting that he tried to bribe Harry Reid to use his influence to uh, make this investigation go away. And uh, he actually secretly taped a meeting with a, an attorney general, the attorney general of Utah, uh, named uh, John Swallow. He taped a an hour and two minute meeting, and the Salt Lake City Tribune has released these tapes. You can find them on YouTube. Uh, if you if you have an hour to kill, it's an interesting thing to listen to. Just type in uh, Jeremy Johnson, John Swallow in YouTube and you'll find it. Uh, I'm going to play the part that he's talking about poker. The rest you can go listen to for yourself. I'm not going to play this for an hour. I'm going to play a few minutes of it, which involves a meeting that he alleges occurred between himself, PPA President John Pappas, Ray Bittar, the CEO of Full Tilt, and Harry Reid. Take a listen to this. This is Jeremy Johnson talking to Utah Attorney General John Swallow at a Krispy Kreme somewhere in Utah. I'll tell you this. Um, we had a we had a meeting with Reed where he said this is a private meeting. It was Reed, it was me, it was remember John Pappas? Remember him? Poker Players Alliance guy? John Pappas uh, and Ray Bittar, owner of Full Tilt Poker. Yes, owner of Full Tilt Poker. Yeah. And I and and John's uh, Senator Reed. This is when he it was a tight election with this lady down there, yeah, real tight. Yeah, sure. And 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 he said, "Look, I've polled my constituents. They don't like online poker. Bottom line, it's bad for yeah. it's bad for jobs here in Las Vegas." But I'm going to back what you guys are doing here. I'm going to introduce a bill for you. So this is uh, supposedly what was said by Harry Reid, the Senate Majority Leader, to, and he's, you know, of course, a senator out of Nevada, to Jeremy Johnson, Ray Bittar, and John Pappas of the PPA. And, and Reid was saying that uh, people in Nevada don't like online poker. They think it's going to kill jobs here. They think it's going to move the gambling online, but uh, you know what? I'm going to support you guys anyway. I'm going to support what you're doing, and I'm going to submit this bill for you. And if you remember, there was a Reed bill trying to legalize online poker. Now, you might wonder, why would he be supporting what these guys are doing? Why would he be supporting what Jeremy Johnson, the payment processor, and uh, Harry Reed, or sorry, uh, John Pappas of the PPA and Ray Bittar of Full Tilt, why would he support what they want instead of what Nevada wants, especially since uh, Harry Reid is known to be uh, generally pretty supportive of what uh, Nevada wants, even if it's done through corrupt means? Why? 
Well, Jeremy Johnson explains that. And that was basically it, right? Well, I kid you not, a week later, oh, no, no, right after the meeting. So Reed leaves with his little entourage. <coughs> Ray Bittar's buddy that flew over here with him from Ireland, I said, how in the hell did you guys get him to do that? And he says, let's just say he got a little something in his retirement fund. And I was like, okay, that's how it is. Well, I'm not kidding you. A week later, they have me, and they're specific. We want a bank check drawn on the bank's general account for a million dollars to some company, some media thing or something. Cashier's check. This money had better not get traced back to our account under any circumstances. So what do I do? Of course, go into the bank, tell them I need to pull this out of the bank's general reserve, which is held in their account. I don't tell the bank what I'm doing. And I don't know what he's doing. I'm just like, I don't know, you know. I mean, I suspected, obviously. So I, I believe, this is my belief, I believe Reed genuinely is on the take. I believe he's getting money for deals all over hell because he's got so damn much influence. And I believe they're on to him. All right, so that's that's pretty much it about the online poker stuff. So, so he's claiming that... Uh, when he asked them, he asked Ray Batar and, and whoever he was with, like, how the hell do you get him to do that? How do you get him to support uh, online gambling? And said, let's just say he's getting a little bit in his retirement fund. And then they told Jeremy Johnson to go to Sunfirst Bank, take a million dollars, and deposit it in some weird account. And then a week later, then that online poker bill came out. And I think... In the grand scheme of things, you're a little nugget or a little piece in the puzzle, but... I'm sorry, that's that's a, that's more about uh, John Swallow. I won't bother playing. But yeah, so that, that's what uh, Jeremy Johnson is alleging here. That uh, Full Tilt had Jeremy Johnson send a million dollars. And it wasn't Jeremy Johnson's million. It was uh, uh, Full Tilt's million, I, I believe is what they're trying to say here. But that they had him arrange it since he was the one with the connection to the bank. And that, you know, don't don't have it any kind of trace back to us, Ray Batar told him, supposedly. But uh, put a million dollars here, implied it was going to read, and then a week later, that bill came out. And a week later, uh, you know, he, he said that timing is, is pretty coincidental. Now, this uh, meeting, did it take place? Did this really happen? And, and by the way, the, someone's asking what the Attorney General's reaction was. He, he didn't really respond much. The, most of this tape, unfortunately, is Jeremy Johnson talking and John Swallow just listening. Uh, and John Swallow is harder to hear also, because it, Jeremy Johnson is much closer to the recording, obviously, since it was secret. Uh, he didn't respond to that. That's why I didn't bother playing more. Uh, if you want to hear the whole recording, you can find it in the way I described. But um, there was... Uh, there's a picture that uh, Chad Ellie, remember we had him on this show in November. He was also a payment processor who alleges that Jeremy Johnson ripped him off. He posted a picture of Harry Reid, John Pappas, who's the director of the PPA, and Jeremy Johnson standing next to each other all talking. Uh, and uh, and from what appears to be the same day, because Harry Reid's wearing the exact same thing, including the same tie. Uh, it, it, now the uh, now infamous picture of Reid Letterer and Bitar all talking. Uh, Haley Hintz theorizes that this took place in the summer of 2010 
at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas. And um, I, I'm not sure if this was played in the tape or if I just heard this in another part, but uh, Reed was ta- he was saying that Reed was uh, up for re-election and it was going to be is a very tight race uh, against quote some woman. He was referring to Sharon Angle, who he ultimately beat in the 2010 Senate election. Uh, but you know Johnson seems to remember a lot of details here, and uh, I I don't see him making all this up. Now he is jumping to a conclusion that he was just told to put a million in a certain account. Uh, there's no proof that that actually went directly to Reed. Uh, it could have even been, remember this is 2010, it could have been uh, in some account for a, one of these super PACs or something else just to, for his re-election and not for his personal coffers. But it does appear, uh, you know, from, from what Johnson's saying here, that he put a million dollars in and then suddenly, uh, you know, on behalf of Full Tilt, and that suddenly Reed is introducing this bill. And... Um, the John Pappas thing is interesting because I don't see why Jeremy Johnson would make this up. This does not further his story at all. You can say that Jeremy Johnson is pissed that Reed didn't help him because Jeremy is claiming that uh, that John Swallow was you know, through somebody else named Richard Rawl, who's now dead, that uh, that it was going to arrange for a six hundred thousand bribe to Reed separately from this uh, to, to get the government off uh, Johnson's back. Uh, now. So if trashing Reed at this point, you can at least say that Mary, maybe Jeremy Johnson's bitter that uh, this bribe didn't work and, and the government didn't get off his back and he got arrested. So maybe he's trying to take down uh, whoever is there. Maybe, maybe he's telling lies. Maybe he's exaggerating to take certain people down like Reed that he's angry at. But uh, there's no reason he should have a problem with John Pappas. There's no reason he should be making up stories about John Pappas. And as, as you see in this picture, which you can find on Scam Scandals and Shadiness in the forum here, uh, he was talking to John Pappas in this in this picture. He obviously knows John Pappas, and I don't think he would have made up John Pappas being there. It doesn't further the story at all. Now, now, why am I talking about John Pappas? Well, John Pappas, when he heard about this, and when uh, Haley Hintz reported it, and of course Haley Hintz isn't uh, making things up. She's not being biased here. Haley Hintz was reporting what was said in these tapes. That, that's all she did. Well, this is what Pappas said on PocketFives.com. He said, The notion that I had a private meeting with Jeremy Johnson and Senator Reid is a complete falsehood. In fact, I have only met Mr. Johnson in person and only once briefly. Then, of course, he's referring to that probably that picture, so he people don't try to catch him on that. So, so basically, what uh, th- this is John Pappas' statement about his relationship with Jeremy Johnson. Or one time at a party. I, I blew that sound clip a little bit, but uh, yeah, he, was say, he was saying... I have no recollection. I remember one time at a party. There we go. <laughs> that seems to be the, the, the common claim these days, is that you know, these people didn't meet each other except at a party. It's always a party. So he's claiming that's the only time he, he briefly met Jeremy Johnson which I don't believe. So let me go on with his statement. I've only met Mr. Johnson in person once and briefly when he attended another uh, fundraiser with almost 100 people that our organization hosted for Senator Reid at the World Series of Poker, which is probably when those pictures were taken. It is disgraceful that the PPA's name has been inserted in this supposed news story 
by an editorial writer, Haley Hintz, who has a history of being critical of our art organization. So it sounds like to me that uh, John Pappas is attacking the messenger here rather than the accusation. He's attacking Haley Hintz for reporting that Jeremy Johnson said this about him rather than just saying it's not true. Now, he's also saying it's not true, but he had to throw in, they have a history, that Haley has a history of being critical of the PPA. And this, this is such the PPA thing to do. They love to attack people who disagree with them. So because Haley has questioned things they've done in the past, uh, he has to throw in that it's disgraceful uh, that, that his name has been, quote, inserted in this supposed news story. And he put news story in quotes. And it's just ridiculous. His name was mentioned by Jeremy Johnson. It's a big story that, that he was there and that a million-dollar bribe may have been given to Harry Reid uh, through Jeremy Johnson to, to get this bill submitted. I mean, uh, if, if Pappas was there, even if he had nothing to do with a bribe, it, it's, it's worthy of reporting if the Salt Lake Tribune is posting an audio tape that Jeremy Johnson made of himself talking about it to, uh, to the Attorney General. But I, I have to think John Pappas is really there. Why would Jeremy Johnson throw that detail in? He, the, the story would have been just as effective without John Pappas in there if it was fictitious. He could have just as easily said, I met with Ray Bittar, um Harry Reid, and, and, and some other lackey of, uh, of Ray Bittar's. That would have been the same story. John Pappas really didn't figure into anything. It's not like he said John Pappas arranged the bribe. Just that he was there. I believe it. Don't have any proof, but I believe it. Now, of course, uh, Reed's office is not going to acknowledge this. They, they said the following. The allegations of bribery by Mr. Johnson, a man with a background of fraud, deception, and corruption, are absurd and utterly false. And by the way, who do you think would be bribing you if it's not someone with a background of fraud, deception, and corruption? I mean, that's, that's uh, people who, who give and take bribes are, are typically people with not very good backgrounds. Or at least if they have good backgrounds, they haven't been caught yet. Bribery is a crime for which Senator Reid has personally put people behind bars. Senator Reid will not have his integrity questioned by a man of Mr. Johnson's low record and character, and his outrageous allegations will not go unanswered. Clearly, a desperate man is making things up. I don't know about that. I think I believe this story. And I've heard for years that Harry Reid takes bribes. I've heard for years that Harry Reid is very, very corrupt. And... um, yeah, of course he's not going to acknowledge this, and of course, since the person accusing him is, is a big-time telemarketing scammer, it's easy to discredit him. But that doesn't mean it didn't happen. That Just because Jeremy Johnson is a criminal doesn't mean he can't tell the truth when he wants to uh, get someone else in trouble, when he wants to take others down with him. That doesn't mean all his stories are false. It means you do have to take what he says with a grain of salt, but it doesn't automatically make everything false. And I have to say that uh, all of this seems to fit together pretty well. All of Johnson's Stories and allegations about Reed and about uh, John Swallow and about the previous Attorney General Mark Shirtliff and uh, about uh, Richard Rawl, who's now uh, deceased. Uh, everything fits together well. So I have to think that uh, I have to think that th- there's a lot of truth to this, and I hope more comes out. I hope more comes out about Reed. I hope more comes out about the PPA and John Pappas. And look, let me tell you the significance of this. You may say, what's the big deal? You know, if, if Fultil had to bribe Reed a million dollars to get poker legalized, great. You know, let him bribe a million dollars. Who cares? You know, even if it was our money, probably. You know, at, at least he was trying to get something good done. No. Uh, I've always held the PPA 
has acted much more in the interests of poker stars in full tilt than of the average player. They were pushing for years to get those sites included in le- in legislation. That it, they weren't as happy with legislation that would exclude those sites and only let uh, American companies run online poker that's legalized in the U.S. Uh, it, it really does seem like the PPA has been in full tilt's pocket and poker stars' pocket for a long time, and, and this is yet another indication of it that uh, Pappas would have been at such a meeting. And I don't know if he was aware of this bribe, if this bribe even did occur. But, uh, you know, when the PPA is getting this much funding from Full Tilt and Poker Stars throughout most of their existence, what what do you think they're doing with the money? You you think that uh, they're going to act against the interests of Poker Stars and Full Tilt and in the interests of the players? Of course not. They're going to act in the interests of who's funding them. And that's why uh, they, they kind of pretend like they're on our side, but they never really have been. So, be very wary of the PPA. And this is yet another example. Let me move on to the next topic. Um, PokerStars.net is now available on Facebook. PokerStars.net is going to be the competition, the competitor for Zynga Poker, which is a huge poker site, uh, I hate Zynga Poker, by the way. It's a, everyone's so bad there that's not even fun. But uh, now you can play Poker Stars on Facebook, only for play money. PokerStars.net, the free money site, but they are now available on Facebook. Uh, this is their uh, kind of attempt to get a, a foothold in the American social media market and then hoping that, uh, one, they can make money this way, the same way Zynga does, just through the play money site. And second, if online poker becomes legalized in the U.S., uh, they'll be in great position to get a lot of instant customers that are already part of PokerStars.net through Facebook. Very smart move by PokerStars, who I, I've been critical of many times, but uh, one thing I've never been critical of is their business acumen. They're great businessmen. They they come up with a lot of great ideas. They are the smartest at business and pretty much anything in the online poker world by a wide, a wide margin. want to talk about another poker fraud. This is Poker Fraud Alert Radio. 888.com, or we had a Russian guy on here with his translator talking about 888 uh, falsely accused him of cheating and would not give him back his money, would not provide him the proof, and even the regulatory body over 888 uh, mishandled the entire situation and didn't even investigate uh, the right players involved. Well, we're not talking about that again. But 888.com has done another bad thing, even if it is something that's in their terms of service. It's pretty outrageous. Um, let me read you what occurred here. And I, I want to thank uh, Bust Me a Nut for bringing this to my attention in the radio thread. If there's anything you want me to discuss uh, when I post the radio thread before the show, uh, feel free to post a link to what me, you want me to talk about. I probably will. This is from Ren, Renrad01 on 2 Plus 2 on February 2nd of this year, just a few days ago. Today I was playing the Friday Challenge on 888 Poker. We were three-handed, and blinds were 15,000, 30,000. I had 3.1 million chips. Second place had 1.1 million. Third place had only about 240K. So this guy was killing it. You know, he had about, uh, what? I mean, there were only three people left, and and he had close to three-quarters of the chips. 3.1 to 1.1 to 240K. Suddenly, the tournament ended, and a message came up awarding me 4.2K. First place was over 6K, so this didn't sound correct. 
Turns out that 888 split the remaining money in the prize pool evenly between the three players. So the guy who had 240k in his stack got the same payout as the guy with 3.1 million. Crazy. I mean, can you imagine what that 240k guy would have had to do to come back to to win? That would have been some luck for him. Uh, the screenshot even shows top and bottom stack. So he's just showing the uh, the proof of this. I ran the equity and should be receiving at least 5,200. Even this obviously does not include my edge versus opponents. So they screwed me by canceling the tournament and then turned the knife by doing even chop. Now, I don't believe they should take an advan- They should take into account his, quote, edge against his opponents because, uh, you know, th- th- that's subjective. Everybody says they have an edge. Even the worst player thinks he's the best player on, on, often at the table. But uh, they really did screw him by evenly chopping it three ways when they canceled the tournament. It's not like he lost connection. They canceled the tournament because of some failure on their end and then just split the prize money three ways, <laughs> evenly, from the guy who had 3.1 million chips, 1.1 million, and 240K chips. So he said, this to me is unacceptable, but I don't have high hopes of getting any compensation. Uh, I hope they prove me wrong. I'll update their response. So, um, believe it or not, this is actually covered in their terms and conditions. Crazy, but it is. But, I mean, whoever reads terms and conditions on poker sites, I know I never have. I'm sure most of you never have. Uh, But this is what the terms and conditions say. In the event a poker tournament is canceled while in progress, the remaining prize pool will be split evenly between the remaining members regardless of the present chip count. That is so unfair. So unfair. So, really ridiculous. And they wrote back, he wrote complaining to them. After thoroughly reviewing your game history, I've located the tournament we refer to. Please understand 888 Poker cannot issue refunds based on the grounds of what may have happened. We can only ensure that you are reimbursed for any loss incurred and caused by a fault in our system. Well, it was a fault in their system. What may have happened. I mean, the guy was killing the tournament. The guy was had almost all the chips. What may have. So so even if he was leading, you know, 5 million to uh, to 10,000 to 10,000, he would still get split three ways. I mean, it's outrageous. I understand that judging from the position you were in, you had the ability to win. However, I'm sure you can appreciate anything can happen in a game of poker, and there's no guarantees. Can you believe they're writing this? For this reason, we cannot attempt to predict the result of a given tournament and issue compensation for an outcome which, while possible, did not actually happen. And then they direct him to the terms of service. What a retarded response. He wasn't asking for first place money. He wasn't saying, just deem me first place because I'm winning, give me full first place money. He's saying, use a program to determine what each of our equity is. I mean, in 2013, there's so many programs like that out there you can use. A poker site like 88 that's been around forever should have access to tons of these programs or write their own and come up you know, with the numbers of what each person's equity was. And when I say their equity, it's just what, if you run this a million times, with those three players, assuming all the players to have equal skill, uh, what in the long run they would average to make. And then that's what you give them. And he said, you know, but through his own calculations, he should have gotten 5,200 instead of 4,200. It's unbelievable that, that this site is just splitting it three ways. They're just splitting it equally among all people if there's a crash. Unbelievable. This guy got screwed big time, and for that to be in their terms of service is crazy. What an amateurish piece of shit, unfair site. And uh, by the way, uh, this is pointed out in our chat. JSTAT said, 
Caesars Entertainment is partners with 888. They can't do anything right. That's for sure. Uh, anyway. That's all I wanted to say about that. There's not much more to say, but 888 is a really shady site. I wouldn't play there. I know I can't play there being an American citizen, but if you are able to play there, I wouldn't. This is an example. What they did to that poor Russian kid is an example. This is just not a very ethical company. And they seem incompetent, too, to have this policy in place. They they didn't even, like... I, I mean, they are adhering to their own policy. I'll give them that. But this is a ridiculously unfair policy. And they're not even going to say they're going to change it. They're just saying, well, that's our policy. Tough luck. And they actually tried to defend it. You can't predict the future. Anything could happen, so we're just going to split it three ways. As, as far as we're concerned, uh, it's just as likely that the guy with a 240K stack, three-handed... It would win as the guy who had a 3.1 million stack. Anything could happen. <laughs> Crazy. What a freaking mess. No, nobody should play there. Nobody should play there. Disaster waiting to happen. We already have somebody who's on our show who got cheated by them. And I believe the guy fully, that Russian guy. All right. So something a bit more lighthearted. Actually, before we get to the lighthearted part of the show. Play a little funny thing at the end. The Bellagio, I've complained about the Bellagio poker room before. They have a bad attitude over there. The Bellagio poker room uh, pretty much feels like they're doing you a favor to let you play there. They've always had that attitude. Anybody who's played there for any length of time will tell you that they, they just are very arrogant over there, very inflexible, very obnoxious, and... Uh, when you do run into a good staff member there, they often can't do much for you because they say they're being watched by up above, and if they deviate from what they're told by their bosses, they get fired. Well, the big boss of the Bellagio poker room was Doug Dalton, an old guy. He's been working for 37 years, not at the Bellagio, obviously, since uh, that's only existed for, I think, uh, 17 years now, the Bellagio. But uh, he's been uh, involved with uh, running poker rooms for 37 years, from what I read. He's been at the Bellagio a long time, and I've never had much personal interaction with him. I've seen him around, but I can tell you he ran the poker room into the ground. If you go to Bellagio now, it's a ghost town compared to what it used to be, and not just for the reason that poker has uh, slipped some since uh, you know the economy changed and since Black Friday. No, th- there's other rooms that are thriving, other rooms that are increasing in uh, the number of people playing there, like Aria and Venetian, and then you have Bellagio that seems to be running fewer and fewer tables every time I go there. Rather than attempt to explain this myself, uh, I'm going to read the great description of the problems there by Gobbo Boy that he posted on 2 Plus 2. This is Jimmy Frick, a.k.a. Gobbo Boy, also known as a freak and a weird dude, who's also quite young. But here's his very good description of the Bellagio. They had a free monopoly on the Las Vegas poker market for a long time, but they never adapted to what people wanted. The tournaments were what drew people in there and defined their reputation, and they consistently ignored people's requests as poker changed in 2006 to 2007, and it just went downhill fast. They only ran gigantic no-limit tournaments when the economy was crashing, which just made things worse because when people see past turnouts, it decides future turnouts. They got some embarrassing numbers for a few big tournaments. The poker room itself was another story. They don't give two shits about anyone but the people who play like 25-50, no limit and higher, but for them they will do pretty much anything. It leads to the high-stakes players saying the Bellagio is awesome, which gets the tourists in there, but it never keeps them there. The room is cramped, cramped, cramped. The comp system sucks. The floors in general 
that you meant to say the floormen in general hate their jobs and make you feel like you're bothering them. And they kept a physical clipboard to keep track of the boards for the longest time so they could keep keep up their bribery racket for the list. Now, what he's referring to is uh, if a game is full and you say, okay, put me on the list, say, for a 2040 limit, that instead of entering it into a computer, that they, they held a physical pen and paper clipboard where they could easily uh, manipulate things. And if people bribed them, they would move these people to the top of the list and, and nobody would ever know. So that's why they, they, they held on to that for as long as they could. Uh, at Commerce, they were known for doing that, too. So he said, I, it, I heard it was as bad or nearly as bad as Commerce at one point, which was pretty fucking bad. Basically, Doug and Jack, Jack is uh, Jack McClelland, the uh, tournament director at Bellagio, are just too way stuck in their ways, and they're really fucking smug about it, too, which makes you want to punch them. They have a ton of lieutenants under them who are young and really, really want to change things but don't have the power to do it and can't even talk about it publicly or they get in serious trouble. This is all true. Everything he wrote there, I've observed myself. And something else I want to throw in here is that, uh, and this isn't directly the fault of uh, the director of the poker room, but uh, something he could have fixed if he cared. The cocktail waitress situation there, and especially the food situation, is awful. Cocktail waitresses hardly come around. If you want to order food, it's from room service typically. And uh, the food can take 90 to 120 minutes to come, sometimes even longer than that. Uh, and, And... I don't think it takes that long to get room service if you're in a room at the Bellagio. I think they just give the poker room less priority. I think that uh, the director, Doug Dalton, didn't, didn't give a crap about this. Maybe he did for the very high-limit players in Bobby's room, but uh, uh, definitely they didn't give a crap. If, if he had put some pressure on Bellagio, I'm sure they could have improved that situation, but uh, he didn't care. If you ask any regular player to Bellagio, they will tell you about favoritism, bad attitudes, and a sense of entitlement from the staff there. That, that's my statement. That's not Gobble Boys, but I'm sure he'd agree. Uh, and people left that place in droves when some decent alternatives appeared. Aria, Venetian, etc. So I, I'm glad Bellagio is finally getting the message and giving the old uh, codger there the boot. The old guy stuck in his ways that uh, with, with the draconian rules. Um, by the way, some of you may have the Bravo app on your phone. The Bravo app allows you to see the games that are running and the waiting list that exists of poker rooms all over the country. And it, it's a good tool to use so you don't have to call around every room to find the games you want or, or, or see which games have seats open, etc. You can just see this now on your phone through the Bravo Poker app. Uh, there was one glaring omission from the Bravo app, and that was the MGM properties, which included Bellagio, included Aria. You know, any, Anything that was owned by MGM was not in the Bravo app. Well, guess what? It is now. Right when Doug Dalton got fired, and you know, keep in mind he wasn't in charge of all the MGM rooms, but uh, he was in charge of Bellagio, and he would, uh, yeah, he's got to have some influence on the other rooms as well. Right when he got fired, guess what appeared in the Bravo app? Bellagio and all the rest of those uh, MGM properties. I'm looking at it right now. I see Bellagio. I see Aria. They weren't there before. Right when Doug Dalton got fired, they appeared. So either one of two things happened here. Either Doug Dalton was one of the people who was keeping MGM properties off the Bravo app. Maybe he demanded money from them. You know, Maybe he demanded a bribe. Maybe he just hated Bravo for some reason and insisted that they weren't part of it. Or maybe this was part of just sweeping changes that the MGM corporation decided to make to their poker, their whole poker situation. Maybe they decided that whoever 
didn't want to cooperate with Bravo, that they're not going to have that crap anymore and they are going to cooperate now, that they're going to fire problem managers like Doug Dalton. Maybe this, there were a few things that were unrelated, but that was just a, a general audit that MGM realized that their poker operations were not going well. But I'll tell you, the ARIA seems to be going pretty well in their, their poker room. So, um, And I haven't heard of their manager getting fired. Who's going to take over at uh, Bellagio? The rumor, though it may not happen, is Sean McCormack, a much younger guy. And uh, he's pretty well liked. Uh, so we will see what changes Sean institutes there at the Bellagio, if any, if he gets the job, which is by far not a sure thing. Uh, if I can give Sean any advice, I'm sure he's not listening to the show, but if anybody... Uh, talks to him or knows him. The advice I would give as a longtime player, Bellagio, is be flexible. Don't don't hand down rules just for the sake of making rules. Do what the players want. Do what the players will be happy with. Be flexible. Instruct your dealers to be flexible. Not so flexible to where people can cheat and angle shoot, but to where it makes the playing environment more pleasant. To where you're not making people feel like they're in kindergarten following the teacher's rules that they're at a place they're having fun and where if everybody in the table wants a particular thing that you accommodate it and don't fight them and say, no, the rules say this. The only time you shouldn't do that is when it's illegal or when it will cause some kind of uh, situation where it's really unfair to certain people at the table. But uh, for harmless things, that don't ever make rules that can't be changed. And, uh, and empower the people who are below you to make common sense decisions when to do things such as uh, allow people to go a half an hour without paying the time charge when the game gets short, things like that. Just just empower people who know what's best for the room and let them make the decisions and don't put a lot of hard rules on their head. And and do away with all the bribery and the stupidity. That that Those should be the hard rules to where nobody can be bribed, nobody is, is treated with favoritism because people hate that. And people notice it. You may think they don't, but they do. So that's my advice to run a successful poker room. Let me uh, get to uh, the last thing on our show. This will be a lot more lighthearted. You know, I have a son who is two years old. His name is Benjamin. He's occasionally talked on here before. And... uh, he has. He actually uses the iPad and the iPhone. Uh, he likes to play various games and, and watch little sh- kids' shows on them. It's amazing how well he's learned how to use the iPad. He knows how to like scroll through things, and it's. it's I'm surprised at how intuitive this actually is for kids. But uh, he has a game here called Alphabet Zoo, and I heard him playing this, and I thought it was hilarious. Now, the I'm going to play you Alphabet Zoo, and you may wonder why am I playing clips from a kid's game on the iPhone. Like, what, what am I doing on Poker Fraud Alert Radio playing uh, clips from a kid's game? But uh, I, I thought this was really, really funny. Now, what, what this game is, it's, it's not really a game, it's more of an educational tool where you press a letter from A to Z and then it tells you the letter name, it uh, tells you what sound it makes, and then it tells you an animal with that letter and then makes a sound for the animal. For example, C would uh, be for cat, and it would say, you know, C, cook, cook, cook. That's the sound C makes, then cat, and then hear the sound of a cat. Now, that doesn't sound very funny, but wait till you hear the animal sounds. 
some of them are pretty ridiculous. And uh, they're all done by one guy, just trying to make sounds with his voice. Here we go. Now here's A. A sounds out pretty, starts out pretty reasonable. A. 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 Anteater. Now what does an anteater sound like? <laughs> now that one at least you can say, well, it's the anteater like slurping up ants. That's not the, that bad of a sound effect. But let us move on here. B. Okay, not bad. C. K. K. Cat. Now, what do you expect for cat? You expect, like, meow. But no. Wow. <laughs> sounds like someone stepped on the cat's tail. C. K. K. Cat. Wow. <laughs> D. 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 Dog. <laughs> e. Eh. Eh. Elephant. That sounds like he's blowing his nose. I wonder what Benjamin thinks hearing this stuff. Like, does he think an elephant sounds like the way he sounds when he blows his nose? E. Eh. Eh. Elephant. <laughs> F. 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 Frog. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine what this guy's neighbors thought when he was doing this? Hedgehog. I. 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 Iguana. J. 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 Jackrabbit. You think that's what a jackrabbit sounds like? Hell! Hell! I've never heard a jackrabbit make a sound before, but listen to this again. J. 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 Jackrabbit. This is a serious app that kids are supposed to learn from. Kangaroo. <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones. That's the sound of the kangaroo. Kangaroo. Hey yo. I guess J should be J. J J J sub. J J J. Jacep. Here, we'll, 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 here, you know what? I'm, I'm going to put in this J. app. This is what Benjamin will get next time when he goes J. Here we go. Wait, let's try this again. J. Let's go back to J here. J. 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 Jacep. Oh, man, it happened again. So here's L. Okay. Mouse. Does the newt even make a sound? According to this guy. Ostrich. So apparently, an ostrich is a chicken, according to this guy. Apparently that's like a retarded porcupine. I guess porcupines are supposed to be retards or something. Let's hear that again. Porcupine. 
So, like, you know, people are going to ask Benjamin, what does a porcupine sound like? And he's going to say, Porcupine. I don't know why I'm letting him use this thing. Quail. That's actually pretty good. I like the quail one. Rat. Does a rat really make that sound? So uh, the snail kind of sounds like someone's being choked. S snail. Okay, let's move on here. Kind of sounds like, kind of sounds like he's uh, swallowing. Uh, uh, Ultrasaurus. Ultrasaurus kind of sounds like a cow. V W X V V Pretty angry yak. Y y yak. Z zebra. I guess a zebra is a horse, and an ostrich is a chicken. Oh, ostrich. So anyway, that is the end of our show. It's only been uh, a little short of five hours. Not a very long show. I hope you enjoyed it. Had some expected content and some unexpected content. We had Brandon back. We had Jack Bates, former program of UB, call in with. That was a pleasant surprise. All in all, I think we got through everything as expected. Had some good content here. Not as much humor as we usually do. We did have a little uh, interview with Jason, though, which I think was uh, worth the price of admission. Thank you to Crow Diddley for all those sound effects. We will be back again next Tuesday, February 12th at 7 p.m. PST. I know Danzo wants me to start on time. I'll do my best. I know we should start on time. And... Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to be there on time. I'm going to try not to have any technical fail. But I have good news for you. I'm not going to be doing this show from the same location a week from today. So maybe we'll have better luck. But I'll see what I can do about this location, too. Because I I hate the disconnects more than anyone. And guess what? After five hours of working hard on this damn show, now I have to go edit the damn thing. You know, part of me wants to just throw it all together in one big part and just... Let the archives fall where they may, but I actually think I'll go back and edit because there was so much fail. Because that's my dedication to this show and to this site, even though I don't make a damn penny from it. But I probably could. I probably could if I sold pieces of it, if I ran BAPS and kept the money, if I ran charity podcasts and kept the money. I could make money from this show, but I'm not going to do that because this is Poker Fraud Alert, 
and we're going to expose frauds. We're not going to commit them. I'd like to thank my loyal, semi-loyal, and new listener base for sticking with me for this long podcast. I knew it would be pretty long tonight because there's so much to talk about. But I'm always happy to have you guys along, whether live or not live. Every week we have a free roll. We've given away more money on this podcast through Poker Free Rolls than any other poker podcast in the past year. Remember that. And remember, we'll be here every week for the foreseeable future, no matter who the co-host is. But welcome back, Brandon. And shalom.